Whenever you're ready, I'm ready to start the pre-pod. That's perfect. That's perfect, Mike. That's what we want. Just natural, good feelings, good vibes. All right, guys. We're here for the final Festival of Friendship pre-pod. We're pre-podding. Uh, sitting with me right now, I got Mike Bertolino, the head of All Things Comedy. Uh, big supporter of Brody Stevens. Uh, we love you, Mike. Thank you for all you did for Brody. And, uh, and with him is Eric Friedman. He, uh, he, do, he does cartoons. He's a very funny comic. Uh, we're going to start off this pre-pod with me talking a little bit about Brody and what he meant to me. And uh, what better way to start off pre-pod, though, than, than thanking the fans of Brody Stevens. You guys are a force. You guys really did change his life. Um, he was very happy with all of you. I had to write your names down because it's so hard to keep everybody in your head right now. Everything's like, I feel like a zombie half the time these days. Brody meant a lot to us. But I wanted to thank Bleacher Jeff in Chicago with Lynette. You two were a big part of his life. Darcy, Eric Cohen, Haley G, Liberty Monica, Sharon in Texas, Dylan, Adam, Danny, Zonda Girl, and The Miz. And uh, so on and so on. This list can literally go on for hours. And if I was Brody Stevens, I would read that whole list. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not Brody Stevens. I'm his co-host, and I love that man. He let me produce his shows. He introduced me to all things comedy, and they've been nothing but great to me. And I'm very grateful to them and Brody Stevens. One of you fans wrote on Twitter, you wrote something very touching to me, and it really fit in with all the Festival of Friendship shows we did. Um, Michael Bongard, you tweeted at me the day Brody passed away that in a Brody Stevens voice, Eric, you're in the big leagues now. (laughs) And it just, it floors me. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that tweet because it really does mean something. It's like, you got it. You really got it. You nailed it. There's nothing more that you could say about Brody than that right there. He helped me out, and you saw him do that. And you saw him put me down to the minor leagues so many times. (laughs) (laughs) I left a voice message on Twitter where he sent me back down to the minors, and he told me that I was playing in the Tampa Bay Rays, but I was being sent on assignment to play for the Durham Bulls. So that'll make a little more sense to people who haven't been following on the Festival of Friendship. Brody was all about baseball. And if you ask about my Brody impression, I would say it's about a ground rule double. It's not a triple. It's not a home run. But it's getting there. Yes. All right. If you don't know ATC, by the way, this company is special. The reason comics like Brody are able to thrive is because of companies like this that cut out the middleman that doesn't give a shit about people. And they actually care about comics and their fans. So if you're listening to ATC or you're doing anything to watch them, you're supporting people. Like real people. And I love that. I'm going to tell you two stories. They're going to be short. But they're going to make sense in the end. The first time I ever met Brody was about seven years ago. 
and we'd hang out every once in a while, but we never hung out like really like friends. And the first time we hung out as friends, we were on the belly room steps of the comedy store. We were smoking a bowl, like I always did. <laughs> and I always provoked Brody to do. Can I get an H-I-T of that P-O-T? Like, yes, Brody, we could do that. We went up there and we're smoking, and he told me, first thing he ever told me as a, as a true friend, Eric, I don't know you, but you have good weed. <laughs> <laughs> I knew right then he was going to be one of my best friends. The second story was the last time I ever talked to him. He was on the main room stage at the comedy store. It was Wednesday night, and he was being Brody. And I love going into the main room and messing with Brody. Because he gets it and he understands that it's all about jokes and making people laugh. He was doing crowd work and he looks at this people in the middle booth. And he's like, what do you do for a living? And the guy says, I run festivals in Chicago. And so Brody does what Brody does and he starts hamming it up to try to get a submission into this festival. <laughs> And I yell out to Brody. I was like, hey, Brody, what do you want? I just wanted to know, don't you have a festival? As a matter of fact, yes, I do. The Festival of Friendship at All Things Comedy. We get more uploads than downloads. <laughs> <laughs> so the best part about that was, is that Brody started me off with a joke, and he left me with one. And I thought that's beautiful because... If you can take that from somebody's life, it's a good way to look at it. We want to stop looking at the negatives on this. I see a lot of people online tweeting negative things and saying negative things and picking fights with comics who are just friends with Brody and you don't realize your life's not in the public eye. But if, you've not, if you have a best friend out there, every one of you, they're your best friend. You've had arguments with them. Just imagine somebody filmed you. It's going to look way worse later. Tony Hinchcliffe and Don Barris and those guys, Red Band, they loved Brody. I saw more love in them for Brody than most people. So when you talk what you talk, please know what you're saying. Because it's offensive and it hurts people who knew them. And they, are, they fought for Brody. They promoted him to be a funnier comic, and he was. He promoted them, too. That's enough. I'm done. Those are my stories. I just wanted to tell you my part of it. Um, I promised one person that I would call them first on the podcast. And uh, I think we should do that. I think this is the perfect guest to start off the show. Uh, I promised him because I think he's been super important in Brody's life. He made characters with Brody. He let Brody be parts of shows at the comedy store. Let's call him Mr. Don Barris. Let's see what he's up to. Hello. Hey, Don Barris, you're on the Festival of Friendship. I'm on right now? Yes, you are. You're ready to go, Don. How are you doing, Don? We wanted to. I know Brody was one of your best friends, and I just wanted to uh, reach out to you because I think it's important that you start the podcast. You're, you were one of Brody's best friends. He was one of your best friends. And I just I love you, too. I think you guys are just great at comedy together. You're just great at improv, and I just wanted to you know, let you get your thoughts out there and start off this podcast. You wanted me to start it off? Yeah. Well, 
how should I start it off? Just a story Where's about that? a story about Brody, a funny story. I I figured you know, figured you would have plenty. Uh, yeah. I just well, what what would you really like to talk about? Because it's like I don't know. It's is it still funny? Or is everybody else going to be funny today? Funny or sentimental? It doesn't have to all be funny. I mean, it's it's what you want to feel, what you want to let go, and what you want to tell the people here. Um, the fans, Brody's fans, your fans, your fans are watching right now because you and Brody had a lot of fans that interconnected. That's not true. People hate me. <laughs> I just talked about that, Don. Oh, did you? I did. I actually addressed it at the beginning is that people don't know the real stories about you and Tony and Red Band and all, like how, how much you guys love Brody and like it wasn't like what you guys see on videos. Oh, has Tony and Red Band been on? No, not yet. I, I just did my part, Don. Oh, well, to tell you the truth, I think that uh, this has got me a little sick. It really, uh, I got a cold. I think I, it was kind of like a very weird thing. I mean, it definitely, definitely is unlike anything I've ever been through in my life. I, uh, I, it hasn't really hit me 100% yet, but, uh, this is something that really, really hurts. Uh, he's a guy that always seemed like he was there. I, uh, like, a, we did podcasts together at the end. We did a couple. I'm sorry, my voice is just, I'm really not feeling well. Am I sounding terrible? No, you, Don, you sound like all of us pretty much today. Um, it's really, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not easy to talk about with, it's, well, it's just I'm really sick. I mean, I think that it wore my, my body down to the point where I can barely move now. Well, I'm sorry, Don. I just, you know, I, wanted, I just wanted to reach out to you first because I, I think it's important. Well, I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Uh, I'm not zipping out there with good stuff, am I? It's not, it's not about that, Don. The today's not, I don't, who cares if, the, if, I, if you're coming on here is that's all that's important. We're trying to, it's, this is for Brody and his fans. It's like, well, I can say this. I truly realized how much I love Brody after he left. It was, uh, this is the toughest thing I've ever been through. It's and he said we were very close and we were talking about doing things together we were in the band together and the bbo yeah and the other night for those uh, of you that don't know that's the barris brody overdrive it used to be a band right. at the comedy store and i think the thing that was the toughest about it all the other night we uh i was thrown into this on friday we find out friday afternoon what happened and then on Friday night, I didn't even want to go to the comedy store, but so many people kept asking me to go there. And when I got there, it was even tougher at the comedy store because as I got there, people came up to me and, oh, I can't wait to see what you say. I, I didn't realize that I had to do a eulogy as we got there, but we brought up the band. We did that. I think it was, uh, I think people had some fun. Don, I can tell you right now, I, uh, I I can tell you right now, I'm really glad that you took the advice and went to the comedy store that night because you closing it out was, it was just awesome. And the way people showed up to see you because they knew Brody and they knew about the BBL. And uh, 
it just got I couldn't even watch all of it because I had to go outside and sob like a baby. Um, but I enjoyed it, Don, and I, we thank you, and I thank you. Well, thank you. I just I I I don't know what to say. I just. Don, you're all right. You're, you're all right. It's, I, I just you've done you've I done your say. part. You've done your part with Brody for sure. Like there's so much about there's so much content out there with you and Brody that and it's endless and it's funny. Well, I, I think the thing that really killed me and it really was the worst is that knowing the way that he passed on and thinking about having him look up on the internet how to do it. And then what was going on in his head when he said, well, it's, it's time to do this. I just, it just floors me just even thinking about it. Yeah, we shouldn't. I, yeah. That's the thing, Don. We shouldn't think about that kind of stuff. We should just, you got to celebrate him. You got to think about the good stuff. The bad stuff we need to push to the side. I think that's important. Because <laughs> it's just ne- like, like Rodney would say, it's negative energy. But, uh, yeah. But Don, well, Don, I love you. I think you're one of the you're one of my favorite people at the comedy store. You're one of the most talented ma- people I've ever met, and I think uh, it's. Oh, keep going, keep going. Oh I no, like oh no! I forgot this was about Brody. Oh, uh, it looks like it looks like we got, it looks like we got to call Holtzman, Don. <laughs> what? We got to call Holtzman. Are you serious? Y- y- yeah. He didn't show up. No, he didn't show up. So now you're gonna go to Holtzman for me to Holtzman. I mean. That would be the normal arrangement, wouldn't it? All right. Well, listen, I love Brody to death, uh, but I think you understand why I have to go. Goodbye. We love you, Don. Thank you very much. That was the great Don Barris. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's give Mike Bertolina and Eric, Eric uh, Friedman a chance to talk. I'll go. I'll you go, first go first because this is your. Well, I'll tell you, I'm uh, the least entertaining person that's going to be on the show today, so I feel like I just want to get on and off real fast. But um, well, that's why I brought you on is because you're the least entertaining. That way, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I just want to just uh, say how important Brody was to me personally. How important he was to all things comedy. Um, he was, he was our heart and, uh, uh, we took a, we took a huge hit and, um, you know, this company's never going to be the same. Never. So I don't really have a whole lot to say. Other that was than good that. enough, Mike. That was, that, that <laughs> nailed it actually. I mean, you got me almost about to, to cry start. there. So thanks. Thank you. Run through these tissues. Thank you. Give it up for Mike Bertolina. And then we got Eric Friedman. Eric Friedman was with me in all things comedy festival with Brody. Um, and it was in Phoenix. Uh, how yeah. you doing, Eric? I'm doing all right. How you doing? Also <laughs> holding, Eric. holding up Eric and Eric. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, <laughs> I got to follow him actually at all things comedy. And that was, you were, you were there for that. Night yeah. Oh, that was uh, awesome. When he argued tonight. with the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I followed that, and it, that was a very interesting time. Uh, I uh, I still remember the very first time I saw Brody, uh, which was my first time at the comedy store. It was close to ten years ago, and I wasn't even a comic yet. Um, I was just new to LA, uh, and I was there with a friend. It was during kind of the dark days of the store. It was a lot quieter. There was only a small crowd, but uh, he was my buddy Tony Solano had told me he's like I think um he's like oh man Brody's gonna be there that's gonna be awesome for you he's like I think he just got out of the psych ward 
And sure enough, he was on stage and he still had the bracelet on. Oh, I remember and that. And was yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. it and everything. And I was like, whoa. And, and seeing that was, that was my first experience with a comic just coming straight from somewhere like that to such a And he a had a good venue. set that night. He had a good set and he was... Um, he started asking people for different medications and this and that on asking them what they were taking. And they were all kind of like laughing nervously, sort of confused. And then he's like, I'm serious. This is LA. I know some of you have it. And, uh, Oh, hold on. We, I don't mean to interrupt. It's okay. It's the great Brian Holtzman. (laughs) Hey, Brian Holtzman. I'm already getting bumped. Eric, is that you? That this is, uh, this is Eric Oligny. We're here at the festival of friendship. Uh, this is Brian Holtzman. Uh, Don Barris was just on the phone, Brian. Funny you should mention that because uh, Brody more or less got got along with everyone. I've never seen him say a bad thing about anyone, anytime, any place. Loved everybody, was loved. But the only person that he indicated that he felt that he didn't care for their style was Don Barris. Oh, wow. That's harsh. So, it's, a, it's, a, it's a unique situation where one can love everyone, get along with everyone on the planet except Don Barris? Don Barris. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, you got that inside info, Brian. How's it going over there? We're, uh, we're, got, we're off to a good start. Uh, we've got some really good stories going on. Don was very... Uh, very out of it today. Uh, he's feeling it. He's he's definitely feeling it because, uh, you know, Brody was one of his best friends, even though Brody didn't like him. Right. But um, I'm glad you called in, Brian. I just I wanted you to I wanted you to get your piece and on Brody say something if you want to. Yeah, we lost uh, we lost a unique, funny, funny guy. I mean, funny, funny, funny guy. I mean, it, you know. It, he was the opposite of your cookie cutter. He wasn't a cookie cutter. Yeah, that's for sure. Loved him. He was, and you're one of the comics that actually reminds me a lot of him because I watch your late night sets, and you are not cookie cutter either. <laughs> and it's fun to watch. Yeah. But uh, we know his audiences loved him. Loved him. Yeah, loved you him. Saw it on their faces. They still do love him. I mean, the people that are watching at home are still his audience, and they're still loving it. And and any independently produced show, comedy show, you could always find Brody Stevens' name. That's how much he was loved. Anyone who was having a show wanted him to be on the show. You got it. And the only time that I was a loss of words is when he talked about the sports. And my eyes kind of glassed over. <laughs> <laughs> I did see him do it. I did see him do a set in the main room where he talked about the Chicago Cubs for 30 minutes. <laughs> he <laughs> he knew everything to, about everything. He talked about Mike Brazello for like 15 minutes. <laughs> and then it he went. knew everybody's name. It was the it was one of the everything. one of the weirder sets I've ever seen in comedy, and it was still funny. But, uh, yeah, so I just pretended I pretended to to know what the, he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, otherwise my eyes just glanced over. Yeah, Brian, we love you, man. We so, appreciate you calling in, and uh, no problem. And I look forward to the. Uh, 
The eleventh at the comedy still. It was great to have uh, to have the two last late night kings in the studio today. Um, on both on the phone because they're late night kings, man. They're busy. So we appreciate it, Brian. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. Bye bye. Love you, Brody. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you too, Holtzman. All right, Eric. I'm sorry to have to interrupt That's you on okay. that story. No, kind of is, the buildup's now not going to be as good, is it? It's you know, it wasn't that planned or anything. Anyways, we're all here, just here to celebrate Brody. It's so Brody's in the main one of the room. most beautiful things is just seeing everyone here. Honestly, okay. Brody, so let's give all. the fan. So, let's tell the fans what's going on out in the like. It's it's madhouse. Just a madhouse of people at All Things Comedy Studio, and it's just amazing to see how many different comics from all over are just here, and everyone. He brought everyone together again. You know, no one's happy that this is what brings everyone together. And it's always unfortunate, and it's very unfortunate right now. But it, you do get to even see friendships rekindled for things like this. And I think that is always an amazing thing to see. It's special, and you shouldn't hold grudges in your life. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not worth it. You spend more time hating than you can just loving. It's really not worth it. We um, go through too much of this. Yeah, man. But you've always been a good dude. You've always been super nice to me. And, like, Brody loved you. Uh, just hanging out. I mean, you saved me at All Things Comedy Festival. <laughs> he gave me a vape pen so I could uh, ride home with Brody. If you didn't know, riding with Brody in a car was very stressful. So, <laughs> Had you covered. Yeah. Uh, it was always, it's, it, he was always great to see. And it's... I, I'm excited to hear everyone's story, so I'll, I'll let everyone else get to their stories now. Love you, buddy, and so thank you for you coming too. in, man. Love you, Brody. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Since we already had two phone calls, let me bring in the next two guests. We're gonna have two really special people to all things comedy and to the comedy community. Um, this is right here. This is a famous, most famous fan of Brody Stevens. You might know her as her most of Beach Mary, Hi. Mary Stevens, and you've you've heard her voice a lot. Um, You've, you've probably never seen her. I don't know if, unless you watch another podcast. Um, but on Brody's podcast, she's a producer and engineer. This is Emma Erdbrink. So now you know Emma. You can actually see her. <laughs> Hi. Um, I really want to thank you all for coming and doing this. And it's really special. And I'll let you guys say what you want about Brody. Yeah, let's start you with Mary. Let's start with Mary. Ahead. First off, let me introduce Mary again. <laughs> Mary Stevens. She once broke Brody Stevens' phone. Okay, now let's go, Mary. Oh, that um, sounds like fun. He sent me a message after that and said he wasn't upset about it. But I do apologize to everyone who was watching Periscope that night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh, Brody. Um, but, I mean, Brody meant... Uh, you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear this a million times today, but Brody was just a very unique, unique character and a unique energy and, and intoxicating in a way. And, and I said this the other day that I feel like he's one of the few people who's in this industry for the laughs and the comedy, not for the, the fame and the glory and the money, as many people are. And he just he would talk to anyone about yeah. anything forever i'm sure that's why he promoted his venmo every day yeah probably <laughs> yes of course i'm not in it for the money venmo me at steven brody stevens but he he was one of those people you met him once and he knew your name and your face the next time he saw you he'd call you out and be like emma how's it going how's your day and and he meant that when he asked it it wasn't like you, you see people and you're like oh how are you doing and then you don't listen to the answer brody listened and he cared yes he did and <laughs> You know, he kept me laughing and on my toes. Every week he'd walk in here and it was something different. He cared a little too much sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I was like, yo, Brody, it's just a podcast. It's all right. It's a, it's a good time. You know, but 
I don't know if it's possible to care too much about your craft, but he thrived in it. He really did. <laughs> um, uh, let me just tell you, you were important to him. I told him, I wrote this, but I don't know if any, a lot of people saw it. Emma calmed Brody in this weird way. Um, she was the first good looking chick I've ever seen Brody act normal around. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was really, uh, it was nice. It was, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was really nice to see Emma just uh, grow on Brody and Brody grow on her, and uh, I'm glad to be a part of that. We had that we had really good weekly check-ins. We'd finish the show, and he'd come back into our little cave that we have over mm-hmm. there, and and he'd always go, "How was it?" And every week, Brody it was great. It's different. <laughs> it's new. It's something different every week. It was good. And then we'd check in about other stuff. He'd tell me mm-hmm. how he was feeling, how he was doing at his spots, how his spots did last weekend, where he was going to be tonight, and this next weekend, and. We'd check in for a little while every week, and I don't think I realized how much those little check-ins meant to me until now, knowing I don't get that every week anymore. And then it's going to hurt even more next week. When yeah, we, when, we don't when this that. time slot's empty next week, and, yeah. and there's no Brody walking through the door with his baseball <laughs> cards and his iPad and his phone and his Starbucks. lighting. And <laughs> I wish he used to give a shit every week. He'd be like, when are we going to fix the fucking lighting in here? It's so bad. And what did we do today? <laughs> we fixed, fixed the lighting. The lighting. <laughs> got so. new lighting for you, Brody. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's happy he about that one. He used to sit there with his iPhone flashlight on and hold it <laughs> under his face because <laughs> his, his baseball cap would block the lights from above so he'd light from below. <laughs> so funny. No, I was like, Brody, that character. looks worse. No, it looks better. <laughs> All right. You can't see my scar. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, you ready to cry, Mary? Um, I had to take some notes because I... Feel free to take your time. This is and a shortened version of my notes. Yeah, I tried to write notes be, down and it was yeah. like too long. If this is anything like how she parallel parked outside, this is going to take a long time. No, I'm going to keep it hey, short. Right. I'm going to try. Um, but I guess, yeah, I figured out, you know, thinking this week that... You know, I'm a creature of habit, and my habit was Brody, and you know, going to the comedy store to go see him at late night, and uh, I don't really actually know what I'm going to do now. But um, you know, the first the first time I saw him, I was with my husband and our friend Bill in 2013 and just like you know we had seen everyone it was just joke 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 and then you know he just walked on to the stage and it was just like that instant you know he just like filled the stage with so much life and it was just amazing and um you know there were so many late nights it was just so much fun and there was no one there and you're just like why is no one here and I would just like try to take everyone I knew there. Like I literally took strangers there. Like everyone I knew just knew I loved Brody. And I mean, we took like at least 70 people because I just wanted people to know him. And um, I just had a few of like my favorite memories of him, but it was like, yeah. Um, Being on the podcast here like about a month ago was incredible and mm. in the, the special he recorded he um he, he shouted out to me and called me one of his best friends and meant you are a lot you were me yeah and, he um, talked so highly <laughs> of you and he you know came and he performed in my backyard it's just like blew my mind he just did like 40 minutes about like <laughs> fucking Hermosa Beach and my dog bones and like making fun of Donald and um like his last message to me on Sunday, you know, he said I was a great friend, and 
You are and a good like, finger. For that to be the last thing he said to me means a lot. <laughs> and then... But, like, beyond, like, the specific moments, it was just kind of, like, how he changed my life and, like, how I saw the world. And, like, he was so silly. And just, like, my husband and I, like, we would just always, you know, be places and see something funny. And, you know, my husband would be like, don't you need to take a picture of that and tweet it <laughs> to Brody? And While um, dragging your dog on a leash through <laughs> it. Exactly. And... Um, you know, and also, you know, just like everyone I've met is all like because of Brody. Like if Brody hadn't performed that night, you know, I never would have, I never would have met you. Yeah. Like I would have gone back to the comedy store, but it wouldn't have been this. And Eric reached out to me because of all my silly tweets with Brody. Brenton reached out to me. And I mean, I... You know, I've met so many of his fans, and he has such loyal fans, and like no other die comic, hard, truly I die know. Hard fans. And I mean, it's like vegan, like liberal people in California, and like you know, conservative people in Texas. It's just anyone and everyone loves him, and he could connect anyone. And like I do, I think his desert energies are out there. Yeah, connections, <laughs> and, um, synergy. Anyways, I just want to thank all of the friends and fans who've reached out. And I wanted to thank you, Eric. And I'm sorry you lost your best friend. And I wanted to thank Brenton. And um, I wanted to thank Donald for going to so many shows together. It was just like... Well, you were his designated driver. So he enjoyed it. The best nights of my life. And I just wanted to thank Brody um, for... That I was able to lose three pounds this week from not eating. <laughs> um, but the mostly ever. just for being a positive force in my life and being my friend. And I miss you. Um, uh, but please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Hermosa Beach Mary. <laughs> um, That's so wrong. <laughs> I'll be, no, uh, but I, I'll be sharing, you know, some of the. Uh, videos I have and pictures I How have of him. How dare you promote yourself on my <laughs> um, tribute page? Yeah, um, and you don't uh, do that, Mary. And you know, Eric and I are going to have a, a, bro Bones a and Brody, buddies. Brody and Bones and Buddies in Hermosa Beach. That'll be in April. Um, it's a backyard so please, show. So please we'll... come. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, I like the way you promoted two things. Just now, <laughs> so. Um, all in the name of getting more Brody shows out there. Yeah. I also just want, you know, everyone. Speaking of promoting, so you're yeah. doing that. You see this shirt I'm wearing right here? It's the Brody Stevens shirt. I don't know if we can get it on camera. Yeah, there you go. Oh, nope. see, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> okay. So that's the Festival of Friendship in a nutshell right there. Uh, that, that Brody shirt you see I'm wearing. What I'm going to try to do, uh, Stephen Randolph, by the way, been a great guy. He's been just so solid through all this. He's one of... There's only two people that were in Brody U and uh, two students in it, and it was Stephen Randolph and myself. And one professor, his name's Danny Lucas. He was the sound guy at the comedy store. <laughs> um, so if you want to get these shirts, we're going to try and get them to you as cheap as possible. Literally, we're going to pay for them and then try to get them to you at bottom dollar so you can get something cheap that will remind you of Brody. And these shirts are very nice. So we're going to do that for you. We're going to figure it out. Um, just be patient with us. Uh, don't ask a hundred questions on Twitter or There's Instagram. There's a lot going on. It's a lot going on right now. But we will promise you that we'll get you something really nice and something that you won't have to spend a lot of money on because Brody would want you to have something of his. 
Um, and I think this shirt is perfect. Uh, if we see everyone around the country wearing these Brody Steven shirts, we'll flip that. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you all very much for coming in. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Um, can I you. say one more thing? You can say so, whatever you'd like, Mary. Um, just don't promote anything else. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say, have fun and be silly and go down to the batting cages to play catch. And you this got is, it. This yeah. is Stephen Mary Stevens. Stephen you got Mary it. <laughs> you came in hot today, Mary. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She got some confidence on you the Festival of Friendship. It. We had her on one podcast, and it seems like she's been on 60. All right, I'm going to call somebody while we bring two guests in. I'll give you some time. I got, I'm going to call, uh, let's call Alex Hooper. He just called. Um, and by the way, all the people who are watching, thank you for watching. Thank you for being with us, celebrating Brody. Um, we're off to a really weird, rocky, fun start. So let's keep this going. Let's keep this train rolling. Hello. Alex Hooper from America's Got Talent and uh, big fan of Brody Stevens. How are you doing? Oh, I'm a festival huge friendship. Fan, huge fan of Brody Stevens. How are you guys? We are celebrating his life here today, having some tears. Mary, yeah, Mary Stevens already, is already promoting shit. So. <laughs> Mary, come on now. What do you have to you guys, promote? Guys, walk, walk behind the cameras. Come on, guys. Walk behind. Walk behind. Beyond. Beyond. We're, we're, you're, block, you're blocking the studio. Let's go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I got Alex Hooper on the line, guys. So let's let's I, give him some love. Alex, how are you doing today, man? Sorry about I'm your loss. I'm, I'm actually calling from Baltimore. Uh, I had to call in um, and share uh, some positive energy with you guys. Um, I wanted to tell you, actually, because I knew Brody for about eight years, but I want to tell you about the very first time I ever saw Brody Stevens. Let's go for it. You do it. I had only been doing comedy about six months. This was uh, almost 10 years ago now. I'd almost I'd been doing comedy about six months, and I went to see Artie Lang at the Gibson Amphitheater in front of 7,000 people. And the host got into a fight with a heckler in the front row, and instead of focusing on the rest of the crowd, continued to fight with one man <laughs> in front of 7,000 people. <laughs> and, and me being six months in, I thought, who is this person? How did he possibly get this job? He's terrible. Like, there's so many other people there. <laughs> and then, later, I found out that man was none other than Brody Stevens. And when I think about that now, it just makes so much sense why he would choose to focus on one heckler instead of everyone else that was there uh it's i loved brody so much he's the only man that would heckle he, he heckled the audience instead of letting them heckle him he would heckle you know? he would heckle himself sometimes Oh, for sure. I mean, and over the years, I had so many great experiences with him. He did my rooftop show in Culver City. I specifically remember when he did one of my shows at an after hours warehouse, I was laughing really hard and he stopped the set. And he goes, Alex, too much. Let them decide. <laughs> and you don't just do that. His, he was just he was just here, such a beautiful person and such a unique talent and I learned so much from watching him time and time again and I'm just I'm so glad that you know we're doing this and we're celebrating everything that he was cuz I mean we're never going to have anyone else like him again not a chance so I uh I'm just I'm so glad that you know that uh, you're doing this podcast, and we're doing the show with the comedy store on Tuesday, and it's it's just he's someone that I will never ever not think about. 
And there's just also so much we can all learn from him. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not going to be thinking about him in the bedroom. But everywhere else, I'll be thinking about Brody. I might think about him in the bedroom. I don't think my girlfriend would mind. <laughs> Do if I yell, it, Brody, me. Yes, One enjoy more. it. Oh, shit. <laughs> We always Bush. we always had a joke. Don and I always had a joke because like if Brody was having sex with a girl, he'd have to have like all his credits spit out in order to come. <laughs> and it you would got it. Minutes and eighteen seconds. You're not talking about me enough. <laughs> Do you want to have a due date or not? <laughs> oh, that, uh, uh, yeah. Alex, we love you, man. Thank you for calling I love you in. Guys too, man. Um, Thank you guys for doing this, and I will see you when I get back to L.A. And uh, everyone, continue celebrating a beautiful life. You got it. Enjoy it. Yeah, positive energy. Push and believe, guys. Have a great day. All right. That was a great, great <laughs> guest there, Alex Hooper. Um, bringing the bringing the good energy and like a positive energy because I felt I felt like he uplifted me. I don't know if you guys felt that Hi. way. I got two guests here. I got Josh O'Brien from KLOS, and uh, I got John Sheezer, Kansas City Royals. <laughs> that's, that's, you got it. That was gonna be my Brody story, like. Rest in peace, man. Just a legend. But I just wanted to emphasize like how caring he was. I mean, this is just audio. I'm going to see if this picks up at all. But this is him in Kansas City. Can you hear that at all? Yes. He stops this little kid who's playing baseball the wrong way. at the bottom. Corrects his hands on the bat. Gives him a couple practice swings. There you go. Do a practice swing. I don't know if you can see that. That'll. I, I actually watched this video last night, and I was uh, teared up when he gives the kid. It's, I mean, it's a little. Here he goes. Here's the payoff. First pitch, home run, Brody instruction. He just, like, that video of him grabbing a seven-year-old kid may have changed his well, life. Well, you might you want know? to change the way you say that. No. Grab the bat. <laughs> but that's just Brody, man. Like back in the day, I just remember I, he knew I was a big Royals fan. And, he, yeah. and the Royals were in town with the Angels. And he came up. And he's friends with Willie Bloomquist, who's randomly on the Royals for 50 games. And he comes up. She's her Willie Bloomquist, game worn shorts. You want them? I'm like, yes, thank you for thinking. I mean, he just always did those little extra things for everybody. Didn't matter what your credits were, where you were going to be next weekend or whatever. But Only his credits mattered to him. <laughs> Damn right. <dude. laughs> but rest in peace, Brody, man. He was a lot on the marquee. Thank you. And if he wasn't, he'd let you know it. Yeah. Oh, man. No, that was like speaking baseball. My dad used to write for uh, the Detroit Free Press. So, and he uh, wrote the Mudhen Memories. So, Toledo Mudhens, Josh O'Brien, you know, and that was always really cool because I started uh, at the store and I slid in on a potluck and then I transferred to Virginia Beach. So, I would consider the store like my Mecca, you know, so I'd come back every six months to a year. And, and, um, cause this station in Virginia beach, you know, and when I come back, it'd be like, it didn't matter who you were. If he liked you, he would acknowledge that you walked in the room and that yeah. was really, really freaking so cool. So it made him special. Yeah. Right. It and it made he, you feel special. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. Oh cool, man. You know, like, especially just, at the place like a comedy store. Yeah. And I just, I'm like grinding open mics in a, not a comedy community. And then I come into this place and it's just the Mecca of comedy. And you hear Josh O'Brien, national <laughs> hero, Navy CB. And then it's just like, how dare you not applaud a national hero. And then, and everybody would be like, oh, shit, I better clap right now, you know? And that was just, it was so, so nice. And then, like, he'd be like, that joke's funny. You know, like, if there was something, he would take the time to actually listen or, you know, and 
you know, and he'd ask questions like to know you, like some of the stuff I seen wasn't really the best, yeah. you know, and we'd talk about some of the things that, you know, kind of bothered. I mean, phew, you were there too, the back of the comedy store and a lot of these things. And just, I mean, it's, it's, that's one of the moments I'll always, I'll always cherish is those times back in the comedy store, our sacred ground, just smoking and hanging out. And then. Yeah, Ta- and basically you're you're just shitting. I see the Maligny over here. <laughs> Where's the pot? Oh, oh man. man. And then, you know, I don't want to steal Fraser's stuff because he's you know he works the same place I do, but he would ask you know Brody would ask like, hey, did you hear me? How was I? You know how was it? You know how was he on the show? And then no, radio oh, radio was Sports way more talk uncomfortable. Overnight, like you, you would hear him everywhere, man. Yeah, man, I'm so glad we got you in, dog, because that was freaking. It was cool. uncomfortable, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, thank you guys for coming yeah, in. Thank, thank you, you for man. having Brody, us. We love, love you. Brother. Thank you for coming you, in. Thanks for everything. It was man. very great. Much love, dog. All right, let's bring in. Let's bring in two more guests. We got them sitting already. Come on in. If you would introduce yourselves for me, just so I can uh, check some stuff on the phone. I got Trevor. I'll help you out. Trevor Kevala. Trevor Kevala. Kevalo. 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 He's from. Sorry, I got. I'm having a little bit of a brain fart right now. Um, just losing my mind slowly, and that's okay. That's what's going to happen today. It's going to be nuts, guys. Um, Trevor Cavallo, he's uh, one of my good buddies with the dojo. When Jesus Christ, Sam can't take a time to fucking. He has to get on camera. Um, you know, that's fucking Sam Triple. <laughs> Sam, Sam's that keeping is like it light. the ultimate Sam Triple move. I love it. That was great. Uh, Trevor Cavallo, he's with the dojo. Uh, actually, Sam is a big, big proponent of that, and uh, you helped me become a part that, a part of that club too. And you also helped Brody get down there. And Brody was doing open mics there, and he yeah. was doing the clubs. And we got Steve Lolly. Is it Lolly or Lolly? Lolly. See, and I, you put two, right. you guys couldn't it's screw right. me more with like people you put in the one breath. It's a commonly fucked up. You're yeah, from Eddie Pepitone's yep. podcast. Very funny guy. Um, thank you guys for coming in. We thank appreciate you. Sure, you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brody was coming down to the dojo quite a bit, and uh, we were actually going to make him a regular. And uh, I just, I, I, there's, everyone's going to say this, and that's what makes it so, so freaking special is he, there's something about him that lit up that room, whether there's three people in there or 300 people in there. Any Damn room. Right. And it was actually better when there was less. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. It, it was. It he was crushed just, when there was less. Yeah, this, that free form that he did was just absolutely incredible. Uh, there was a show a few months ago. I think it was Chad's show, and uh, Brody was running late, and I was going to just close it out. I usually do that when I'm, you know, there's nothing going on. I'll just close out the show, and I get up and I start walking towards the stage, and I just turn around I'm like, "Oh, Brody's here! Brody's here!" And I was like, "Okay, it's Brody. That, this is what we do." You know, yeah. he's, he's the fucking man, you know, he's the closer. So goes up there. There's a good amount of people and there are a lot of comics. Absolutely crushes it. Chad comes up to me. He's like, you don't want to follow. You don't want to go up. I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> I go, this is the man. This is, I called him like the Gagne. You know? And he would, and he would tell you, you better go up. That's yeah. how you get good. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, ah, and I, I, well, but you're getting better. And yeah, I, he, I think he helped you a lot. And I, I just wanted to get you on so you could speak some Brody talk because I know Brody liked you. And uh, you've recently been a bigger part of his life. And I, I really appreciate the Thank stuff you. you did for him. Thank you. I appreciate that. And Steve, hey. you've also been recently we became well, close friends through Brody because you guys, your podcast follows ours. Yeah. Um, and by the way, Eddie Pepitone says hi. He's homesick. 
He's not, you know, couldn't make it. It was too sick to come if from. You, if you want to apologize, if you want to, if you want to send anything to Eddie, make sure you at reply Chris D'Elia and everything. <laughs> he will love that you for is, it. That is a running, your running gag. It's the running gag with Eddie. And, uh, That's going to get him some Instagram followers. He wants to get Instagram followers yeah. through Chris D'Elia, so just make sure you're always tagging Chris D'Elia and Eddie Pepitone together. So my story is, uh, I've, I've been here for about a year with Eddie, and um, I was the new guy a year ago. And uh, there's nobody, usually besides Brenton and the engineers, there's really nobody usually here. It's pretty quiet here. And we would come in for months and months, and Eddie, <laughs> Eddie would go look and see if there's anybody in there. And I'd go, and it was Brody. And, uh, he'd go, and Eddie would laugh, and he'd go, is he all alone in there? i go, yeah. He goes, God, I don't know how he does it. So we would, because we're doing an hour. We're doing an hour, he and I. And that's not easy to do an hour, even between he and I. But Brody's in here for two hours, so... Every week, Brody comes out, and I'm the new guy, and I see Brody, and it's like a welcoming, this guy, and he's just like this really successful comedian, much more successful than me, making me feel just like I'm one of him, you know? And uh, I think finally we got the nerve up, and Eddie said, hey, Brody, what are you doing there for two hours? And Brody goes, well, you know, he starts to explain, he goes, sometimes I just talk, and and then sometimes we play the baseball card game. Yes. All right. And so Eddie goes, well, what's the baseball game? Well, Brody goes, well, here's the last baseball. He pulls out the card. He goes, okay, now who is it? Guess who it is. And Eddie's like, I can't fucking guess who you're. And he goes, well, you can ask as many questions as you want. So we play this game and he's narrowing it down. Infielder, National League, 80s, 90s. And he, Eddie can't figure out who it is. So Eddie finally pulls out the card and it's Ryan Sandberg, which is who I wanted to be when I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> Second baseman for the Chicago Cubs. Oh, I know who Ryan Sandberg and, is, yeah. And, and I flipped out, and Eddie's kind of rolling his eyes, and Brody says, here, you can have it. <laughs> it's yours. And I took that card, and I never said anything to anybody, but I took that card, and I put it in my fucking wallet. And I carried it around for about nine months, and I just, it just reminded me that, like, it was like Brody saying to me, you belong here, you're not, you know, you're just, you're cool. And uh, anyway, I, but it was this. I don't. I never. I, I would have felt silly saying it then, but now it's like I probably should have said it. And I feel like I feel like that's a lot of these stories you're going to hear that about Brody. Is he left pieces of himself with people? Like he, all these videos, all these things he left. Every person he touched, he left you with just a little something to hold on to for yourself. And it's just that's so cool to me. Like, I appreciate it, guys. You guys are both great. Thank, Thank you, you for coming on. Thank you. Who do we have next uh, on the pie? Okay. Yeah, we got another. We got another fearless leader of all things comedy. I don't know about fearless. Okay, well, a timid, a timid leader, a timid leader at timid all things leader. comedy. Um, Just happened to be great, here. great guy. Um, very supportive of Brody. We would come in here um, before the Wednesday podcast, and he would just chat it up with Brody and have jokes and. Love this guy. He's great. It's Al Madrigal. And then we got Johnny Pemberton. I don't know Johnny very well, but I'm sure I will through all things comedy eventually. Yeah, I guess and, so. And um, just wanted to give you guys some time to talk about Brody. Sure. I mean, everything that we did here, uh, but even before, so I started, um, I was the first employee at a place called Comedy.com. I think it was in 2005. And uh, we immediately went to Brody. That was our first thing that we ever did was uh breakfast with brody and i'm trying to dig those up there's somebody's basement at this point i can't wait been to see taken him. off the internet but um 
Yeah, we did uh, Trapped in the Internet with Brian Holtzman. Brian Holtzman oh. was trapped in the Internet. Oh, man. Smells like an Indian kid's dick in here. <laughs> and then uh, we uh, did Breakfast with Brody and uh, we did another show called How to Make a Hot Girl Laugh. And he was in that as well. I that would be hilarious. And um, yeah, he's, he's, he's done something that's very unique. In that he's, uh, and you'll have all these people come on, and I'm not going to take too much time. But they, you, you can't imagine how many people are outside. And I don't know if you've talked about this, the amount of people that this guy has touched. Um, friends with everyone. And uh, just so loved. It's just, I, you measure success of comedians by Instagram followers or maybe how many tickets they sell. And it's just like the wrong measurables because... In terms of uh, friendship and what this guy has meant to the comedy community, because of you know, alternative comics, Johnny hosted it just to, to put out on Twitter and all the alternative comics. <laughs> right? It's so, so weird to even think about that because I, I never thought of Brody as being anything other than the most alternative comic I've ever seen perform. It's like, <laughs> that's how I mean, he was the first person I ever saw who I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> and I was just so blown away by it because I never you never saw anything like that on TV you, you've but never th- there will never like be that. another comedian like him yeah. he was I was alt uh, before incredible. alt yes he was <laughs> he was he's, he's he's always been at you know in in comedy everywhere and um, I was such a huge fan of his uh, from the very beginning, I had made him sign a baseball card a long time ago <laughs> that I've had up on our bulletin board in our house forever. And uh, this shirt, when he came out with these shirts, and somebody told me this was like nine years old or something, like I got, I immediately made him go to his trunk uh, and I got a shirt because I was just a huge, huge fan of him and his stand up. And um, yeah, I was he, such a, I was, that's how I got to know him too. I got, I became obsessed with him when I first started seeing him perform. Right when UCB first opened, there was a show after Death Ray called See You Next Tuesday. It started like at 11 o'clock at night. And he would always do do it like almost every week, and he would come up last a lot of times. And he'd be doing all this drumming stuff, and I would watch him so much that I found myself at one point accidentally imitating his cadence. And I was like, "Oh man, I gotta stop! I gotta stop seeing him because I'm gonna start emulating him because I liked him so much. I was just wanting to be like Brody." That's every single like person I that so meets so badly to, to be that same sort of thing. But more friends than you could possibly imagine. And um, if anything's going to come of this, like there's so many people outside, what we were all talking about outside is we all have to get together. More. Way yeah, more. Yeah, that's 100%. I, th- I think like on Friday, a bunch of us got together and it was something where, I mean, I was so devastated. I feel like I have to just see a bunch of people because otherwise I, I don't know what to do. I can't but just sit around and think about this. And it was felt so good just to be around some people who I haven't seen in so long. who Because you know, everyone gets busy and they start being able to say no to stuff all the time. So you, just, people just get so busy they don't want to hang out. And it's just to be around people uh, who you kind of came up with and all that sort of thing. I feel like the big thing with Brody with, that gets me is so much is um, there's a lot of people talk about how like – I mean, we're doing it now, but it's the idea that you're sort of like suicide is is something that is so terrible, but we can't help but not glamorize it. But we're talking about something that happened that we can't do anything about, but how there needs to be more celebrating of people when they're around. And it's something where I totally agree with that. I feel like it's like a real watershed moment because of all the people 
this to happen to, I can't think of a person who knew more people, to touch more people than Brody. That's my music. That's my inspiration <laughs> yeah, music yeah. to keep. <laughs> yeah, so I just feel like we, we all need to start doing that more, just celebrating people for the sake of them being around, not just for in the absence of them. And it just touched more people than you could possibly imagine and just the most original comic. Uh, I, again, it, it's unparalleled in both areas. So Somebody um, was saying he's kind of like an Andy Kaufman. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just the drumming alone. Yeah. Except I heard uh, Andy Kaufman is a little bit of a dick. Uh, but That might have been <laughs> an act. <though>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could have been an act. Positive. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't want to take up more time. There's so Love people, you, Al. Johnny, thank you. you for coming Bye-bye. in. Bye-bye. I don't know who just called me, so while these people are loading up, I'm going to go ahead and just call them and see... Uh, Let's see, right, we got... I'm, I'm going to call I'm John... Gonna, I'm going to make mine soon. I'm going to call John Reap real quick. We call well, hey, no. Right, okay, let's talk to us real quick, then call John Reap. I like the way you just come in and take control. Yeah, dude, it's called I've been running well, this I'm going to take even more control because I have to drive to shows in San Diego. But Nobody I, cares. I just, I just, you know, I... Okay, I, let, Brody is ama- amazing and magical. I have and, to get and, a tattoo. Um, he's going to get a tattoo. I can't get a tattoo because I'm Jewish. Um... But uh, here's what I just wanted to share. Hi, I'm Nicole. Wait, wait let me get you. Let me okay. get you guys introduced okay. so people will know who you are. This is Sam Tripoli from uh, Punch Drunk at All Things Comedy, and uh, you got Nicole Amy, the newest paid regular at the Comedy Store. And uh, there you go. There's your intro. You got and I was supposed to be doing the podcast next week. You were um, with uh, Chappelle Lacey. Um, so my my quick uh, sentiment. Um, I think one of the most amazing things about Brody is how open and honest he was with what he was going through as far as his mental health goes um, as someone who is also bipolar and who has struggled to find the right medications. Um, I think it's a really important dialogue for people to have and be open with and not be ashamed of. If you're having problems, talk to someone. Um, even if you are seeing a therapist, like, you know, let people know how you're doing. Let people in your life know how you're doing. You're not a burden. You're not annoying. You're not a downer. You know, you need to, it's the same thing as having any other disease. It's very real and it's takes work and it takes, you know, community to keep each other up. You know, I think think that's important to tell everybody out there too, is like never feel too, too much, like you're too much to go out there and talk to somebody because you'll believe it or not. Most people will actually show up for you. Yeah. totally. 80%. Oh dude, people would have gone and stayed at his house if they would have known this was going on. I mean, we don't communicate enough. We always feel that we don't want anybody to know what's going on with us because that we might be unstable or we might not be bookable or all that shit. It's bullshit. It's bullshit, man. We really got to stop allowing people to define us by our, our fucking agencies and our management and our IMDB credits. Okay, let's get on to Brody. I mean, I'm really proud no, of my No, I'm telling you, dude. But, this is but, about Brody. We're about, not, not going to go anyway, into the So there's creature. that. Um, and, um, you know, when I got passed at the store, my, oh, my favorite memory uh, in the recent past of Brody is when I got passed at the store. Eric I saw him at, um, I saw him at the store and he came up to me and he was like, welcome to the family. And it was at that moment that I was like, wow, I'm really part of something truly magical. And he's, he's, he's just kind of was the captain of the ship there. Yeah, he was. He was a mascot everywhere he goes. Yeah, everywhere. The beauty of, of uh, Brody was that he uh, was always open to the joke. The joke was more important than the moment. And uh, one time when the, I did a show called The Naughty Show. 
And uh, one of my favorite episodes was the Brody Stevens dating game in which we, uh, we brought in three lovely ladies. Two were hardcore porn stars. The other one was a Playboy model. And the other one was trans superstar Venus. <laughs> and he, we didn't tell him who Venus was. And he played the game. And he played it. And, and he knew what was going on. And, you know, he'd just come out with the 10% gay. And, by the way, I'm leaving here to get a uh, tattoo on my jerk-off hand because he's 10% gay. And I thought Brody would enjoy that being part of the fucking whole thing. So uh, he went for it. And he ended up picking Venus. And they ended up making <laughs> friendship, and he she ended up being a giant plot point on uh, uh, on the enjoy it season. He was um, he Brody was a one of a kind, and goddamn right, he always was fucking in the moment. Nobody, he was kind to all people, president to peasant, and uh, there will never be another. We always hear like you know once in a lifetime. They said about LeBron James, and then we had the Greek freak come in. Brody Stevens is literally a once-in-a-lifetime human being. There will never be anybody that will be able to do the cadence, do the thing, be in the moment, say the exact thing that is so funny in that moment, mm. non-scripted improv. And we, uh, the comedy took a giant hit. The energy at the comedy store is not the same. Not at all. Yeah. It's not the same. And we... Uh, I just hope you... We're grateful to you for all the work you're doing with yeah. Brody. You're doing a lot to help, and you and Stephen Randolph have been kicking ass, so we appreciate that. And I know Brody appreciates it. And Nicole, you're also, also awesome. Uh, we had you booked, and Brody was excited about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you guys very much. Love you. Bye. Let's call John Reap. Let's not leave Reap hanging much, much longer. Hello. John Reap, you're on the Festival of Friendship, the tribute of Stephen Brody Stevens. All right. What's up, buddy? How you doing? How you holding up? We're all holding up over here. We've got some good stories. We've uh, got some people crying, uh, laughing. Yeah. You know, we're just celebrating Brody's life. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really sad, man. It's really sad. I wish I could be there. I'm in North Carolina. Um, I just found out, you know, on Twitter, like most people, and I say like a couple things. When I first moved to Los Angeles in 2000, um, I came to the comedy store, worked my way up. I met Brody Stevens at the comedy store, and you know his energy is crazy. And I, at first, I didn't know what to, what, I didn't know what to make of him at first. Um, then over time, you get to know him, and you find out he's vulnerable, he's sweet, he's kind, he's lovable. Um, <coughs> And he just wants to be as funny as possible. Uh, one of my favorite jokes that he told was, uh, he goes, I only floss, I only floss my teeth once a month. Because <laughs> that's how long, that's how long it takes my toenail to grow back. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great Brody joke. <laughs> and uh, my God, I never forgot that. And I'm, you know, I don't know him as good as you guys. <laughs> I moved away. I didn't go there as, as, as often after a, uh, after a time, but uh, I always loved him. Um, another funny story. I remember this. This one I will never – this is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, we're at the comedy store, original room. Brody's on stage, on stage doing his thing. Um, it's like a half-full room, and someone in the back sort of does a heckle, and he's like, oh, who are you? Uh Oh, God, what's that girl's name? Who are you, Jerry Jewell from the Facts of Life? 
<laughs> and that that Jerry Jewel, if you don't remember, she was the girl in the Facts of Life who had cerebral palsy. <laughs> and so, and then, and then she goes, uh, someone says, uh, yeah. And then it was actually her. <laughs> oh, my God. And whoever, oh, that's whoever, too good. Oh, wow. Whoever, whoever was running the room must, yeah, have, uh, must have been in on the joke or something. They turned the whole lights on. And she stood up, and then Brody was, like, dumbfounded, shocked. He, felt, he instantly felt bad. Um, the, one time he, the one time he actually reads the energies. Wow. Yeah. And then he, this, is, this is where it gets good. He came off stage. I thought maybe he'd walk over there, shake her hand, hug her, say something like that. He walked off the stage. He walked out of the room. He got into his car, and he left. <laughs> and I, the funniest part was when he was about to pull out of the parking lot they had that big window everyone sitting in the room still could see Brody waiting to get out <laughs> looking over his shoulder to pull out in the traffic to leave thinking is he going to come back he just he went home <laughs> it was like, I don't know if it was because he was embarrassed or shocked or if that was some sort of performance art but I, it's one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life <laughs> Everything with Brody was performance art. Yeah, every single <laughs> moment of his life. But uh, John, but I miss. But I'm gonna miss him, man. I I, I I got nothing but love for Brody, and uh, I want to get one of those T-shirts when I come back. Every, I can. Everyone who's everyone who's been on on the podcast today, and everyone who's here at All Things Comedy, we're gonna get you Brody Stevens T-shirts as well as the fans. We're gonna try to get them to you cheap. Uh, John, we appreciate you calling in to All Things Comedy and for the Stephen Brody Stevens Festival of Friendship. Nothing but yes, love sir. for you, brother. Love you guys. Take care. You too, buddy. All right. All right, let's get to these guests I got sitting in with me. We got Vinny Fastline. He runs the Socially Awkward Show. He's friends with Brody. Um, just recently did the Festival of Friendship with Brody, and it was really good with Jason Collings. And we got, he's the sub house pianist, but he's also a really good comedian and a, a really great friends with Brody. You guys did a lot of music together, things like that. That's yeah. Jeffrey Baldinger, and I'm going to give you guys the mics now. Thanks, man. Yeah, as, I mean, uh, everybody's been saying it, but uh, Brody was, you know, the singular voice there's nobody that's ever been like him or ever will be like him again um and i just have uh started the first time i ever saw brody it was before i met him but the first time i saw brody is before i even started doing stand-up um was at uh comedy death ray uh at ucb on franklin and zach alfanakis had dropped in uh to do like a surprise set and then all of a sudden uh, just somebody started heckling from the background, and it was Brody just yelling at Zach throughout his whole set, just heckling him, just like, "What are you doing? Why aren't you bringing me up more?" Like that sort of stuff. And uh, and Zach was just like taking it in, kind of responding, uh, taking it all in. And you know how uh, UCB's uh, set up where there's sta- there's chairs on the stage. My uh, myself and two of my friends were sitting on the stage, and Zach comes up to us, and my friend knew who Brody was. Uh, Zach just asks him, hey, wh- what do you think of Brody? And my friend just goes, I don't get it. <laughs> and it was just the most perfect reaction. Zach burst out laughing, and then Brody just starts yelling, what does he mean he doesn't get it? What's not to get? I created Chelsea. I did, and he just starts going through his credits. There's everything. I was like, what is happening? Who is this guy? I love, like, I knew it was something special right there. And then I started doing stand-up. And uh, he was one of the first, you know, established guys that treated me like an equal. Like when I was the beginningest of the beginning open micers, 
and he start he saw me working and he saw me going up places he reached out he would check in on me check on my progress and he was just like the sweetest most generous you know just kind honest person there's nobody who was ever more present on or off stage like everything he did was just so real and you know i'll just i'll miss him forever and it's just one of those things where uh his voice uh will resonate <laughs> forever like you'll never hear the words enjoy it or positivity or you know well you might hear enjoy it if you find that mentally challenged person that he, <laughs> he learned it from and drive through it though but that's the th- but that's the thing you, you'll never hear those words without his cadence in your br- anybody who like you'll Oh, anytime I hear enjoy it, it's going to be enjoy it. Like, that's the only you, way I hear it. You know where enjoy you know? it came from, right? That's, uh, uh, um, so uh, to the people that are on the Facebook page or wherever and you don't know where enjoy it came from, you can go back and listen to Brody say it himself because it's a really funny story. But he talks about how you'd go to this drive through and it was a McDonald's drive through. And he would go up to this lady and she, she might have been mentally challenged, she might have not. But he would go up to her and she would say, enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. And he, she kept saying it. And then he went to a Taco Bell and that same lady worked at that Taco Bell. And so he was like, enjoy it. And he got it stuck in his head. And that's how enjoy it became that's part amazing. of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just an update for you guys. And that's, uh, I saw him do a couple times doing uh, audience warm-ups at different shows like I was uh, I uh, was uh, watching uh, Jezel Nick's old show The Burn and he was the audience warm-up guy for that and he saw me in the audience and he's like Jeffrey Baldinger in the audience he gets up at the store he gets up at the improv he's putting in the work audience you do work too okay let's get to the lap and it's just like he was just so energetic he would point out anybody and as I said like from the first time you meet him to just the next conversation he always treated you as an equal no matter what and it was just so genuine and so there's never a false moment with Brody and that's just something that I'll treasure forever uh our friendship our memories together just like I'll miss him you know Al Madrigal was saying it before he's a singular voice in comedy that we'll never hear again and it's just like you everybody's here from all walks of the comedy life from clubs alt rooms any even non-comics 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 are here as well and it's just one of those things where this is something that Brody would have loved is a literal festival of friendship. Like, we're all here celebrating our friendship, our relationship with Brody, and that's something that is, uh, I think, is both sad and uh, uh, joyful that we are doing this. And, um, you know, I'll just I'll miss him forever. Yeah, and I, just so you know, you know, the re- everyone who's invited here and, like, everyone in the fans that's watching it, he loved you guys just as much. Like, yeah. all the times I would sit there and talk with him, and he would be relentless with people, like, with all the people I have to name that love him. And I would tell him all the time, and he would be like, oh, I like that guy, I love that guy. And it was funny to go through these lists. And, he yeah. not, and every, no, everybody I said, no matter what, he would say, like him, love him. He wouldn't, there was nobody who was like, ah, what a dick. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't want to hear that. So. I, did, um, there's, I did a show with him and uh, Dimitri Martin one time, and I took a picture of them, and I was kind of obsessed with that face swap feature for a while, and I did a face swap of the two of them, and I showed it to him, and he just goes, bro, Dimitri Martin gets it. <laughs> 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 That's great. Oh man, uh, it's good to be here with you guys. This is a uh, I did, we literally just did this podcast what a couple weeks ago. Yeah, three I'm weeks gonna, ago. I'm gonna keep this short because there's a lot of guys here. I feel like I'm already getting the light just looking at them. So <laughs> get the hell out of here, you piece of shit. Well, you are a comic. Uh, so go ahead and run it. Yeah, I'm just no. I'm gonna I'm just gonna be short. I mean, 
I, I've known Brody for many years, but it's 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 uh it's funny because I, all these years I've known him. I respected him before I moved out here. I remember watching that HBO documentary with him, and uh, I just connected with him because I thought he was so unique. And as stand-ups, the reason we all love Brody so much is because man, you know, as a stand-up, all you do is watch stand-up, and it's so hard to be surprised. That's why we don't laugh anymore. But Brody would get on stage, and in real life, he would always surprise us. He'd always be different. He'd always make us laugh. I, I some of my idols I grew up watching. I. I would for a few minutes I'd sit there and I watch him like this is great and then I'd get up and I'd go talk to my friends Brody I'd sit down and I'd watch him the whole hour he'd always surprise me he'd always be silly there's always something different and I just love that about him but all these years I knew him we weren't really really close until the last few months and uh and got to know each other more. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I just started my medication myself. And I think I'm not the only one. And I think a lot of things is that a lot of comedians do struggle with a lot of pain. I posted this recently, but I feel like a lot of comedians struggle with pain because we take uh, we take something that's supposed to be an enjoyment thing in life, which is funny and humor, and it's supposed to be something that's simply pleasure, and we make it a job. So I feel like even though we've all come from tragedies, now we, we, we basically, you know, we we take something that's supposed to be fun and now we look at it differently and it, it kind of ruins us and I feel like a lot of comics have a lot of problems but I think communication and not being embarrassed about it I mean I'm telling people I take meds it's stupid I'm like you know but I but talk that's to good though you need to you need to communicate that with us because we, we can be there to help you and you know no, I, I talked to Brody about this and this is where we connected I mean I've been we've been doing shows together after the podcast and just talking and I talk to him all about it and it, usually it's flipped it's script I'm usually the positive happy one always giving people advice and it was funny because he was the one giving me advice and he told me all about this you know and uh it was just nice because he he was he was a lot deeper than a lot of people knew him by and even myself you know but uh he was unique and he was awesome and i think if people need help i think we just need to communicate our problems i think that's like the number one thing well as but long he, as you know your love buddy and like we yeah. really appreciate oh, both of you guys yeah. coming in I thank you, you guys. so this, much thank this you for great, doing man. this Eric, thank you for putting this together we're, um i gotta call this you. person real quick because we're gonna be gone for a while and uh, i want to get to him I'm going to go ahead and call him. Uh, we're going to be calling Dave Attell. Let's go ahead and do oh, that. Fuck yeah. Eric. Hey, Dave. You're on the Festival of Friendship, the Stephen Brody Stevens tribute. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's happening, man? Uh, I wish I was calling in on a uh, uh, happier occasion, I guess. Yeah, well, Brody loved you, and I just wanted to give you a chance to say something because I know he would have loved that. Well, I think uh, for those of us on the comedy scene, you'll appreciate this. I was just in Phoenix playing a club, and uh, Patton Oswalt was at a theater the same night, and um, after his show, he came over to my show, and I brought him on stage, and we talked about Brody and um, the crowd, of course. Couldn't get enough of it. Um, you know, Brody... Played Phoenix a lot. In fact, I think he was supposed to be there. He was scheduled to be there in a week or so after me. And uh, it was just cool to see the fans, you know, the comedy fans' reaction, um, you know, uh, about Brody and about, you know, just comedy in general. How, like, you know, the fans of comedy, like the real fans, they know a lot of comics, not just one or two, you know. They, uh, they, they get it. Yeah, they get it. Exactly. No better way to put it. But if you want a Brody story, I'll tell you this. Uh, Brody and I, we used to talk all the time about depression, and uh, he, of course, was a master of it, as we know. He, he definitely, um, you know, uh, had some uh, had some had some problems with uh, both on and off the medication. But but 
Brody's, he still did the job and he still had a sense of humor. And um, uh, I guess people don't really get it how, like, you know, Brody was also a warm-up guy. He was big on the warm-up comedy scene for TV shows. And he warmed up, when I did the gong show, he walked, warmed up three or four other shows. And, like, nobody did it like Brody because Brody could not put, like, on, you know, like a little, like, you know, facade of, like, you know, energy and happiness. I mean, he would say the words, but you could just see in his eyes that there was, like, evil and hate and just, like, all that great dark humor. And one time I was doing the uh, Anthony Jizzlenick show, his talk show on Comedy Central, and I was there with Joe Rivers, and, you know, the warm-up guy is, like, thankless. It's endless. It could be hours, you know. So there's, like, a big technical stop, and me and Joe were sitting there at the uh, panel, and I was watching Brody jump back into the crowd because, you know, he had to go out there and keep the crowd, you know, uh, motivated, you know, get him hot. And uh, he would just ask some of these questions like, who's from Anaheim? And, like, you know, someone would cheer and he goes, like, don't really care for it. You know, too much traffic. You know, every town they would yell out, he would have a personal slam on it like Glendale. Yeah, that's where my uh, old manager's from. Yeah, not a big fan. You know, like this weird... Weird, like, very personal things on the town that I was like, no one's ever done it like that. I couldn't stop laughing. And, um, you know, I, I love that about him. And there's so many other just fun little things that he used to do that, you know, made him who he is. And uh, it is a big loss. You guys are very cool to step up and, of course, uh, do this show to Brody. And uh, for the fans out there, you know, uh, there's, there's stuff on the web. There's stuff. Uh, what, what was the last special he did? The com, uh, com main store, main room at the comedy store. It's uh, on up on Amazon. Yes. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah. See, see what he was about, and um, you know, I guess all I can say is, uh, you know, it's cool that he left that behind, but it would be way better if he was still here. So. Well, we appreciate you coming on the final festival for Fri- festival of friendship, Dave. Uh, we really means a lot to hear pe- us here. Sorry about that, Eric. Uh, guys, thanks so much for having me, and I. I apologize for being annoying with all the texts. I'm on East Coast time. Dave, you're David Tell. You can text me as much as you want. <laughs> all right. Later, bye. All right, guys. Have a good one. Right. Thanks, Aaron. Thank, Thank you, guys. you, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Bring this guy in. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for this one. <sighs> really one of my favorite people at the comedy store. Mr. Uh, Really good friend of Brody Stevens. He was around him a long time, uh, and it's my buddy Jimmy Schubert, and then we also have Julie Seaball from the Roast Battle. Yeah, we were. Uh, I was actually supposed to do the podcast. We, we were setting. Yeah, we were setting know. it up for February seventeenth. You got it. Festival yep. of friendship. You know, it's just. Uh, I was been watching the videos of Brody the last couple of days, like everybody, you know, and uh, ever this great quote. It reminded me of you know Brody, and and not to be repetitive, but they said you know butterflies can't see their own wings they don't know how beautiful they are and it's kind of like that with people as well and i think brody fits into that category you know and you'll hear over and over again how much he was loved by everybody most guys would give their left arm to be as loved as brody was you know yeah and fucking hilarious and fearless and uh i remember you know back before the comic store was always busy and packed and all sold out there were 20 people in a main you know in in the fucking original room and Brody was going on with those laughs. You sit in the back and you would fucking laugh so fucking hard. And that's so rare, you know, as a comedian to watch comedy and laugh. But Brody was a, 
you'll hear it over and over again. He was a special guy, and I know there's a lot of people that want to talk. I just, I just love them so much. I don't you were very important in his life, Jimmy. You have the, you have the mic. That's, if he you had his own way. Jimmy Schubert, friend to Brody Stevens. Literally, if you wanted to do a magic trick, I'd be like, go for it. No, <laughs> no, but you know, Brody loved his magic too. D- yeah, dude, it was so funny because he would like, I would post pictures from different coffee shops. That was a little game we played. It goes coffee fix, what's it in Moore Park? Like he knew the fucking valley. <laughs> I would just post a picture of me in a fucking chair and go what's it more i'd see him that night and go coffee fix you know but he's just uh and you'll hear it over and again over again he was just such a unique original special person we're all lucky to have known him for as long as we did because i think brody's magic was and how he made other people feel yeah. and you know and that's really what his magic was and he was so you know you'll say oh, rare to meet somebody like that in, in this business and and he will be missed immensely by a lot of people. So I just want to say and pay pay my homage. I love you. A lot of people here getting ready to go talk. And Julie, go ahead. You can. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, my name is Julie Siebel. I'm actually a comedy journalist. I'm one of the non-comics that Jeff was talking about being here today. Um, I knew Brody uh, way back when I first started in New York in 2003, writing about comedy. Uh, he was always very nice to me, and I just wanted to leave sort of this impression in your minds of, uh, you know, one of the times I saw him do a crazy show. I know you're going to have a lot of stories about crazy shows. The one I wanted to share was uh, 2007 in Las Vegas. Uh, HBO used to have something called the Comedy Festival for three years, and that year Brody was part of it. Uh, He was all over the place. Most of the shows were in Caesar's Palace, so they were these big convention center rooms. He opened for uh, Jamie Kennedy, and uh, I believe Ellen was there that year also. He was doing those main shows, but he also did a ton of side shows. So he would do 7, 9, 11 p.m., and then there was these 1 a.m., sideshows in the Double Down Saloon, which if you've been to Vegas and you know the Double Down Saloon, that's a tough room. He also did Brant Tobler's Backyard Comedy Show at 1 in the morning. That's a tough gig in Las Vegas, but the best one was when they did the Palomino Strip Club. He was there with Rick Shapiro. And the Palomino Strip Club is in North Las Vegas, a very industrial strip mall. And Brody goes in there, and the strippers, fully nude, are on stage while a comedy show is happening. And still Brody is, yes, positive high kicks. Let's see those strippers in the high kicks. Yes, I can play anywhere. I was in Caesar's Palace opening for Nick Swartzen earlier tonight, and now we're doing comedy here at the Palomino. And it was just one of those moments of like, yes, this dude can do comedy anywhere and take command of a room. And I think that's just sort of one of those things that, you know, he, he was adaptable to any situation. He was fearless. And I think seeing him in that uh, Palomino strip club at two in the morning is going to be my favorite memory of him. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. Those hey, are great thanks story. for having Thank us, you man. very much. We love you. Thank yeah, you for coming. I love you guys, too. Hey, we'll get to these other guys. Yeah, we've got uh, 24 pairs to go. Okay. That's a lot, people. 24 pairs, and we're at 325. So who's going to come up here? Uh, all right, yeah. Chappelle, just come on up, man. Yeah, yeah. we got Chad Zuma, and we got Chappelle Lacey. Yes. You want to throw on the cans there? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, go ahead. I'm going to give you guys the give you guys the room. I don't have any Brody stories, but I have a Bobby Lee story I'd like to tell. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> now this has been hard. I, I've I've been crying all weekend when I got the news. Uh, but I do want to share this because this is uh, 
this is how I mean I have a million Brody stories, but this was my first encounter with Brody Stevens. I I started comedy in 2005 in Los Angeles, and I was getting a lot of heat early, and I was getting on all these cool shows, and I did a show with Brody, and I bombed miserably. And Brody was in the back of the room watching, and I knew it was Brody. And I, at the time, I was like loving comedy. I was like, oh my god, look, there's Sarah Silverman, there's Brody. Like I, you know, when I now I'm like fuck them, but. Uh, after the show, I went up to Brody, and he goes, what's your name? And I'm like, uh, it's Chad Zumaki. He's like, that's a terrible showbiz name. You're not going to make it with that name. <laughs> and uh, he's like, how long you been doing? I was like, that's oh, my first year. And he goes, keep at it. Keep writing. Keep getting on stage. And then he goes, where are you from? I'm like, Cleveland. He's like, Cleveland? Joey Bell changed his name to Albert. Take note. <laughs> and <laughs> so, uh, you know, I go home, and the next day I get a MySpace friend request from him. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he remembered my name. <laughs> and I felt so cool. And it was... <laughs> and uh, in that same year, I, I filmed a thing called Comedy Time. It was at the Ice House, and Mike Jaglin booked me. And I didn't think anything of it. It was like 50 bucks, and they put it on the internet. Seven years later, someone sends it to me, and they're going, well, you're acting like Brody Stevens in this clip. And I hadn't watched it in seven years, so I watched it. And I, I had picked up his little mannerisms, like, I, I have a Von Dutch hat. Like, I'm doing Brody. Brodyisms. Brodyisms. Yeah. And I, so I contact Comedy Time. I was like, please take this down. Because, I, 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 first of all, it's terrible, and I'm acting like Brody. And I run into Brody a couple years ago, and I tell him the story. It's like, you know, as a comic, you have, like, an obligation, like, you know, Brody, I just want to let you know, like, there was a video of me. I kind of acted like you. It was on Comedy Time. He's like, yes, I'm aware of that. I contacted him to take it down. <laughs> so, but uh, it's, uh, I know there's a million comics here. I just wanted to share that. And it's, uh, it's a horrible loss. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, if I die, no one's going to be, no one's going to do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one, I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, your mom. Yeah, it's going to be my mom and my aunt, but this is unbelievable. Sam Tripoli, you don't think he would be there? Tripoli will show up. There you go. That's <laughs> But that's my time there. Yeah, uh, I don't have any specific uh, Brody story. Um, I didn't get the chance to connect with him like everyone else did. He, uh, Chappelle stage. was going to be a future guest with Nicole Amy, and I just, uh, I actually, Brody and I were talking about having him on because I just love his comedy. And then I knew you guys had some run-ins in Arizona, and so yeah, I was like, yeah, we I got like small on. conversations, which like was just authentically beautiful. You know what I mean? And uh, the kind, like, the, you know, him, you know, preaching energy. And the energy he could give just in a, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversation was just beautiful. And, you know, he impacted me a lot because, you know, I stopped doing stand-up because I got super depressed, you know. And then getting, you know, getting back into it is when I eventually discovered uh, Brody. And what, what, you know, caught my attention about him was just how honest he was. And I didn't realize that, you know, before, you know, stopping comedy and, you know, trying to, you know, fight this, you know, battle of depression. Um, I didn't realize that I could just be that honest on stage. And I just watched him do it. And I just thought, oh, damn, like. It opens your eyes. Yeah, it opens your eyes completely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you just start to release this, you know, energy, <laughs> you know, or so that just make that just like pushes you forward you know what i mean like positive everything push positive push and like like i think you know unfortunately you know like Bro brody left us with a big message to discover and uh and that he was going to go out on festivals soon <laughs> that's huh? what he left the message he's yeah, going to go on festivals soon yeah and the thing was that uh unfortunately we don't get to you know discover that message with him physically being here 
But I think the beautiful thing is, is that he left us with a message to discover. And, you know, and I think he would want nothing more but then for us to just continue to grow and be better comics. And yeah. be better comics. And that's all I have to say. Love you, Chappelle. Love, Love you, Thanks too, for doing yeah. this, brother. Thank hey, thank it. you, guys. Have a good one. Well, let's make a call. So I, I'm going to call out to Don Barris again because he said something. He said he was sick and he didn't want to. Only because we have like 55 guests. we got to really worry here. I'm going to call Don when we're bringing you guys, okay? Yeah, of course. All right. How are you, Matt, right? Yes, sir. Will you guys talk to Don while I go to the bathroom? <laughs> Hello. Hey, Don, I got to go to the bathroom, but I have Matt Bronger and Paul Leah here. You're on the Festival of Friendship. You got your time. I'll be right back. Hey, Don, what's oh. up, man? Hey, what's happening? Yeah, what a great I intro for Don Bates. Ask real quick. <laughs> I up. I was very emotional. I was very sick when I woke up today at two o'clock. I got on the phone right away. Then I hear right after that, Holtzman calls. It puts me down. Is there any truth to this? Donna, uh, this is Matt Bronger. You got I got no idea what you're talking about here. I apologize. Our host hey, ran off to, to take a dump. Yes, I did. Brian Holtzman. Mm-hmm. Yes. He, did he call in today? I, I did not. We, we they've kept us in a, in a cow like bullpen in the next room, uh, milling around. So yeah. I, we, we're not privy to any audio that might happen in here. Well, let me tell you this okay. about this Holtzman character. Let's just assume it's true. Go ahead, Don. No, this is the guy <laughs> that comes at me and he puts me down on the, one of the saddest days of my life. I can't believe this. I love Brian. I hate Brian, but I love Brody. Goodbye. Okay. All right, uh, that was Don Barris, that was guys. Don Barris, and, everybody. Um, Legendary comedian Don Barris of the Ding Dong Show. We'll be giving away cruise tickets. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, we got left here by the host, uh, but uh, we're here, so let's get, let's talk, let's talk about Brody. And we'll go ahead and tell your story, man. Yeah, I'll I'll just jump in. So uh, Brody was definitely a hero to me, and he was a hero to a lot of to everybody, and. He was one of the first comedians that I really fell in love with. I'd watch him in the main room do those late sets. And again, Brodyisms were just, they're unavoidable. I would do them in life. I would do them when I would talk to people. I would yeah. tell people Brody's jokes. I'd say, hey, hear this hilarious joke. And, do you um, mind starting over from the beginning? I was in the bathroom. Oh, start off from the beginning? Really? This is live, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I'll go watch it later. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still in the pre-pod? Enjoy it. Yeah, pre-pod, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, um, uh, me and Brody used to get coffee together every now and then. We used to get coffee at a, uh, at a spot near his house and we used to sit for hours and just talk and get breakfast and very little comedy related, just like life related stuff. And I, the last text I sent him, I said, look forward to getting some more coffee with you. Medium roast. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, just with the Brody cadence yes. and he was like, yeah, you got it. And, uh, the, uh, the day he passed away. Um, I went to a Starbucks to get some coffee and, uh, I told the barista, I just want a regular coffee. And he goes, great, regular coffee, medium roast. <laughs> yeah. And he literally said it with Brody's Brody cadence. cadence. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, basically I, I, I don't feel like Brody is gone. I, I feel like he's here with all of us and, uh, I love him to death and he's had such a huge impact on my life. And, uh, uh, I love, I love. He meant the same to you. Like he, he was reading a text to me one night, 
And he's like, there's something about Marty somebody sent me. And I and we started reading the text. And I go right away. I go, oh, that's Paul Leah. He goes, you got it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. really loved you, man. So it was it was nice that you guys had that friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, I first met Brody in uh, 2001 at the very first comedy festival I ever did, and I remember being in a comedy festival felt like the most over the moon thing of all time. And we had a potluck the last show. And Brody just dropped the mic and waded into the crowd. And we were all like, back when we were all hoping, ooh, a manager, an agent, ooh, someone notices me. And he's going, I'm above this. I'm beyond all of you. And my first thought was like, who's this cock? And then I became his biggest fan because I was like, yeah, fuck these people. And, and who cares? It's comedy. This is amazing. And since then, I, I mean, just the, the fact I'll never hear Bronger, strong, a friendly presence ever. And like, you're like hey, we break down your, 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 your individuality. And like I, when I heard, the, I, I cried for a long time when I found out. But I was just going to share this real quick story. We're all here to share tales, and I don't want to go long. But um, don't, feel, don't feel rushed. Well, I don't. Get I don't. it out. Get I'll it get, out. But I, let's, let, I will get it out. Uh, I, I did this. Um, there was an event for, for baseball players in Florida that they flew Brody and myself to. Funny or Die put it up. And it was in the ballroom, and we were the entertainment. There was, there was, a, there was a host. There was Brody and I. And it was everyone who's alive, like, in baseball. Like, Ken Griffey Jr. was there, Kenny Lofton, um, old guys that retired. Like, I don't know sports at all. But Brody knew them all, and I went up before Brody. And it's one of those things I'm like, thank fucking Christ I went up before Brody. Because I did okay. Like, I got away with my skin, but I set myself up by saying, you know, like, uh, I, I don't really follow baseball because I'm a Cubs fan. Just ate shit. <laughs> there were Cubs in the room. They're like, fuck you, man. Are you really a fan? You know? And, and so you, I just turned everyone off right there. You know, like it was like I went on stage with like a swastika t shirt or something. Like, I'm already at the base is like stacked against me. But Brody goes up and just walks in the crowd and starts talking to the players and calling out their stats from college, from high school, by name. He's like the Rain Man for it that was, shit. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. And everyone, but it was, like a, it was like a magic show. Every player was like, who the fuck is this? They're like looking at each other and they're like, wait, you only threw that much, your freshman? Fuck you. And they started yelling at each other and, and Brody's just like, oh, you're not as good as you thought. You're always that guy in your mind when you go to sleep. He's calling out their insecurities. And they're like laughing and stuff. He goes up to uh, Ken Griffey Jr. and just goes, just hit, just touched his shoulder. And goes, I touched him. I touched him. I touched Ken Griffey Jr. I have some of the magic. And then he goes over, and and then Kenny Lofton jumps up and starts yelling something in his face, like jo- jokingly talking mess, you know, just like, oh man, you wouldn't be talking that shit. And he goes, and he goes, oh Kenny Lofton, who the hell am I? And he called out some player that everyone, I guess, secretly knows Kenny Lofton hates. People started throwing chairs. People were like, how do you know of this rivalry? They're like, what the fuck? It was, it was like those scenes in Def Jam where people are losing their minds because someone's killing so hard. Yeah, yeah. Something so insane. Yeah. And I'm just leaning. We're in this giant air-conditioned tent in the, in, in the middle of Florida on this resort that, you know, $1,000 a night suites. And I just have a beer in my hand, and I've never been happier to be an audience member and not the comedian, where I'm just like, I just want to watch this for hours. And he went really long, and it was awesome. And afterward, we're all in the, in the, in the lobby having drinks, and every player wanted a picture with Brody. Every, at that moment, he was Babe Ruth. Everybody wanted to be with him. Everyone was like, who are you? Hey, let's be friends. Let, they were friending him on Facebook. And it was that moment where every, all, these, all these gods saw Brody the way I always saw him. 
as just this gladiator, as this guy who would run in and get hit first and take everybody else's bullets and, 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 and come out the other side smiling. Like, he was a Spartan, and he was my friend, and I'm going to miss him. Yeah, thank you very much, you guys. It. We love you. Thank you for coming in. That was a great story. Man, we've had some great stories here tonight. He's, these next two guys are really, really close to Brody. Um, you know, I'm just going to let them speak, and I'm going to introduce you to uh, Kevin Christie and Dean Del Rey. Hey, man. Thanks for doing this, first of all. Um, one of the things I want to say, that when I, when I first got to the Comedy Store, the first joke, the first time I ever saw Brody, I'm pr- this is probably 13 years ago, the first joke I ever heard Brody say was, ever overshoot your nut rag watching Lilo and Stitch? <laughs> and like, <laughs> I'm new to comedy, and I was just like, who the fuck is this? And it killed, you were just like, what the hell is this? And I couldn't, I couldn't believe I was, he could get away, do this style of comedy. I couldn't figure out where it came from or like how he turned his ideas into that. It was so confusing to me, but I remember the, one of the biggest deals to me was I'd been at the store maybe five years or three, four, five years or something like that. And I walk in the OR, and this is back when there was ne- usually no one there. You know, it was like a Wednesday or whatever. There were probably 20 people in the crowd. And I walk in, and Brody sees me. He's on stage. He goes, Kevin Christie, he gets it. He goes, other comics, watch my set. Like that. <laughs> and I was just, in my head, I was just like, oh, man, Brody said I get it. Like it was, that was like my first comedy credit. Like to me, I was just like, oh fuck, I'm like, I'm a part of the, the store now. Like Brody Stevens said, I get it. And it was like, I just felt so like. Accepted. Like, like accepted else, and yeah. like proud. Like I've always used Brody's comedy as a litmus test. Like that clip where he's like, if you don't get me, you're dumb. Like that's true. Like if you don't think Brody's funny, you're a kind of a fucking moron. Yeah. Like you don't understand what like actual funny is. Like he it, he did a thing, no one else in the world can do or will, like will be able to do. Is he, I can't think of another comic who the, the you start doing impressions of him after the first time you see him. <laughs> like you literally, I would just film him whenever I saw him to just text to my friends who had never like watched him do stand up but just heard me talk about him. I've gotten so many texts like, "Hey, I remember you telling me about this guy. I'm really sorry. Like I remember you talking about him. I remember that clip you sent me." Like my friend was like, "I've never watched his stand up. I've just." listen to your impression of him over the Because it's it once you like watch it, you just want to do it all the time. I remember calling him on the phone, I was like, hey buddy, what are you doing? He goes, just shaving, creating a visual. <laughs> 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 like he is that I just can't think of like a <laughs> like that's what that's the kind of shit he would say all the fucking time. And we the thing that's amazing is the way we're talking about him now is the way we talked about him all the time, except yeah. that now, you know, now he's, he's gone, but we talked about him like this all the time because you, you either, you were a fan of, everyone was a fan of him, and you would just stand around the hallway at the store and a Brody conversation would break out and a bunch of guys would just tell stories about stuff Brody did. Ren is easy talking about them playing catch on the roof of a casino and Brody yelling at him like, do it better, <laughs> chest to chest, like yelling at him because he wasn't throwing hard enough. And it, it was just fucking, there is, it sounds like we're overblowing it, but to say there's no one like him is lowballing it. Like, it's not even relatively close. Like, he, his ripple effect at the store and in comedy in general, I can't think of another person who's 
change the way we think about humor and how to be funny like Brody has. And I'm just I'm just gonna miss him more than anything. I just don't know who I'm gonna talk about anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, who am I going to talk about? I don't, there's no one I want to, like, explain. Send them to my main room special. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That people are like, where can I watch stuff? He's like, just go watch his fucking special. Yeah. It was special the, is great. And every, everything he does. He was just the best dude, man. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Man. I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I met Brody when I first started going to the store. And it was like that bumblebee moment on the blind melon video where that bee opens the fence and and i was like oh there's other lunatics <laughs> like me and that was the store and and we became friends it, it was it was just so weird because i remember when he got his vespa he's like dean we're bikers <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let's go to Sturgis, Dean. <laughs> Nuts to butts. <laughs> it was so funny, man. He just said the Vespa, and I was like, oh, you can't be on that, Brody. And I just kept thinking, like, oh. But I, re I remember a great Brody story. That I have a ton. Like, I think about five years in, I was hurting for money, and Brody knew, and he's like, uh, maybe you could do audience warm-up, fill in for me at, at midnight. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. So he took me down to at midnight because he, he, he didn't want to do it like five days a week. He's like, I'll do it three, and then you do it a couple days because they do like double shows and stuff. So I was like, no problem. So he goes, come down. I'll show you how to do it. So I go down there, and it's this garbage audience paid audience people are sleeping eating and stuff and he's just riling them no respect eating cookies in front of me i've done three thousand warm-ups get out and, and he's like guys are in sleeping bags and shit for real it was like just absolute like town zombies in there and he's in for like, they're shooting two episodes and he's like, I can't believe it. He's going on and on. And after we get in the car, he goes, so what do you think? And I was like, oh, I, I, I can't do that at all. Because <laughs> I, I had no idea. At that point, I was like, this guy is a master, a master like of looseness. And, and, and look, I've seen a couple thousand rock concerts. That guy was more rock and roll than 99% of the bands I ever seen. He was just, Amen. he was dangerous. He was, he was A loose. good drummer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he was a good drummer. He I kept was. always telling him, like, you got to get an electronic kit and play in your house on one of those electronic kits. I wanted him to get one of those so bad. And... Uh, my, you know, he just noted it. My, my favorite story, though, about Brody was a few months ago, I was in New York for like nine months, and I was, I was getting pretty gloomy there, like, oh, man. And he texted me, headlining Union Hall, you're on it. And I was like, oh, Brody's coming to New York, awesome. And I went there, and he brought that Brody comedy store energy, and it immediately took me out of a funk. And and it was like straight sunshine. And he was so happy. He was like headlining. And he was telling me all these great New York stories of like barking at the cellar and all that stuff. And it was, 
it, it was just unreal that guy's uh how much comedy he had in him it was i i just i can't get over it still right now well it's, he just he loved you a lot dean he loved everyone in this room he loved everyone who's around he really did love everyone he touched he's just sturgis you Boy. and I. <laughs> Thank you guys so much Thanks, for coming man. on. You were great. Do we do we have time? Yeah, let's call. Let's call. Let's see if we can call Jamie Kennedy. Hello, you reached the message. Name's Kennedy. I didn't even recognize you. That's so funny. Message marks. I know. I'm an idiot. Um, Next guest, or we got my good buddy Amir K, also have good friends with Brody, and then uh, Mo Ammer in front here from New York. So that's great. We had him here, and uh, just going to give you guys the mics. I'm sorry, I'm losing my mind. It's been no, it's a all long good. Time. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we're just going to be echoing everybody's sentiments here. That's uh, nothing different is going to be said. I mean, that's he's pretty absolutely true. incredible. I mean, what's your story? Wouldn't you? Go? Well, it's like it's so funny how like so just sitting here realizing how like I thought I had like a unique story, you know, about how he made me feel like the one night <laughs> when I was, you know, when I was when yeah. you're new to the store. And, you know, like a lot of the young comics, we'd study Brody. You just watch him. You just watch and see, like, what, dude, what the fuck? Well, how, how could this guy be doing this to this type of room, you know? Yeah. And uh, just, like, the shit he taught you how to, like, commit, you know? Like, commit. I fucking learned how to commit watching that dude, like, and, and be fearless and take risks and shit that, like, you would never think to do. You just watch that guy do it, and you go, fuck, he's a master of that shit. And I remember one time, um, you know, because... You know, being new in the comedy store, you kind of don't say shit. You just kind of go and it's he's probably one of the first dudes. Yeah, I mean, and everyone's said this. It's like one of the first dudes to actually come and make me feel like, oh, I'm part of it or whatever. Even like, I don't know how many people I made. Like, if someone came with me to the store, I fucking would make them watch. You know, like his set. You know what I mean? And uh, one time, I had this chick with me, and uh, and we just were going, and it was late, and I'm like, oh shit, Brody's on. So I go to go go through the store. You know, the 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 OR. To sit like stage right or whatever or stage left to where the the boots are you can be in the dark kind of and he s saw like the shot you know and i'm like oh fuck and he goes who's that you know and, and i'm like oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck and i'm with this chick so i'm like fuck i'm gonna get embarrassed and he goes amir k from orange county ucla did real estate and it and i'm like <laughs> and dude yo i was like fuck because I, I hadn't even told him half of that stuff you know what i mean i'm like how the f and i felt so goddamn cool dude with this girl and i was like and it just put the fucking biggest smile on my face and i'm like holy shit and so many guys have said that where that was the first time they felt so included in the whole shit and that was it dude and and I'll never forget that. And there's been thousands of other, I know there's tons of people that want to talk, but dude, there's so many moments with him that like, you know, you show up and he's in the green room. You're like, fuck yeah, you know, this is going to be weird. You know? Amir K. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. going to be so fucking cool and weird. And, I, and like everyone said, like if I would, he was on a show, I'd just start videotaping him, dude. And I would text him, you know, the pictures or the videos or whatever. But just a tremendous loss, dude. And fucking, I love you, Brody. That's that's it, man. Yeah, thank you, man. He's incredible, man. Like his energy that he sustained is is. I mean, it's incredible. I don't know who else does that in this time. Like Rob Williams or somebody like that. I I met Brody during the Oddball tour, and when they came through Dallas and Houston. And, you know, those stages are outdoor stages. It's very tough to, like, man that and host it and captivate them. They're trying to buy drinks. They're trying to buy shirts. There's the big stage over there around the corner. You know, everybody's just doing all this pregame and all this, you know, all this is happening on the side during where, like, 
20 plus thousand people are coming and this guy i've never seen a host like leave the stage you know just leave the stage but not you know some guys do leave the stage but they just do a horrible job it's real corny you're actually losing control they're catastrophizing they're doing horribly no he commanded that entire space and he would intro comics from like the fucking atm <laughs> machines and shit. He, would, he would be like a solid 50 yards away from the stage like entertaining people as he was going, and it was unmatched. It was really incredible. I gained such respect for him when I saw that. Now, every time I saw him, I don't know if anybody else had this happen to them, but every time I saw him, he said he had a, I have a pulled muscle in my back. Oh, every, yeah, yeah. Every, does, did he do that to he, you all the he, time? He uh, pulled it during uh, Crab Feast here, where they were doing a softball game, <laughs> all things comedy, and he decided that he was going to try and hit, and he pulled his oblique. Oblique. He pulled my <laughs> oblique. Yeah, but he brought it up for like six months. I mean, every like time I see him. It was like him, a year. A year of pulling his my oblique you know my oblique the CBD oil isn't working <laughs> he was just he was just uh, a person that always took time that always was kind and just was out there and always a blast to watch And I just know. remember uh, when, I, when I made me yeah. text you one of the things that made me text you when I text you was like I just remember when Brody uh, was talking to me and he was like Mo Ammer on Netflix. Yeah. Yes. And I was just like, that's so he's like promoting you too. It's so like I, he was he was like that though. He would like promote no not a lot of comics are out there yelling other comics' names. He was selfless, man. He it really was, was pretty awesome. He really was selfless and, and um you know, I never knew if he was serious, if he was you know, I and he was just like always performing. He was always there but always real at the same time and it's uh it's an honor to have known him, man. Well we love you guys for coming too, on. Thank man, you. Buddy. Thanks for coming to ATC. Peace. Who's next? Let's make another phone call and have the other guests come in. Are we gotta get to the baseball card game pretty soon? Because I know the fans are really looking forward to that. Oh, oh no. Let's let's go right to these guests because this guy right here is a powerhouse. He's a he's straight up. A, you know you know what we can call. You, What's that? We got Stephen Randolph here. He's in Brody U. Yeah. Um, we're the only two people. Proud we're ever in Brody U. We never Brody we never grat never. What's, what's Brody U? Uh, we were students in Brody's University of Learning <laughs> Comedy. No one ever graduates. No, I, I actually I was put on academic probation a lot of times. <laughs> I was kicked out of Brody U. Yeah, Brody is a tough university. Hey, it really is. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. We got like two year degrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brody told me this. He actually told me this. He said, uh, "If you work for me for one year." you will be able to work with anybody in the industry. And I was like, so I worked with Brody for six years, but it should have been three. <laughs> you want to yeah. know why? Because I was molested in a construction zone. That's great. That's his best joke. I love that joke. That's his so best joke. Funny. Um, Steven Randolph, he's a great guy. You want to call Danny Lucas real quick? And by the way, Lucas oh, yeah. Hurl's with, Lucas Hurl also a great guy from the comedy store, funny comic, newest I, I couldn't get into Brody you. I tried. Well, that's because you yeah. were you were you already being in, put into a paid regular. It's like you were. No, don't try to flatter me. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably because you're sane. He's a paid regular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and call Danny Lucas because Danny Lucas was the only professor in Brody U. Yeah, he was a professor. And still is. He yeah, yeah. He still is with like that overhead voice too. He's like yeah, the Captain god X. voice. Let's try to get a hold of Danny. He's on his couch eating a pizza right now. <laughs> That's what I Fucking Oligny, what do you want? You know, this isn't good timing. Come on, Danny. We'll get back to that. We'll go ahead and give you guys this time, and he'll call back, and if he does, we'll just get back to it. But I just I wanted mean, to give you guys the mics. Yeah, dude, I just, I would see him do the craziest crap on stage. Like, he'd bring a kettlebell up, and like, is he working out in the main room? 
<laughs> you know? And then also, he only did this in the last year or so, but when he thought he should have been on the marquee, he'd bring a slider up with him. Oh, yeah. And put it up on the stool and just perform next to his own slider. It was, And I lost it the first time I saw it. And then, yeah. It's amazing. Um, I, have, I have so many uh, Brody stories. Uh, just like, you know, working at the comedy store at the end of the night in the main room, Brody would do an hour every night. So like, I would just be like, I'll stay, I'll stay. You know, for the first two two years of working there, I just stayed every single night that he was on. And so I got to know him and like, it was a goal of mine to get to like become friends with Brody. And it's like a vetting process, you know? Oh, he's, just, every, he's like looking for excuses that to not be his friend. You know, he, he'll let you in, he's nice to everybody. But I went to Starbucks with them and I was like, I, it just, just little little things like that, but I I, I want to tell a, a very funny story about the first time I went on the road with him, and he fucking freaked out on me, and <laughs> and, and, and like it was like a sore subject. He even mentioned it in my wedding speech, like that we <laughs> we got through this. So it was all about trust with Brody. You get it. You either you get it or you don't get it. And we were driving about to go into the Arizona desert three years ago, and he goes, Stephen, I'm trusting you. I've never slept in the back seat of my car while someone else is driving. I'm gonna get rest. And I said, okay, and he goes, can I trust you to stop at the gas station at Blythe? It's the last one in before we get to Arizona. <laughs> I said, I promise you. He's like, you give me your word. I said, yes. So Brody goes to sleep in the back of his car. I'm driving his car. I'm listening to like Pandora, like Stone Temple Pilots, and I'm like, I'm on the road. I'm on the road with Brody. And I'm like jamming, getting into music. I'm like, I'm fucking on the road as a comic. And I forget about the gas station. And we're on a quarter of gas, and 40, like about 45 minutes later, we're deep into the desert. And I forget Brody's even the, in the back of the car. And I'm just like, just spaced out, you know, just driving on that, that one stretch of highway. And Brody just pops up. He's six foot three, so he looks, I'll never forget the look in the rear view mirror, looks at me, where the fuck are we? <laughs> and I go, oh shit. And he goes, where the fuck are we? And I just keep driving and he turns around and starts punching the seats of his car. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, pull over immediately. And he goes, we are going into the fucking desert. He goes, I can't believe this. So I get out of the car. We turn around. He goes, driver, passenger seat. So we drive back into Blythe and he's like screaming at me. And, he, and I start crying. And he goes, you're fucking crying? I've got a comedy store comic crying who wants to be a real comic. And I said, Brody, I'm sorry. He's like, you're sorry? You're sorry? He goes, this is the fucking road your job your, your job is to get us there what, what would have happened if we were going in the desert and there's no gas i'm like i don't know it would have been bad he's like death he's like i've come down here for 15 years i've never once made a u-turn this is a bad sign steven this is a fucking bad sign so i go i'm ubering home and he goes you're ubering home fucking uber home so he closes the door and then i'm just sitting out there crying he's like and he just rolls down the window he's like i can't believe you're crying you, you work at the comedy store you're crying <laughs> And so I, I get back in the car and like we, we, we get back in the car. We don't we don't talk the rest of the drive. He's just so disappointed. So I go and do my like opening spot. There's some local guy featuring. And then he just uses the time to talk about Blythe for his entire set at the Scottsdale show. So there's all these people. There's like 150 people there that paid to see comedy. And Brody just spent his time for 45 minutes talking about the importance of getting your gas, <laughs> Blythe, all this stuff. And, and people are like, what, what the fuck am I? Why did I just? I literally was in the back. Some dad was like, why am I paying for that? What the hell is this shit? It was just, it was, it was so beautiful. And then on, the, on that same trip. Brody always was like, I want to get chicks. Do chicks like me? 
there, there, he had fans that were willing to sleep with him at every show when we were on the road, and he didn't see it, and he was oblivious. Mm-hmm. And so we, we did uh, – no, this was a different – so we went to Rooster Tea Feathers, and there's like 30 or 40 people around him. He's talking to every single person, and there's these three girls that, that stayed afterwards. And they're like, so what are you doing afterwards? I'm like, yes, you know, and, and Brody's like going to get burgers with Steven. <laughs> and, and I'm like, dude, you know, like, but I couldn't override that. I couldn't be like, let's go get pussy, you know? And, and so I was like, damn, dude, this is not, you know, and Brody's like going to, and they're like, what are you doing for dessert? You know? And he's like, well, they have shakes at in and out And I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. And they're like, okay, after that, like our hotel's over there. He's like, oh, that's cool. Mine's like the opposite way. And so then after that, I'm like, dude, these girls are like, what's going on? He's like and the scene from Dumb and Dumber. It was the yeah. scene from Dumb and yeah. Dumber. And then there's this like chubby 16 year old kid that was just fanning out on him. And he's like, I- I'd like to go to burgers with you guys. And he goes, if you get permission from your parents, I'll take you for a burger. <laughs> and so the kid calls. He's like, no, it's the guy from the hangover. This guy from the hangover. So we go to in and out Burger with this kid. We're listening to ACDC. There's three girls back at this other hotel that wanted to sleep with Brody. And so we're, we're now going to in and out Burger. And this kid was like just blowing his mind. We get to in and out Burger. It, it was like it was a moment for it was like the moment we get to in and out Burger. And the guy around the corner goes, oh, my God, we've never had a celebrity here before. And he goes, you're in the hangover movies. Would you mind wearing the hat and taking a picture with me? So the the in and out workers taking pictures with us, giving us free food, and this 16-year-old kid's like tripping out. So then we go home and he's like, Steven, why don't I get chicks? (laughs) And I'm like, you don't those girls wanted to sleep with you, Brody. He's like, no, they just wanted to hang out at their hotel, you know? And I'm like, oh my God. So just (laughs) million stories like that, but you know. Well, your your wedding, the Sunday after we spent at the beach with him. Yeah, he gave a speech at my wedding. He gave a 25-minute speech that was longer than the ceremony. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with Steven. It How had, long it have I been up? Dodgers. Dodgers, Adam Egan, the lineups. Yeah. <laughs> Will he still be at the comedy store, yeah. baseball? Yeah. People we didn't, my family didn't know. They, oh, my God. <laughs> and the whole, the whole ride down to the beach, it was top-down convertible, and he's just going off about Trump. <laughs> and and like Judd Apatow on Twitter and he's like you know talking about Judd Apatow he's like you can't trust him he can't throw a baseball I remember thinking like that's his barometer for trust and he's like just watch he, this guy's in charge of comedy he can't throw a baseball and just went off it's like the most beautiful scenery we could have had and like he was just talking about Trump yeah, and that, the, that that's, that's perfect, Brody. The, the one last one, like it was kind of like, and I'll get out of here. And everybody wants to speak, but like he just didn't get if people liked him or not, or he never like really trusted. Like, do they really like me, or like do girls really like me? And one time he's like, you know, guys like Dalia, all those guys, you know, like do they do they like me? I said, and it just happened to be at the end of the night, I saw Dalia slip in to the Brody spot at the end of the night and watch half hour of his set just dying laughing. I said, Chris or Brody. Dalia was like watching half of your set last night for a half hour and laughing hysterically. He goes, yeah, I think he, he likes me. He's asked to go for coffee before. I said, you know, you got to start making friends with your peer group. Why, why don't you hang out with them? He goes, Steven, he's a coffee bean guy and I'm a Starbucks guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that's, that was it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that, what, what do you, you know? That's great. Was that? But I, but I, I love them. I'm going to get out of here. You know, I, I love you, Brody. You're one of my best friends ever. And you're just, it's, it's unfortunate now that everybody's going to get to see your genius because it's like I think the geniuses are cursed with like in their life like most people go what the fuck is this and then 
after society gets a little smarter, they see what it was. But we had a genius. At least they get to see it. Yeah, he, he was he was a genius. Yeah, they got to know it. You, you can't describe or you couldn't do his act. He was a genius. Well, you're you're very loved by Brody, uh, and I really I'm glad I got to be in Brody U with you. I'll yeah. always have that. With I'm you. glad we made up before. Lucas, thank you for coming on. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm definitely glad we made up before. Randolph, you got to be cool with Oligny. You got to be cool. So <laughs> we, we made up right it. before you passed. All right. Bye, guys. Okay. Jeez, that was unbelievable. Here we go. I'm gonna. You guys mind if I call one person real quick? Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you know Mike Turner from Phoenix? I don't. I don't know. Okay. Mike Turner runs uh, one of the shows down in Phoenix. Oh, never mind. Let's just go ahead and. Yeah. <laughs> he's not ready. Okay. Uh, we got Skylar Stone and Brent Morin in the house. Thank you guys for coming. Welcome to the Festival of Friendship. I'm going to give yeah. you guys the mics. Brent and I, we lived right by it, Brody, for yeah. a couple years, actually. Oh, yeah, Valley Boys. Valley yeah. Village. 818. Oh, yeah. He thought Valley Village was like the Beverly Hills of Los Angeles. <laughs> like, he yeah. was so, he was just proud of any neighborhood he ever lived in. And, like, some of the neighbors that he would brag about are nothing to brag about. Like, I live in Reseda. It is nothing to brag about. And he did, like, all the time. <laughs> I had to shoot a lot of videos with him there. And yeah, I, in Reseda. I, I saw yeah. that the, um, the Valley Vibes yeah. thing, right? Which is great, you know? Is that an yeah. ATC video? Yeah, it is ATC. And uh, Brian, Brian, I can't remember. I'm, I'm having a brain fart right now. I understand. Yeah. What is it? Brian Bercheski, thank you. I, I was having a brain fart. Thank you, em, Emma. Brian Bercheski helped us with the uh, Valley Vibes. He was the director, producer, and editor. Mm. I always liked that you could see Brody's thought process about, like, you know, he had a lot of mental health issues, and he had OCD for sure, and he had these OCD tendencies. And I've heard everybody on here so far talk about how when he would see you, you would hear a list of what he knew about you. You know, like Randolph was saying, like, you know, uh, former real estate, you know, and yeah. comes from, when he would see me, he'd say, Skyler, four kids, Reseda, his seed <laughs> works. It's why he lives in Reseda. <laughs> 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 so, which is funny because I only made two of my kids. The other two are stepkids, but I never corrected him because, you know, <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Yeah, he used to walk around uh, the valley all the time with his um, selfie stick periscoping. <laughs> At every, any hour. Like, you can get a good 10 minutes in with him for just an energy boost. I would always see him around with Rick Glassman. We'd be walking around the neighborhood, and you hear, you got it. <laughs> just coming across, like, around the corner. I go, oh, is Brody? Oh, there he is. And then the best was at night, because he had some light that he attached. Neighborhood that, watching neighborhoods yeah. I don't live in. <laughs> yeah, that was literally. And then he'd see me, Brent Morin, funny comedian, walking by. No time to <laughs> chat, apparently. You know? <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know that was you. He goes, moving on, TV star, yes. <laughs> You know, I think it's funny uh, with Brody when we did uh, our sitcom. We the first thing that me and Chris D'Elia and Ron Funches and, and all of us said was like, we want Brody Stevens to do the warm up for the audience. And Warner Brothers was like, no, we already have somebody that's you know they get paid. It's their living. And I was like, we were like, we really we changed the vibe. We're doing this live show. None of us know what the fuck we're doing. Is there any way we can get them? They're like. Warner Brothers, they let him do the periscope of our show. So he would, and it's a live show, and none of us studied. That's right. I remember now. Yeah, yeah. And he would be there an hour and a half early when literally, especially me and Chris, because we're fucking around the whole time, so we're not even memorizing. And he goes, here we are on the set. Fantastic. Look at Chris. Look at Brent. And we would give a look like we're not there. And he goes, <laughs> focused, not prepared. You know, just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we were fucking up so much. He would always come up right when we needed somebody to let us know this is not that serious like have fun and he changed the whole vibe of that place and it's funny i used to I, i'm sure people have told this story but when i first went to the store and i would hang out and 
all I was doing was no comedy clubs. Chris was the one who was like, dude, you got to watch this guy, Brody. I sat and I watched him late 1 a.m. when there's five, seven people in there. And it was a time where they had him like, he was doing 15 minutes. All the comics came to watch. Everybody's laughing so much. And they start chanting, Brody, Brody. And he ends up doing 45 because everybody's giving him, giving the spots up. My favorite moment, I don't know if it's ever discussed, but he looks up to the heavens like it's the end of a movie. And he goes, dreams do come true. <laughs> With there's seven people on a Tuesday at the comedy store. 45 Killing minutes. It. That. And then uh, when I was trying to get past, you would go and you'd feature in La Jolla and Brody was headlining and I went down there to feature for him and we're in the condo and I'll never forget we're about to do the show and he goes, big night. It's a big night, Brent. And he's all nervous and pacing. And, and I'm like, it's going to be great, man. You're going to kill. And he looks in this like mirror of this like shitty bar part at the old condo and he looks at himself and I don't think he was trying to be funny. He looks at himself. He goes, this is the biggest night of your life. <laughs> And I'm in the background, like, and I just instinctually went, well, it's not. Like, <laughs> I go, you've done much bigger things. This will be fine. He goes, biggest night of my life. <laughs> and of course he killed. It was fantastic. And the whole time, though, he kept asking, was it okay? Did they laugh? Did they leave? I was like, no one left. They loved it. I was like, dude, you're hilarious. What are you talking about? I don't know. That's he was one of those people that, like, you know, uh, there's, well, there's a lot of comics in the history of comedy that, like, are always on. And some people pull it off and some people don't. Yeah. He pulled it off. I mean, he couldn't. This is the last thing he ever sent me. This has just hit me. I had said, um, I sent him a, a note saying, can you do my show tonight? Can you close it out as a special guest? This was and I sent him a dick pic. <laughs> this was January 17th. He said, I'd love to, but I'm in Chicago. Dang, thanks for asking, Skyler. So I shot a message back saying, don't worry, I got a slew of dates coming in February. So he sends me an audio note, and this is what he said. Nice to hear. Keep me in the mix. Love to swing by. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, most people just say cool or K. Like he just has to like carry the brand. Yeah. Even he, in responding he stamps to a, it with the you got a it. A spot offer, you know? So it was unbelievable. Great. You guys were great. Thank you very oh, much. For Thank coming. you very much. Yeah. All right. We're gonna call now we got we got a chance now. We can call Mike Turner. Uh Mike Turner and Anwar Newton were at the All Things Comedy Festival and they were on the uh the revival of the Festival of Friendship. So let's get a call to him. Eric. Mike Turner, you're on the Festival of Friendship, the Stephen Brody Stevens tribute. Love it. You got it. I, uh, yeah, I wanted to call in. I have my perspective is a little unique just because I'm an out of town guy. I see everybody talking about what he meant to them in Los Angeles and, you know, some bigger markets. And, you know, when he came to Phoenix, it was always the same thing. It was consistent everywhere. He, uh, he definitely made me feel like somebody, you know, uh, a big name like that reaching out to a dude on a in a smaller market really means the world. It meant the world to me the first time I saw him. I'll never forget it. I went to work the next day and I had everybody there. I had by the end of the night six to ten people all come to the show that night because they had to go see Brody Stevens. It was one of the most unique sets I've ever seen. And um, you know, and Eric, you were there at All Things Comedy Festival uh, last. October in Phoenix and you guys had the best bro one of the best Brody moments I've seen where he almost attacked that guy it was it was amazing and I'm, I'm and we're scrambling it's this week sucks tonight we're doing the all things comedy fest and we're the only local show on there and I wanted to get some big names and the Scalar brothers got on and I'm looking for somebody else and I'm walking around and I run into Brody I'm like Brody we got a show going on in 30 minutes can you jump on 
he says, you know, of course he's, you know, so gracious when a lot of people in that position might not be jumps on and it's a little bit more of a reckless show. There's some crowd work involved and a little bit looser, which is perfect for Brody. Some guy in the front row, negative energy, arms crossed, negative attack mode. And, uh, Brody stood his ground. The guy was so drunk at the time, he thought it was a good idea to, you know, clap back at him. He ended up getting to a point and getting Brody and him back and forth enough where he flicked him off. And we have a beautiful image. We caught a picture of Brody getting in this guy's face while this guy's got the middle finger going to him. And Brody was the one, you know, preaching positive energy, positive push, and, and not letting it, you know, take, take the show down. And it didn't. If anything, it elevated it to a point that nobody knew comedy could get to. And he told that, and, and he told that guy, "You just don't fucking get it." And it was beautiful. It was, it was awesome. It was beautiful. So I, I just miss him so much. He was going to be on our last. Uh, we're moving our venue, and he was going to be on the show this coming Thursday. He was going to be in Phoenix. So it's just so sad to. Well, you, uh, it's you sad got, when yeah. you guys have great shows, and you guys uh, always took care of Brody. Always showed him love, and that's why I wanted to get you on here. To show you know, you're very important and he to loved- him. And he loved Arizona, Arizona State University, baby. You got it. When he it. came to Arizona, he didn't do the L.A. and Reseda Ventura stuff. He talked about Arizona and his college days the same way he talked about L.A. So I'm going to miss him. Uh, love you, Eric. Appreciate you getting me on. And God bless Brody. Yeah, love you too, buddy. Thank you for calling in. Okay, so right. now now we have uh, Emma. You can tell Joe. I'm going to call him back after the next two guests. And uh, with on me now is we got Esther Koo and we got Kurt Metzger. Thanks for joining us, guys. Eric oh, yeah. Oligny, Festival of Friendship. Yes. <laughs> yes, positive energy. Uh, Brody was just so freaking funny, and I'm sorry for your loss of a friend, our friend. Everyone lost him, and that's what's weird. Is we all say sorry because we want, but hey, we all lost. Because we all want, like he just. Everybody loved him. Like mm-hmm. people loved him. His fans loved him. His friends loved him. One time, I was like air drumming on Periscope to Def Leppard, and one of his fans was in my room, and they were like, "You're stealing that from Brody Stevens." <laughs> <laughs> like everybody came to defend him, and it was amazing. Um, I actually wrote something if I can read it. Yeah, you feel more than free. Yeah, if you mind. Uh, not at all. Uh, this that's what this is for. It's to get it out, and if it's not like ten pages. No. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote an essay. I wrote an essay for Brody. Okay. Um, Brody Stevens was the kind of comedian you would watch standing at the doorway, and within a minute, you would go inside the room and take a seat. The first time I saw him, he got off stage, and I told him, you're so funny, which he knew because I laughed at everything he said. Brody Stevens is going to miss me laughing in the back of the room. He was so nice to me, and I wanted to be nice back to him. So I brought him back to my place, and I wanted to give him the all-inclusive Orchid Day Spa package. As soon as I closed my bedroom door, I took my winter coat off and he took his pants off, pulled his penis out and yelled, enjoy it. (laughs) I just started laughing and then he started laughing. Then things got serious and we started to concentrate. I slid my finger in his back door and he yelled, there it is. I do that move all the time. And now that 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 was the only time someone reacted like that. And once he was inside me, he kept yelling, positive push, over and over again. (laughs) Once he was done with the front, I flipped over and said, stick in the back. He retorted enthusiastic, you got it. (laughs) That was the first time I met him. I didn't know those were his catchphrases. And I kept saying, shh, my roommates are going to hear you. But now I wish I had never said shh. I got to say that. I didn't know, bro. I thought I almost okay, thought. No. <laughs> that didn't really happen, but I was just wanted to. Was that erotic Brody fan? I really. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm, I got a partial. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty heavy. So 
But no, thank you. I just wrote that in homage to him. I didn't I mean it. to disrespect him if anybody thought it was disrespectful. Not at all. I don't this think is it's disrespectful at all. There's nothing disrespectful about it. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah, but he, by the way, Brody was like a really, because crowd warm up, I, the time I've been doing comedy, it's considered like, you know, the, a very necessary but like hacky kind of thing. And Brody was such an original, like he was one of the kind of people that did that that you would want to watch his regular comedy. Oh, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, and, because you have to cheese it up when you do crowd work. Well, first time I saw him was on Premium Blend I, when I, like I started. And I just remember him saying, damn it. And they go, that's right. Brody Stevens said, damn it. Like, <laughs> and uh, the next thing he was doing warm up on a gong show when Attell had like a, it's like a remake of the gong show with Attell. And Brody was a crowd. I was so excited that he was a warm up guy. And he had that thing where like, you'd be like, dude, that was great. And he wouldn't believe you. Like he would look like he couldn't believe that. But uh, dude, that picture thing he would do, where he'd put up, uh, it'd be him, me and Bruce Willis, and like me and Tom Cruise, and like Brody Stevens in a wheelchair. <laughs> uh, I, I never saw anybody do like such an interesting thing. And, I, and I've seen him get crowds that nobody, like, you know, were, oh, what was that comedy store thing with, for the fires? It was like a charity event. But I mean, I fucking tanked on it. I thought it was going to be the... Oh, you're talking about at the, uh, it was at a different Dr. club. Dr. Drew was there or something? Yeah, it was at a different club. It wasn't at the comedy store. Brody's the only one who had the move to get, like, he just got the whole, he got off the stage and walked around and we talked to every single, and just, like, completely penetrated, like, that impenetrable crowd. And he, he really just had, like, a, I don't know if it was, like, a manic skill, but it was, like, just nat- like natural. He's just naturally funny. Thank you guys for coming. I mean, that's... Brody Brody meant a lot to everybody and uh, it's nice to it's actually been really easy to uh, just communicate with everybody today everyone's been great um, it's weird like to have this many people and to be trying to like keep it in kind of a organized mess it's been really organized for comics today I gotta say <laughs> so I'm impressed with all of you Kurt thanks for I coming I think Brody on, is teaching Esther. us all to be nicer to each other because this business can be really tough on us and him being nice to everybody at every level. He has friends, young and old, you know, from 20 years ago to just a year ago. And I think it teaches us all to be a little nicer to each other and uh, yell out each other's credits when we see each other. Weather Channel. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having us. No, thank you very much for coming on. You guys were great. Thank you. Love you. Okay, um, we're going to call Joe Bartnick now. Emma, am I cool to call Joe Bartnick? Yeah. Let's do that. Let's call Joe. Hello? Joe Bartnick, you're on the Festival of Friendship, Stephen Brody Stevens tribute. Hey, what's going on? It's a Florida number. Oh, yeah. It's A13 till I die. I wasn't going to answer because I figured it was one of the 15 people looking for money that they're never going to get. And that usually comes from Florida, so that's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I just wanted to say that um, Brody was the best of the only two things that matter in comedy. He was uh, always funny, and he was always nice. And that's all you can say about the guy. He was always funny, and he was always nice. And that's all I wanted to say. I hope everybody has a nice uh, friendship day, and I love Brody Stevens as I'm sure you guys all do. So that's it. I don't want to waste anybody, any more of anybody's time. You're not wasting anybody's time, Joe. We, uh, we love you here at All Things Comedy. You obviously have a podcast here, and we, you know, you're, you're a really great guy to everyone. Uh, so we appreciate you calling in and sharing your positivity about Brody. All right. Well, everybody, uh, be safe and, and love each other. And I'll be, I'm coming out for the, uh, the memorial, unfortunately. So um, everyone be safe until then and love each other and uh, positive push. You got it. 
Please. Thanks, Joe. Um, here we go. And okay, so after these guests, after these two guests, I want to get the baseball card game in because I know the fans are going to be going crazy about that. Is, do we have Aaron in studio? Okay, Emma's going to go get Aaron, so we'll have the baseball card game next. So Mark Ellis and Aaron uh, Brunghart will be the next guest. But right now we have the house pianist of the comedy store, Mr. Jeffrey Scott. Yes. You got it. And Jessica Wellington, the first ever door girl guy. (laughs) We're we're being progressive. Door person. Door Door person. person. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us on the Festival of Friendship tribute to Brody. You know, this has been great so far. Um, I, you know, sorry to put that pressure on so far. I didn't mean to. Oh yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> here no, you I'm go. It's yours. Thank, thank you. you so much, and goodbye. <laughs> Do you know the uh, the one time that I hung out with Brody outside of the club? Right here. Oh I yeah, did, I did his podcast. Jeff was on the Feng Festival Chow. of Friendship with Feng Chao, the Chinaman. Yeah. Uh, recently. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, this is what Brody looks like during the daytime. Ah. Pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. I was trying to explain it to somebody. And I said he was not a character, but he was a character. I mean, he was not putting anything on. He was the same guy on and off stage. He was half stuck in know. a stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was, I was very happy and honored that I got to do his podcast. That was great. And now you get to be on his final podcast, uh, tributing to him. Tributing to him. I used to love sitting backstage in the main room. I took a video, actually. Shh. I took a video Everyone of like did, yeah. two, two weeks ago on Saturday, not knowing that'd be the last one, and uh, from backstage, just behind the red curtains in the main room, watching over his shoulder so I could see the view of the people's faces, you know, knowing what he was about to say or not knowing, usually with Brody. And uh, God, that was just, it was awesome. I have to be honest that uh, when I first got here, I was one of those assholes that did, did not get Brody at first. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I saw him at Flappers, and I was brand new here, right? And then those like maybe seven, six, seven people in the audience, and I'm up front because they all made us move up front so they could have front row full, you know? And then I just went home, and I was like, why was that guy yelling at me? <laughs> like, I was so like bright-eyed, like, this is going to be the best, you know? And uh, I just, I didn't get it at first. But then you work at the comedy store and he was a breath of fresh air at the end of the night when you, you know, go down to one door guy and you're sitting there watching and you've been through all these comics. And not that you don't love all of them, uh, but he was different. Way different. And you know what's funny is you didn't get him at first, but now when Brody was on stage... You would hear either your laugh or your yeah. laugh, or, or also Stuart Thompson. They all three have these distinctive laughs. And then whenever Jessica would laugh in the main room, Brody would be like, "That's Jessica Wellington." And I yeah, just, he I called that. me out yeah. so a couple contagious. times. You know, one thing I like really loved, and all of us would watch it, would be at when Brody closed out the main room at the end of the night, and Don Barris would come in and sit, and the audience had no idea that that was a comic. And they would just play as if that was Don was just a person in the audience asking, uh, yes, I have a question. Why are you so stupid? <laughs> you, you don't attack me. I'm, I'm on the marquee. You, you know? I love when he would play with Don and he'd be in the back of the OR and he'll just light his face. Like, 
<laughs> but yeah, what? Uh, where would you find jungle. another comic that was like genuinely happy for other comics? Yeah, like he really yeah. was. At the end of the night, I'd come in or be working the you know the main room at night, and he's like Jessica Wellington, the mule. You know, she was something like Clint Eastwood. You know, and I'm like, can we reenact it, Brody? He never let me. But um, <laughs> you know, he I, was happy for everybody. I think you should reenact this next time you're on stage. You should reenact your scene from the mule in tribute to Brody. <laughs> oh, I, I would. I'd do it right now. It's pretty much just. I'll be the mule. Oh damn! Well, there you guys go. You just—you <laughs> don't even have to go see the mule now. That was amazing. I just—I watched the movie in one second. I was like, "Whoa, that's a great Thanks, movie." Pops. I will just say though, in in the 23 years that I've been there, there is not one single comic that has been quoted more than Brody Stevens. I've done it on Every, stage. The two most popular impressions at the comedy store. Yeah. Brody Stevens and a name not to be mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that, Olivia. You don't do that. This is about my memorial, not his. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate you guys coming on. You're, Thank you. You're Bobby. fucking love you. You know the love line. you, Brody. Love you. Thank yes. you so much. Enjoy it. You got it. We're about to play the baseball card game. We got Aaron. We got Mark Ellis. Where are we at? There he is. Mark, you said you brought. Now, Mark, you said you brought two fresh packs. I think that would be cool if we opened. Yeah, I got those. two fresh packs of cards in honor of Brody. Uh, That's you, what I'm talking like, about. I, uh, it, it's it's so rare that you get a bunch of comics together like this in the daytime for anything. Mm-hmm. And P, I see so many people from the comedy store here, and so you always associate the comedy store as being this magical building that has superpowers that it feels like home to comedians, no matter what cut of comedy you come from. And the reason why the comedy store is that is not because the building has some curse placed on it. It's not because the building was blessed by a shaman. It's because there's people like Brody Stevens that come through it and stay there and aren't there just for their own gain. They're there to nurture it, and they're there to help every comic that has come before them, during them, and since them to make them feel welcome there. And that's the reason why, like, we can all admit nobody in this room (laughs) is going to show up for most comics memorials during a daytime to wait around just to do five minutes on a podcast. That's the special thing about Brody Stevens. And whether any comic wants to admit it or not, it may have been a year, it may have been a month, a week, or even one set, you talked like Brody Stevens on stage. At least one time. Usually when you were doing the potluck. You know, like one of the earliest jokes I remember doing, I remember thinking as I'm doing it, I'm like, oh no, I'm doing this in Brody's <laughs> cadence. It was like... Um, I went to college for four years. I'm jealous of kids that go to DeVry. Thank you. <laughs> and then you need to get off stage and have somebody else tell you. It was like, dude, that's a, that's yeah, you your Brodyism. <laughs> you did it like Brody. Yeah. So um, does anybody remember in the early days of Periscope when Periscope was like at its peak? Brody was walking around the valley and there was like a there was like a shooter on a roof and he had a gun. And Brody was periscoping it. And so Brody started trending on Twitter because Brody was giving updates with his selfie stick. And he kept getting closer to where the guy was. And so people, like, people did not know comedy or know Brody. They were tweeting Brody Stevens, like, where are you? And he'd be periscoping up, I'm within a block of the perp. And he just kept inching closer and closer to the police barricade. So that night when we saw him, it was like Brody foiled a, a major shooting. He did feel like he was the periscope scanner for the police like you could just watch periscope and get a lot of the updates for la oh he was he was the best Aaron, do you have anything about to say you want to say about brody and then we'll go into the baseball card game? i mean i've shared these stories online um the first time i saw brody was at m bar uh at a small show my friend was running and uh 
Zach Galifianakis, the f- most famous, easiest to recognize celebrity in Hollywood, comes in like in disguise because he's got to see Broad on stage. He's he sh- he literally shaved the beard like it was nuts. He shaved the beard. He's wearing a visor. Just sneaks in the back of the room, watches him for you know most of his set, and then pops out so no one can you know hassle him on the way out. And then afterwards, Brody is. Um, He's kind of lamenting, like, I don't know how people are going to handle, like, how people are going to take, enjoy it, if they're going to like him or not. And I hadn't even introduced myself to him yet. He didn't even know my name at this point. And I'm eavesdropping on this conversation. He's having it with a friend of mine, so I'm kind of peripherally, and there's not, like, a lot of people around. And I just go, bro, everyone loves you. And this, this whole thing can't, can't demonstrate that more, you know? It's it's insane. He loved you a lot, Aaron. He, yeah. He uh, he loved when you would uh, kick our asses in the baseball card game. <laughs> he would cheer harder when you won. I felt like he yeah. liked watching me just get de- decimated in it. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're gonna open these packs up and see what we got. I mean, I went I went old school. Oh, these just, are when you become an adult with any sort of disposable income and you don't want to start a family, you go on eBay <laughs> and you get old things that were that you really wanted but you couldn't afford when you were a little kid. And so for me, I got an unopened box of '86 Donruss and an unopened open box of 89 upper deck so 86 Don Russ could in fact have the Jose Canseco rookie card oh. which was like the holy grail when I was a kid yeah, and yeah. 89 upper deck could have Ken Griffey Jr. and I don't know if it's the day it feels a little magical maybe we get some luck like that I think we're gonna have some luck tonight so I'm gonna explain the but Brody hated explaining the baseball card game he never did yeah, and people yeah. would just go into it confused and I always felt like it would be better to maybe explain it a little <laughs> bit I always told him, maybe explain just a little bit so you get a guess as to what the card's going to be. You get one guess, and then we go around, and you ask questions about the player, try to narrow it down. And eventually, Aaron's going to get it. So, <laughs> and we have to guess the position, uh, the You can do it. At, like, the first, you yeah, just guess a name. You, okay. And so then after, after both of you guess a name, you can ask questions, and I will try to do my best at being Brody and being very <laughs> elusive. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and uh, start off with you, Aaron. Uh, let's go Andre Dawson. Ooh, I would say good guess mm. somewhere in, in one of the ballparks somewhere. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, in honor of Brody, I will also do a Chicago cup. Ryan Sandberg. Ooh, not such a good guess. No. <laughs> Why um, was mine a horrible guess? We'll find out that later. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, it's a black okay. guy. He's okay. African American. Oh, whoa, see, okay. you're playing the baseball go. card game. Yes. yes, you got it. You're yes. doing it right. <laughs> He's feeling the energies, Aaron. I think he might beat you. Okay. Is he is he also an outfielder? No, he is not an no, outfielder. Not. Okay. Do you have any you have a guess? Oof. They're all out everyone in my head is an outfielder. Um, Eddie know. Murray. Ooh. I like that guess. Orioles fan. Well, see, it would be a good guess, but we already figured out that he's black. So Eddie Murray's black. Yeah. But definitely black. an infielder. Yeah. But he's an infielder, so or not, it's not a good guess. Mark. Um, Wait, you said he was. No, I said he wasn't. He's an outfielder. No, he's not an outfielder. He's so he's a, an infielder. No, I guess he is. He, I don't consider pitchers infielders. So he's a pitcher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're playing the baseball card. Yeah, here. we are. Um... I got I got nothing. Does he play for the A's? No. Okay. Nothing? You're not even going to just take a stab in the dark? And, uh, are you going to give the year? Well, 19, it's 80, 1986. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1986. That would have helped you, too. Sorry about that. I should have. I'll say oh, Ro- it's okay. Roberto Kelly. Oh. No. 
Aaron? Uh, okay. So he's not on the A's. No. So it's not Dave Stewart. It is not Dave Stewart. Okay. But you know he's a pitcher. You know he's black. Mm-hmm. Do you want to ask any other questions before you guess a name and just try to rush it, Aaron? Um, is he right-handed? Ooh, I don't know that answer. It no, should say it on the card. <laughs> <laughs> I have bad eyes, man. I don't know. Hey, okay. Dwight, Does, Dwight Gooden, what is he, right, left, right, left? He's right-handed. Yeah, that's how you play the baseball. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a diamond <laughs> king. Right. Yeah, we're going to play it. We're going to play it another one because uh, actually, here we go. Mark, you want to you play? You want to have Aaron and I play against sure. each other? Yeah. Pick I also card. have this box right. of my cards that I brought. As you can see, it's in uh, this is how it works. This is a box for a three-piece po- three porcelain bathroom set that my mother had. It's a nice pick a box. It's uh, yeah. I took all the valuable cards out. So we'd usually, when we were uh, looking for a card, we'd usually say you should go watch Valley Vibes on YouTube, and mm-hmm. you should do that. And you should also go to the main room special um, for Brody. Go on yep. Amazon and just go watch it and enjoy it. And enjoy it. And then uh, also, yeah, it's Comedy Central show, which is also on HBO or whatever. I don't, what, what platform is it on now? It's on Hulu, Amazon, what? I don't know. Comedycentral.com. Comedycentral.com. CC.com. It is... Uh, that is the best dramedy I think Comedy Central has ever put out. Or even, I, I love the show. It's just amazing. And you can see a little bit about mental health and stuff. So, we got a card yet, Mark? Yeah, this is, may, this is probably the worst pack of cards I've ever opened in my life. There's, like, there's nobody recognizable at all. Why are you being I found negative, one. Mark? found a picture of one, so um, I'll give you guys a little hint to make the game go by faster. North of the border. Ooh. North of the wall. Okay. All I could think was Felipe Esparza immediately. <laughs> North of the border, not south. North of the border. Oh, uh, uh, Larry Walker. Incorrect. Okay. Wilfredo Cordero. Uh, that is incorrect. Wait, okay, so I'll give you another hint this, every time you guys miss. American League East. Okay. Hmm. Is he? A, is he on the Toronto Blue Jays? He is on the Toronto Blue okay. Jays. In 89. 86. 86. 89, sorry. 86. 89, 89 yeah. 87. Okay. Uh, Fred 91. McGriff. Ladies and gentlemen. That's how you play the baseball card game. Of the Brody game, and you win a Fred McGriff card. Actually, you can have the rest, too, because I guarantee you that card's worth a little bit. These are worth <laughs> nothing right there. Okay, let's play, let's play one more. I got okay. one more. Oh, I got one more card. Okay, so this will be the, fi- the final baseball card game and uh, a tribute to Brody Stevens. This, this is one of my favorite things I've ever seen on a podcast. I don't know why. It was just so funny <laughs> to see him just get so excited about people getting the question right. Even yeah. if he had to dig for an hour to get it, <laughs> he would just be like, you got it. That's how you play the baseball card game. And it's just yeah. so much fun. So here it is. Um, Aaron, do you have a guess? Uh, Felipe Alou. Ooh, that's not a good guess. What's the ballpark here these are from? Uh, this one is from 2015. 2015, wow. Okay. Uh, Bryce Harper. Ooh, not a bad guess. Not a bad guess. Not a good one, but not a bad one. Okay. Aaron, Ooh. do you have any questions? Okay. Uh, is he an outfielder? He is not an outfielder. Do you have a guess? Uh, 2015, uh, Daniel Murphy. Ooh, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> All right, so Mark, he's not, not an outfielder. Not an outfielder. 
Okay. Would you um, like to take a guess at what position he's in? I'm going to guess pitcher. He is a pitcher. Okay. Um, I am going to guess Clayton Kershaw. Ooh, that is such a good guess. Hmm. He's, I'll give you that hint. He's friends with Clayton Kershaw. Hmm. Aaron, um, do you have any questions? Yes. Uh, what, what college did he attend? Arizona State University. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I can name anyone who went there. I only know one pitcher that went to ASU. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Barry Bonds. Oh, that was a terrible guess. Yes. Uh, again, I, I don't know any pitchers that went to Arizona State besides Brody. And Is it Brody? That's Steven? how you play there the baseball is. card game. There it is. Wow. Steven, Brody Stevens. There we go. Former pitcher who played baseball at Arizona State, Stevens found his calling as a stand-up comedian in Seattle before excelling in the clubs of New York and Los Angeles. He made his first appearance on Late Night with Conan O'Brien in 1999, which helped open doors to multiple other TV appearances. His personal website, BrodyStevens.com, includes the quip, If you can read this, you can read. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me pop in, Eric. I appreciate it, bud. That guy, guys, I'm glad we can end it that way. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming in. Uh, one of the, I just want to say too, one of the great joys of my life was being able to play catch uh, with Brody at the home run derby for the crab feast. And uh, at the very end of it, I, I, it took me a while to remember this, but he said, I like playing catch with you. You know what you're doing. And I, I mean, that's just the, that greatest, means the, world, that's yeah. the greatest thrill. He wouldn't play catch with me. Yeah, yeah. First time I played catch with Brody, I was like, he's not. He's not messing around. Oh, no. He like, we're he... not having a catch like the end of Field of Dreams. This is like, this guy's working out for the big leagues. He did not trust me to play catch because I think he felt like he would break me when he throws that ball. <laughs> he, he, had, he still had some heat. I'm good at baseball, but he just didn't, he didn't want to throw it at me. Yeah. And I feel like I, my father, like as a young kid. <laughs> it hurt. I never hurt. got to play catch with Brody. You guys were great. Thank you. For Thank you, Eric. Thanks. Appreciate it, bud. Oh, that's yours, Mark. Really? Yeah. You won the baseball card game. And if, it, if Mary gets mad that I gave it away, well, I'll just have to It'll tell her safe. to suck it It'll up. It'll be safe. We ready for our next guest here? We got, who do we got next? I'm going to, we'll start rolling through these guests. Uh, we got the final baseball card game done. I hope the fans enjoyed it. And if you didn't, I'm sorry for your uh, loss there. Sarah Weinshank, who's your other person with you? Is everybody running away know. from you? Somebody else hop. Somebody else hop <laughs> in here. Curtis up. Nelson. It's fine. No, you needed to partner up. You've been a, you've been a rock at the comedy store. You've been helping so many people. Um, me, Mary Stevens. I mean, you've been really. Mary, you changed the way Mary Stevens was feeling about this whole thing, and we love you for it. That really means a lot because I love Mary Stevens. I love you. I think that um, I'm really proud of the way that you're keeping it together. Somebody needs to. I've been smoking a lot of weed on this. I've been smoking a lot of everything. You want to hit, um, vape pen? I'm okay. <laughs> I don't want to get too stoned. I have a tendency to do that. So I want to. I have a list of stuff. I don't know. I don't want to hog the time. No, look through your list. I'm going to introduce. I'm going to introduce okay. other. Okay. Uh, we got Sarah Weinshank here. She's, you know, obviously everyone knows Sarah from the Death Squad and Brody and all that. And then we have somebody who's a little bit behind the scenes. And Brody loved him and would always go up to him and just. We have one of the funniest stories I think at the comedy store. He'll share with you later. This is Curtis Nelson. He's a manager and also he used to be a bouncer at the comedy store. That's right. 
Okay. You got it. You ready to go, Sarah? Yes. There okay. you go. The mic is all yours. So here are some things. It's a really like disorganized list. I'll just read you. What Brody I was a little disorganized, so uh, keep with it. Okay, so Brody came on my podcast, and it's a fashion podcast. <laughs> 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 and um, I didn't know how it was going to go. Because I was like, is he going to want to talk about fashion with me? (laughs) (laughs) And I sat down and I started talking to him. And he said, I like Sperry Topsiders. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I like Sperry Topsiders and Izod Polos. Um, I'm from the Valley. My area code's 818. I grew up in Encino. So when I first came to the comedy store, I met Brody on Kill Tony when I was a regular on Kill Tony. And he was like one of the first older comics to really accept me. And it was really special because he would name these streets that I like grew up on. He would be like, Lindsley, you got it. Like these really obscure like valley references that like that's my home. Like it just really, really is affecting me, and I'm just trying to be positive. Okay, so then also when he was on the podcast, my favorite part of it is he starts saying, he goes, pornography started in the valley. Pot started in the valley. Valley talk, gag me with a spoon. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. And so um, he also, I found a clip of him saying, Comedians like me. I'm a protected species. Um, he, I did that cult sketch with him. He didn't like cults, but he came out to do the sketch to hang out with his friends. We filmed it in the valley. And um, I saw him inside, and I was like, Brody, why are you out here with everyone? I don't like cults. They kind of freak me out. They're not really my thing. But when the goat gets here, I'm going to come out and I'm going to be hanging with everybody. <laughs> he, was, he found out that there was going to be a goat on the sketch because he loved animals so much. So then sure enough, this like meth head from like fucking the Inland Empire comes with her goat and it's like out of control. The goat, she can't contain the goat. Nobody can contain the goat. Brody, for some reason, can contain this goat. And everyone's standing around Brody and he's just holding this goat. And it's the most whimsical thing you've ever seen. Like, he just was, like, such a sweet person. And I think he was so sensitive. And I think that it was just too much, you know? And, like, I think that a lot of times really sensitive people uh, understand animals. Um, I don't know. Anyways, well put. I just want to say one more thing. You really Barbara Walters me there. Sorry. <laughs> I have this list, and I know people want to talk, so... There's, I found this other clip of him saying to me, I was like, I don't know. I don't feel like doing social media, really. And he goes, you got to do it. This is the major league, Sarah. <laughs> um, At least you never got sent down to the minors. Yeah, I'm done. I'm out of words. I'm sad, but yeah. Thank, Thank you, Sarah. You. We Thank love you. you. Thank you. I love everyone. How you doing, Eric? Um, honestly, it's been a great time. It's been really it's been awesome to hear all these stories and I thought it was going to be a lot tougher and a lot more chaotic with comics. Cause you know, comics can be disorganized at all times um, but like, uh, and it's amazing how organized everyone is today. I feel like Brody was in everybody's head just being like, don't F this up. <laughs> and everyone's like been great. And just the rotation, it's been awesome. But Curtis, I want to hear from you. I, you got one of my, 
all-time favorite Brody moments at the comedy <clears throat> store. And I think you should tell the story because you were the most involved. <laughs> well, Eric was involved as well. And uh, just to probably, uh, I guess, in order to tell the story, everybody needs to know if it's not been said already. Um, of course, Brody loved baseball, but part of loving baseball for Brody was if you open the trunk of his car at any time, he would have swag or baseball bats and balls and mitts. I mean, he had everything in the back of his car. One time I think I saw catcher's gear. I'm like, what the fuck? You got catcher's gear in, your, in, the back in case of your Aaron car. wants to play catch. <laughs> so we identified on that level, the two of us, you know, I mean, um, every once in a while, there was one time we'd come in the main room late at night and he's been on for 45 minutes or something like that. And he would, Notice me there, and he, Curtis plays baseball. He gets it, you know, and that. So, you know, you love stuff like that. And how do you not love Brody? But before I became uh, assistant GM at the comedy store, I was a security guard there for uh, quite a while. And um, in, in doing security work, you're obviously always running into uh, strange individuals at the comedy store and having to escort strange individuals out. And one night we're in the back of the parking lot, and I was out by the back door, and um, Brody was showing Eric and Jeff Richards. They was giving us stuff out of his trunk. Right. So he was giving you guys some things out of the trunk of his car. Well, this guy just walks up the driveway, goes on the opposite side of the car, and then starts walking up the concrete side part of the hill. And if you don't know, the comedy store is this giant hillside on the back side of it. And then one way to keep the hillside from coming down on the comedy store, they have these um, railroad ties stacked up about 12 feet that they've built up from three feet to 12, four feet, more and more. And it's just gotten bigger and bigger to keep the mountain from falling on the comedy store. So this guy walks up this hill, starts walking on top of these 12 foot, you know, ties walking and he goes behind the comedy store. We have this big gate. So I just see all this and I run over there real quick and I jump over the fence and, and as I'm scaling this 12 foot fence and running for this guy who we don't know who he is, if he has a weapon, if he's done anything, he's got anything dirty on his mind. And, uh, I just jump the fence and as I'm jumping the fence, I hear Brody go get him, Curtis, you got it. <laughs> and I come bouncing over the fence and I, I, I capture the guy in the back and he's in sacred ground and I tackle the guy from behind and I just hold him on the ground. And I'm asking the guy different questions like, what are you thinking and things like that. And the next thing I see are these footsteps in front of me and it's Brody standing over the top of me. And he goes, you got him, Curtis. Good job. <laughs> and then just other supportive gestures of you know, <laughs> quotes and stuff. And I'm like, Brody. And I look up and he's got a, a Louisville Slugger baseball bat and he's got it slung over his shoulder. We're here for you. Things like that. And that we, we resolve the issue. But then later, I think the best part of the story is what you witness to be honest with you because Brody has all this baseball gear in the back of his trunk of his car not only does he have the baseball bat that he brought back out but he has the baseball bat with a, a bat donut on it and it's a weighted donut that you, that you swing around and you know it's something the guy would use when you're on the hole or in in, in the hole to go up to bat and so he sees me scale the fence, says what he does, and I kind of got to step up because what you and Jeff tell me he does is, does is, is he, uh, he pulls the bat, he reaches in, pulls the bat out of the car, and then he actually takes a, a swing, a couple, a couple practice swings like that, taps the donut off, and he goes, let's go. And then he, just, <laughs> and he goes back there, and he, and he comes and My helps out. It's just hilarious. And he just runs back there, and Brody is that kind of guy. Brody was there for everybody, and um, he's going to be missed by the com comedy store employees especially. I mean, I, I think it needs to be said as the assistant GM, I think I need to say and speak up for all the employees there that we spend a lot of hours with this guy just like everybody else. And – 
I think it's really taken everybody for surprise how much we've been affected by the loss of Brody. And, you know, I mean, we spend 45 minutes to an hour watching him, but then maybe 45 minutes an hour almost every night talking to him or at least having him be something in the comedy store that, and he was the heart and the soul of the comedy store. And well, I haven't said, I probably haven't said it enough today, but, uh, for everyone out there, the comedy store is a very important place to Brody too. Right. It's just such an, it's an important place to every comic. Cause it's, it's real comics. It's like there, and it's no bullshit. You're not going to, you're not going to get through with some garbage. Mm-hmm. You have to be good at the comedy store to right. stick in and to fit in. Um, and got a lot of people calling in. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, what I'm saying is, is that uh, we want we thank you. Like the comedy store has been such a great place. You were great to Brody, and uh, you gave me that moment, which that moment is to me is one of those just magic moments where it's watch him be Brody. So in a moment when it's dangerous, yeah, when it's so Brody, I was like, it's wow, so Brody. this is dangerous, but so funny. Yeah, and he was and he was ready to get down. I'm pretty sure too. So. Oh, he was ready to crack heads. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, he loved you a lot, Eric, and I appreciate you doing this in the last show. And thank you so much for letting me come on and tell that story. It's a small one. Everybody has a thousand of them. That's the great thing about Brody is, is you never, there was, there's an endless amount of stream of stories and, and people are going to walk away from here and four months down the road, they're going to go, ah, that time Brody did this. And it's going to be the most shocking things in the world. And we're all going to miss him. And so just so you know, when you see Curtis at the, at the comedy store, you can go up to him and do a little Brody and be like, yes, Roadhouse. Because we uh, our nickname for Curtis is Roadhouse because he kind of looks like Patrick Swayze. Can I just say one thing? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think that if you've seen Brody's special on Amazon, and I mean, you'd have to be an idiot to not enjoy it, but he was upset with some of the ratings. So if we could go and leave some reviews on there i think that that would be a nice way to honor him i think that's a great I idea think he was bummed about the reviews and i think that i don't is, know I, i'm gonna say this uh, yeah. brody posted those reviews as a joke because he actually okay. okay him and i went over that together and he's like do you think i should post it it's really funny and i started reading the reviews and i was like this is so funny definitely post this because okay. he's playing it he's just playing it up he did not i know i just think we should get some more but we definitely want positive reviews on there um but yeah he did not take i don't think he took that as like okay good. when it, people were telling me that he posted that and i felt like he was ne- he really was posting it as a joke because okay. he, he had texted me a couple times, sent me all of them, and I was like, yeah, definitely Okay, post this that. makes me feel much better. But yeah. still, leave positive reviews. Yeah, definitely leave positive Positive push. <laughs> you got it. A Thank lot you of guys. Thank you guys Thank so you. much. Thank you. Love you. Thanks. Let's call Graham Love Elwood. You. He's a he's a LT, all, an all-things comedy comic, and he was calling in, so let's get to him. Don Barris called again. What happened when Don Barris was on the phone? Did he say anything the second time? Hello? Graham Elwood, you're on the Festival of Friendship. Tribute to Stephen Brody Stevens. How you doing, buddy? What's uh, I'm good, man. How you guys doing? Oh, we're getting through this and I think it's been I think it's been pretty good. I don't I don't know. I'm sitting here taking it all in. Yeah. That's cool. I'm glad you guys put this together. I think it's you know, that's been the upside of this horrible thing is like everybody showing all the love for Brody and all of the, the photos and the stories and everything I'm seeing online is, is that's been pretty heartwarming. Yeah, man. Well, that's how Brody was. I think like I was saying earlier, he put it, he gave everyone a little piece of him. Yeah. To yeah, keep. he did. But uh, <laughs> thank you, Graham. And I, you know, we appreciate you calling and you're an all things comedy comic and you know, your family here. So, Wanted to give you a chance to say what's up about Brody and show your love. Well, thanks, man. You know, I have, um, 
<clears throat> you know, I met Brody when he moved here from Seattle, which was, I don't know, 2000 or 2001 or something like that. Um, and just, you know, he just fall in love with the guy immediately. And we're, he was just one of those <laughs> fixtures in the LA comedy scene. And, um, I saw him at the all things comedy festival this past October. And, and then at the, uh, bear burger was this show that Justin Wood did in Santa Monica. That was right by my house. And so I would pop in there and perform almost every week and I would see Brody there all the time and we'd have some fantastic conversations. But I think one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite just freestyle improvised moments on stage was with Brody when Doug Benson used to do the Benson interruption at the UCB theater, which for those of you who, who are listening, who don't know, Doug Benson would MC this show and then he would sit in the audience with a microphone and you would come up and, you know, do your set and Doug would enter would interject and, and not to like mess with you, but to like maybe put a tag on your joke or ask you a question and you go back and forth and start riffing. And so I always loved doing that show because I would just kind of come on stage and just, you know, freestyle. And it was a, such a fun, loose show. They even made it in, you know, Comedy Central bought like six episodes of it or something like that. And so Brody, um, I, we were on the same show together and I had gone up earlier in the night. And it was super fun. And then Brody came up and I would whistle a lot, right? I have this, I have this very loud, insane whistle that I would do at that show, and I would have done it on Doug Loves Movies, and some people love it, and some people absolutely hate it because it would blow off their ears. Um, and I would whistle songs and all this crazy stuff. And so Brody was was doing the Benson interruption, and he had he was doing the thing with his drums. You know, he had just started doing that. This is I don't know, eight nine years ago maybe, and he was on stage and he just starts drumming and he, he's in the middle of his set and he's doing his thing. And then he starts drumming and he's just kind of, he's just like going off on the drumming, which was awesome. And then he sees me and he's like, he waves me up, like nods me up, like, come on up, join jam with me. And he's like, whistle. So then we're just on stage and he's just like bumping with the drums and I'm whistling like a jackass. Just bit, bit, bit. We're like having this jam session on stage that was so fun and so free and the audience just loved it because they, they loved what Brody did and they loved that they showed up for that show because of the format. Cause it was just a fun loose and you got to see, you know, comics improvise and, you know, like hard and firm would perform there. I mean, this, this was like a huge show that like Zach is just, and so he's just on stage. I mean, with the I performed on it. It was a huge show. Yeah. And it was, uh, and it was one of the coolest moments I've ever seen. Like just on stage whistling with Brody hitting the drums and just, we're just being idiots. We're just two clowns on stage. And it was just so, and it was all his creation. He started doing the drumming. He, he woke, you know, waved me up on stage and it was like, it was just one of those magical moments you get as a performer that you can't ever duplicate again. You can't create that again. You can't, you know, and it just happened organically out of Brody and his style. And he was one of the most amazing freestyle improviser comedians I've ever seen. Well, thank you for calling in and uh, letting us hear your stories about Brody. Uh, we appreciate you calling in, Graham. No worries, man. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. And uh, you need anything later, just give me a call. I'll always be there for you. All right, buddy. brother. Love you, man. Thanks, man. All right, brother.
Luke Schwartz, Mr. Jessica Ligny. Michelle Singleton. Hello. How you guys Hi. doing? Hello, hello. I, mean, I realized halfway through that I was sitting with my arms crossed. Negative. And I was just like, oh, God, what, what am I <laughs> what doing? What are you doing? <laughs> in, of all times, in all places. At least he's going to give us better posture. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean. Yeah. I gave us better a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I want to stress uh, the connections. He was, it, the connections he would find were so great. Uh, he found, I, my, like, he kept saying Arizona State. My dad went to Arizona State. There's a connection. Um, he, he, I'm Jewish from L.A. He's like, Hebrew energy. Yes, you get it. Yeah, and I went to LAUSD public school. He goes, he knew my public school. He was like, Hamilton, Yankees, right? And I was like, yes. How did you, how do you know that? I, I don't know the mascots of rival schools, let alone, like, and he was, he knew everything. He knew how to take one thing and make it the whole world. And that was, it was brilliant. I saw one time in the main room, one of his long, long sets that everyone was talking about. Um, he's talking to this woman and he's like, oh, you went to, it was, it was somewhere in the, like Chatsworth, some, some high school. And he was like, oh, does uh, Mrs. So-and-so still teach there? <laughs> and she's like, no, she retired. And he goes, yeah. And the, the, the PE coach was this guy. And he knew three of the teachers <laughs> at this one size. And she was like, yeah. Yes. How did, you, how did you know that? It was just LAUSD. LAUSD, blue collar Jewish. <laughs> raised the best. Gemini. Yes. Born Jewish, raised Gemini. God, he was just, <laughs> he knew He knew all the stuff. He knew every little thing, every highway. When he would go down highways and stuff, he would be like, that's off the 14. And it's just like, he would know where every little town was. I loved him for that, among other things. But I wanted to highlight that. We part. should all change our ways apps to speak like Brody. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a little intense if you're trying to get. Go somewhere. left now. It's yeah. intense. You missed it. <laughs> Magnolia. It's where I lived. You weren't listening. <laughs> all, all routes lead to the valley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everywhere you go. Yeah. Um, I love the hat, Jessica. Thanks. Positive. It says positive energy for you at home and 818 on the back. Yeah, I um, I don't know what to do with pain, so I just make hats. <laughs> <laughs> that's healthy enough. Yeah, I, I mean, so. yeah. that's probably, it gets worse, but I made a hat, so there's whatever. I don't know. I just loved Brody. I don't. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'll talk a little bit to help you out and. You were uh, you were a great guest on Brody's podcast. You had Je Jeffrey Baldinger and Jessica Michelle Singleton, and I really had fun with them. And um, Brody touched so many people like this, and uh, it's just that's why we're here. Is let it, let it out. Um, um, I just wanted to share like one is just a silly thing that he used to do. I brought him up in the main room a lot, um, and uh, I mean anyone who's seen Brody and seen me just knows that there's a gigantic size difference. Um, but every time I brought him on stage, I would like hug him and, and he had this bit he would do where <laughs> we did it once where he kind of hugged me a little long. Um, and then I would get off stage and he'd be like, did you see that? She wouldn't let go of me. Sexual harassment. <laughs> I was attacked. And then it just became an ongoing thing. Every time um, I would bring him on, I would just hold him longer and longer to try to 
just get him to crack, but he'd be like, she assaulted me. <laughs> um, I just loved him. He, um, I don't think any way I feel is unique related to Brody. I think everyone felt this way about him, but he just made me feel like um, he was so Brody that it, it made me feel like it was okay to be so me. And I really loved him for that. He made me feel like good about being Luke. Yeah. Yeah. He shouldn't have done that. <laughs> You're one to talk. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> real screw up here. <laughs> like, I think that, um, but I don't want to talk too much. I don't know. I, I, I think, talk all you want. That's I think, what you're here for. Um, I I always worry about being too much. I, don't, I think that that's probably a lot of there's, people. But there's no too much today. And he he's just someone who made you feel like there's not there isn't a too much. You know, like it's like just be you, and the right people will love you for it, and that's enough. And you're very loved at the comedy store. You're loved he's, everywhere. So. I just he was just amazing, and yeah. I think that. He made a lot of people feel really good about themselves, and it didn't matter where you were or who you were in the comedy world. He just made everyone feel included, and I just love that about him. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Sorry. Love you. Thank you. You know, Mary is our official hugger, so you can go get some hugs. <laughs> Thanks. Mary will be outside and hugging people who need it, so... We're here for you. You know what I mean? Uh, let's go ahead and see what's going on on my phone. See if we, I, I got to get done with these. So we're going to take some more. Come on if you guys want to come in because I need to, we need to go. We, uh, we're at five o'clock already. So we've been going three hours. This is by far the longest I've sat in this chair. Um, Not on my thumb. Oh, wow. Jason Rouse coming in hot. Coming in spicy. Taylor Williamson. What's up, man? Okay, we got Taylor Williamson and Jason Rouse. I'm gonna just leave it to you guys to go ahead and say what you want to say and give your tributes. Go ahead. Uh, um, I I met Brody when I was uh, in 2004. I was 18. I just moved to LA. So I'm at M Bar, and uh, I think what's so special about him is besides a million, there's a million things, a billion things. That's a number, but. Uh, he treated everybody as a human being that's equal to him because they're also human beings. Like I was just like some open micro kid and like I adored him. I was just like, oh my God, Brody seems just talking to him. And I never lost that, by the way. 15 years later, I still am giddy I was, I, and was giddy when he would talk to me and hang with me. And like uh, um, I always remember that. Like so when, I, when I, he never made me feel like I was like at the little kid's table when I was trying to talk to him. And uh I treat other people like that now when I'm hanging out like a little circle of comedians and there's some uh, stupid, stupid some kid, who's this who's this who's this kid you think he is think to join our circle and I'm like, man Brody let me do that and uh, respect and like the comedy store is a weird place and like I, I didn't I've been going there for 15 years but I haven't been in for 15 years and like uh, there's parts of it that I don't really get like there's like homeless people walking around and stuff and I never <laughs> got it honestly and then. I, it's uh that's where we get our shirts <laughs> oh, from from the homeless yeah. place they sell you want to buy too. a shirt yeah, yeah yeah but he treated I, mean, I was just i was one day i'm walking down the hall and i see brody talking to joe rogan and bill or whatever the next day I'm walking down the hall he's talking to people who don't have homes there's nothing wrong with not having a home if you listen to this but um uh he treated everyone i don't know i think it's the biggest i had another interesting thing to share that or 
I don't know. He's just uh, rambling at you, but he treated everyone as an equal. And that's what, what's so cool here is like, well, one other thought I want to share is seeing him at like UCB theater back in the day, the people who loved him, you look behind the crowd, Zach Galifianakis, Sarah Silverman, Doug Benson, it's always like they, everyone loved. Uh, Dave Brody. Chappelle came up to me last, uh, I think it was last night and he gave me a hug and he, uh, he was just like, uh, he said, Brody, he said, oh, I can't even remember what he said. So he, he basically appreciated Brody and he gave me a hug and it's like, that's just amazing to have Dave Chappelle crying saying how much he appreciated Brody because Jen was nice enough to tell him that I'm the producer and co-host of Festival Friendship. And it's like that compassion that Dave had and also the love he had for him. And uh, I thought that was very awesome. And one last thing is, I, just, I mean, I have a million last things, but the last thing is I'll say is uh, I think everyone's so hurt. It's beautiful, really, how we're all so hurt because he was, he was like a coworker. He was... Uh, a friend. Uh, everyone feels like we're all friends. Family. We, family. It was family. And he's someone that we looked up to as an artist. He's a, and I think it's so special that we're all generations. Most of us are generations below him. And uh, we're going to keep him alive. And uh, I'm sorry for my thoughts are all great, scatterbrained. But, they were great. Uh, they were great, man. I think everybody's been humbled by his, you know, absence. It's yeah. not horrible. Yeah. It's it's a reminder that how lucky it's. I've, I've heard some other people say this, but we didn't. Because it's Brody. Oh, hey, Brody. It's not like oh my god, this is what a special being. How lucky we are and all the because we thought he was forever. Earth, but how lucky we are to be on Earth at the same time as this guy. And like, yeah, it, that's a crazy thing that just like instantly like, wow, we're so it's so sad he's gone. But how lucky are we to have gotten to be around him and experience him and see him live and connect with him and uh i hope we can keep this extra love going and at least for two weeks (laughs) then it goes back to normal that's what i mean until they start making the lineups yeah (laughs) hey adam who gets that last spot now Mm. yeah like right away but no fuck i would love to start a thing uh i was i'm sure i have been doing this going to my tweets with brody Mm. from the have you done that i've done it and i found some great ones like The, the most random things, like uh, I was on this show and I had teen fans, like my name's Taylor, I called them Taylors. It was kind of a joke, the funny thing that I could say on TV. And then like Brody would sometimes tweet things that were like, he, he would put his heart on his sleeve, like someone wrote something nasty to him and then he would say, this isn't nice, you know? And then I wrote some sincere, like, love you Brody, you know, like as you do, like you're great. And then he's like, the Taylors get it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's I, so great. I found the most random tweet. The tweets. Taylors. He says, yes, the Taylors are all in. <laughs> and like, uh, he came out. We did, uh, I was performing in Tempe, Arizona a few years ago, and uh, uh, he was in town for baseball stuff. And uh, I asked him to do the shows, and I was honestly kind of worried because like he's polarizing, you know, to audiences, as we all know. And in front of this mainstream mom, middle America crowd of moms and like 14 year old girls, he, he went on stage in shorts. And he annihilated. He annihilated. He broke all the rules. And what's funny, I was talking to Bobby Miyamoto a few days ago, who was on the show, and he was telling me, like, backstage the whole time, he was just like, so what's up with these Taylors? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these Taylors? By the way, Bobby Miyamoto, uh, I want to say I know he misses Brody. Uh, he, he was on the podcast a couple times with me and Brody. And it, just want to say, Bobby, we were uh, 
we love you, man. And uh, we know you lost somebody special as well as all of us did. And just a shout out to Bobby Miyamoto. Because I know he went through some stuff. Yeah, uh, can I share one more? But that's so cool. We all, we all, I didn't even know who to call when, like, who do I call to say, like, is Brody passed? Like, who do I call? Because everyone's sad. I called Gino from Speedweed right away, and I was like, can I get some weed? <laughs> like, I need to smoke so bad. Like, just I was convinced that it was some sort of fake news. You know, they, they randomly execute people in the media, and then there's, you find out it's a fake story. And, I was, and then I started to see it build up and up and up. And I'm like, oh, fuck. It still doesn't feel real, though. It's crazy. Can I, can I share two more tweets from Brody? You can share whatever you'd like, Taylor. I know this is. I think we're down to our last. Brenton, how many do we have left? This is it. We just pulled up another boss. Steven is easy left, right? Do you want to give him a call, maybe? Um, after, let's call him after them. If you can uh, bring him up and bring your phone up here, is that cool, Brenton? Thanks, buddy. Okay, so let's. You got the. You got these tweets. Let's hear them. Uh, this is the pers- This is from personally. This is hilarious to me. It's from 2014. I have no idea who this person is, but he's at Taylor Comedy. I'm here in Chicago with your third cousin, Jason Siegel. We're so proud of you. Hashtag Suzanne Marie. <laughs> it's my mom's name. It's a picture of him with some guy. I have no idea who this man is. I've never seen him in my life. He's at dinner with someone that I, know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And then this funny tweet I found. Just a pretty tweet. NBC News escaped inmates Richard Matt and David Sweat may be head for Canada it's their mug shots and he retweets it Montreal Comedy Festival <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I love Brody yeah and, oh, that was great and thank you for uh, for being his friend and our friend and all that you've done to keep him alive and uh, this was amazing today it really it helped it yeah, helped, helped all of us for real it's really cool man thank you awesome thanks guys love you love you too, love you too. all right Brenton where's Brenton Um, yeah, 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 no, no, I just, uh, I, I, I promised Steve I'd get him on earlier and I ended up missing out. Come on. We're going to leave that open for Brody. I can't hear him. I got a, oh, okay, cool. Hey guys. Hi. We got Josh Nasser and Matt Edgar. Matt Edgar was on the, one of the recent oh. Festival of Friendships. It was a really good one, and we loved having you on it, Matt. And uh, I was on Festival of Friendship in 2012. That's right. You were uh, way before I even knew. Well, that, that's when I first met Brody. Yeah. Yeah, 2011. That's when podcasts first started, kind of. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. you guys have the floor now, so okay. go ahead and start dribbling. Matt and I uh, shared a kind of special moment. It was within 48 hours before he passed away. And we were, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. And it was in the uh, back of the comedy store, the little hallway, and he was talking to us about going uh, back on his medication. Mm -hmm. And Brody and I, like he used to give me medication when I would run out. I've had horrible stuff with me. I took medication for three days. I was on a roof, wanted to jump off. So when I was going through stuff, I would call him, we would talk, and he'd be like, hey, how's your client up in this and that? And it was just nice because I didn't have anybody else for me at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I felt, uh, I didn't even remember Matt was there until he reminded me. And then I remembered that moment. Mm-hmm. And we both, it was like something stood still. And I remember him saying, yeah. you know? I can't, I can't get that out of my mind either. I mean, it literally, the last conversation I had with him, uh, last time he was at the comedy store, that's what we were talking about, literally talking about that. Which is a conversation I started with him a week to the day prior because we had a show in Silver Lake together. 
and he told me that he wasn't feeling good because he just got on his new meds. And at the time, I told him, uh, well, maybe I ought to also seek counseling, you know, do that with it, you know, the one-two punch. And I thought for sure that would fall on deaf ears, but he, uh, next time I saw him, and what was great was a few weeks ago, Josh, we were at the improv, you and me, and we were just talking about anxiety, like we are talking about yeah. our mental health. So I felt kind of close to Josh, and then when Brody walks up to us, and he's talking about his, it's like, oh, I know Josh, you know, this is somebody, we, we, sh- we all three share this thing together, and we could just be open, talk we about it. We were totally it. open like about it and there's not many people I'm like oh yeah I've wanted to kill myself because I've been on this medication and I know I don't really say that out loud and I know what it's like and it makes me so fucking angry because now I look back on that moment and I'm like oh of course I didn't want to do that like I know it was when you're in that paradigm with the medicine you feel like that is your whole paradigm that's your whole life there is no other reality oh I used to feel good so I mean, I don't know what anybody else thinks, but I know in my mind that that was medicine and it's reaction and it's chemical and it's not. I, I, mean, I know that, it. That's, that's what no I feel. Doubt. I just know it. I no don't doubt. care what anyone says. Yeah, and, and that's, that's how I feel like it's good to just say, yes, this is how I feel, get it over with, yeah. and then think about the positives. Because if you just think it that way, you pick what you want to be upset about and what, what happened, mm-hmm. and then you go, let's look at the positives now. Like, Yeah. Let's um, move on and get some positives out of it. But, I, I'm insane. Like, I walk around and I... I don't know if other comics, I don't really like to say it, but I walk around doing impersonations alone mm-hmm. at my house of other comedians, and he's one of them. Like, something good happened to my life. I'm like, yes! Oh, yeah, I, I don't even mean to. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, he's just part of my... Impersonation. <laughs> you don't do that, Josh <laughs> of all, Wolf. Of the ones you don't, they usually... Wilson, but act like that. <laughs> yes! Yeah, there's some really... I don't need to be heckled right now, right? <laughs> I yes! Love, I love how even Positive. in here, Josh Nasser gets heckled. Yes! Yeah. Brody would have loved that. But it's all the time and to the point where I would go into the main room and I went late night and I would film him and on stage so he could see me and he'd be like, what are you doing, Josh? I'd go, well, just so you know, Brant Tobler and Jeff Dye are also fans of yours and they want to see a recording of what you do. He goes, oh, I remember that night. He goes, how does that help me? <laughs> and I go, I'm sorry. He goes, get in the back. So I would continue the back and he'd be like, I can still see you. You have to leave. And then yeah. over and over again, the same thing every time he would go on stage. Yeah, I mean, well, he, never he took the hint, huh? <laughs> Why am I getting heckled? I love this room right now. You can take over after that. Uh, <sighs> Matt? Yeah. Um, I guess there's this one, like, quick story I just want to get out. Yeah. Because uh, Brody really did wear his uh, heart on his sleeve, and he was always very candid about how he was feeling inside, you know? He'd check in with you. He'd be, you know, do you, do I sound like myself? Like he really did, like was open with his friends about how, you know, his mental health. Um, you know, I visited him in UCLA psych ward uh, and I was really scared to, because I'd never been anywhere like that. I'd never been to like some insane asylum or anything. Um, so me and Hinchcliffe went and I think we were the first, I think uh, that we might I mean, if anybody visited before him, it was probably Zach. I think Zach put him in there. So, uh, you know, very nervous to get there, and we go, and, you know, it's a couple different hallways we have to walk down, and it's really starting to look like a hospital, and it's crazy. It's just getting real. Like, you know, it was kind of, for some reason, surreal that Brody is locked up. I mean, we all knew he was crazy, but that was, like, not, like, certified crazy, you know? And um, I remember the last 
door we approach till like at behind this door is the actual you know this is the psych ward and there's gonna be other patients and there's already a bunch of like orderlies around and it's be turning into like that cartoon like what it looks like you know and uh the door would like in the middle of the door was a glass a round glass window that was pretty big and I imagine it's for people to look out of, right? I mean, it literally was like round, like for a person's head. And there's like people just wandering. I could see inside the room kind of, and there's like people wandering. Like a fishbowl. Yeah, yeah. And as we're walking, uh, I see a hand, just a hand, just in this, like right in front of this window. And the hand's there for like a beat. And the next thing you know, a foot. <laughs> <laughs> kicks the hand out of the way and then you get the brody head yes and he's complete and i don't know what to expect i mean coming in here i'm like what is he like is he like is he still brody i mean i'm sure he's on medication and stuff but he was so brody and like you walk in and it's and he's in full you know psych ward i mean he looks he's a patient he goes in and he he's friends with everybody already. The orderlies love him. There's other people in there that are even crazier than he is. And he's like, "Yes, you got it, Nevada." There's some guy <laughs> from Nevada. And uh and then he went he proceeded to tell us like how he got there. And like again, man, I'm expecting Tony too, man. We're both like this is going to be on the way there. This is so scary and sad. And he was hilarious. Like he always found a way, like no matter what he was saying, like something funny was coming. Like, he never stopped being funny. And he's telling this very vulnerable, like, kind of insane story about getting arrested and all that. And hilarious the entire time. Wanted us to know that, like, in some way, like, that's kind of how he, he connected with us, you know? Like, don't don't freak out like I did. Like, yeah. it's keeping us safe. He was Well, when you're so worried about him, he was still making you happy yeah. about him. Yeah, and I can tell you one thing because... We got we to gotta, we gotta actually get to a lot of these guests. No, I'm not trying I to have one, people. One last thing. Uh, I've been in those places, yeah. locked down in that shit because of medicine withdrawal. Yeah. Like literally locked down and two days later I felt fine. So if you're going through that and you have a medicine thing, like it, I wake up every day happy now, every single day. And it will get better. And all the shit that the doctors give you, they don't even look at you when they give it to you. And I'm telling you, you can get past it. So. All right. Well, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're doing well, Josh. And thank you, guys. Love you. Thank you for coming on and sharing that. Um, here we go. I'm getting close. See, I, I've never been on a podcast this long. Yeah, come on. Let's get, let's get some guests. Let's get them in here. And then, jo Josh, you can come on with Gino uh, after these two. Is that cool? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> it's like, well, I think I have better credits, but... <laughs> I he was on Chelsea lately. I was on Chelsea briefly. He did. I mean, technically, he has better credits because you're going to be headlining. It's going to be the the closeout. So you can do an hour and a half for Brody. There you go. No time. I'll light you at thirty. Okay. Uh, I've been blowing the light for Brody. This is Annie Letterman and Dan Madonia, two uh, really close Madonia. Brody friends. And both were on the new Festival of Friendship, the revival of the Festival of Friendship. So. Yeah, and so Madonia, I don't really know, but I live streamed the Don Barris like tribute the the night of Brody's death and it was fucking awesome and uh you were great yes and yeah. you you positive push yeah did that did that was that was shirtless for Brody yeah no that's what we did we closed out the original room great. like that with Brody for like six nights a week in the original room from 2008 to like 2012 like 
uh, we were doing that six nights a week, and Brody was there like four nights out of the six weeks, yeah. out of the six nights, and we would do that all the time. And like before I was in comedy, I was a musician, and uh, I, I had joined a band when I got out here with with um, with somebody, and I was actually I didn't meet Brody at the comedy store. I met Brody on uh, Ventura Boulevard. Oh my god! <laughs> um, and I was walking down the street with my bandmates. And they were like, oh, my God, that's Brody. And I was like, I, I, I had no idea who Brody was. And, and uh, my drummer and Brody just started having this awesome conversation about drums. And, like, he had just had his car accident and he was worried that he wasn't going to be able to drum. And I was like, wow, who is this guy? I have, like, I can't wait. To, like, I've got to, like... I've got to play music with him. And then like a few weeks later, I had actually gotten my job at the store and I stayed there late night. And then Brody comes on and he's chair drumming. And it was like, I was, I'm sitting there looking for Tommy Lee and it's just this, this big Jewish man banging on, uh, on chairs in the original room. And like just to be able to be a part of that with like the Barris Brody Overdrive for so many years and spend like hours, hundreds of hours on stage with that man. In, in and that was just one like, night. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was a, a lot of fun, and he he was uh, so awesome. You guys <laughs> nailed it the other night. I mean, it was so great. It was yeah, so no, good. Yeah, well, everyone I really believe. liked it. That saw it, they were really happy to see it, and you guys were just. I mean, you really pushed through. It was very funny, very great. It's it, it, like, I don't know, Brody was Channeled, like so right? awesome. Like, yeah, yeah, no, and like, you know, he brought us to like, he, me when I was a door guy, he, uh, he, me and Sandy Danto would go see him do warm up at Chelsea lately and stuff. And yeah. he'd, he'd VIP, uh, VIP us and we'd be like, he'd take us around backstage and he's like, do you want anything from this fruit basket? It's Ben Glebe's take whatever you That's want. So like, and like, just like fun stuff like that. And then when he's doing audience warm up, he'd like make us stand up and like, and make the audience acknowledge us. Like yeah. these guys are the future. They get it. Yeah. Like, like and it, it was like and Chelsea's just, like please leave me alone <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm glad you said Sandy Danto because that's after this one. I'm gonna call him real quick oh yeah yeah that, Sandy no, is a, a special yeah no he was just such a big part of my comedy store experience though. I loved on yeah sorry keep going. no no go please no, I was just gonna you brought up Chelsea but I loved on his uh, his show when he went to like make amends with Chelsea and he goes to her like mansion or whatever and they're sitting out back and there was some line something like she goes, you know, well, you were, um, you were very like hard, and he went working, and she went to handle, and it was just so <laughs> fucking funny, like perfectly, just edited, so yeah. hilarious. Brody's timing always perfect. Everything like <laughs> just so funny. His joke um, about Chelsea, I, I, I knew Chelsea Handler for fifteen years. She knew me for seven, <laughs> something like that. I don't remember it. I just, I remember like him getting on stage in the in the original room and like tucking in his shirt and checking out his definition in the turned out marquee, the 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 neons and just <laughs> making his his eagle face and yeah. just pointing his nose. He as was much calling as it Squidward lately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. gonna miss like walking into the main room when he's up there and just be like, Annie Letterman, Philadelphia, just like any weird fact or location he knows about me. Um, just so fun, just so great. Um, so glad to have known him, you know? 
Like whenever well, anyone goes sorry for your loss, I'm like sorry for like our loss. You I'm know, glad you just like, said that because I wanted to remember. I wanted to make sure we said this on the podcast. I want you to tell what happened at the. Uh, oh, we were we came we, we did the podcast like, like a week ago or two weeks ago, and we went out for hot dogs. And it was with Tate place. Fletcher. They made up. Yeah, with Tate. And mm-hmm. It was nice. And then, by the way, Tate told me that story, and I'm like, that was not a real fight. Everybody, you know what? <laughs> It's because everybody loves Howard Stern. They're trying to make fights. I'm like, that doesn't sound like anything. But anyway, that was silly. They had to fight about that. But anyway, so Brody goes up to order, and they have you know all these different names for the hot dogs, and he, he orders the Hangover, and all of us are just go crazy. He goes, "I'll have the Hangover," like not for any of us to hear, and all of us just you know, Hangover one. You know, it was great. <laughs> that was, it was a really very funny. special moment. I tried to get him to record it again after that, and he wouldn't do it. No, he's like, it's not natural. It's not organic. Stop yeah. it, Oligny. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just want to point out how much he would hate how long you've been on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> he would have definitely <laughs> hated that. Eric. I thought about what that. The other, I thought about that the, the other day when I got like like a hundred people follow me. I was like, he really hates that. <laughs> Don't post any pictures with you in it. <laughs> I, I did actually. I did just a bit. I was like, here, I'm posting it. It's my page. You can't right. do anything now. Now, Brody, can you, you can't say anything about it. That was now. one of my favorite arguments with him, though, with you and Rizzi oh, on the podcast. That was so much fun. Um, yeah, but, but Brody was, yeah, he was incredible. I just uh, last time I talked to him was Wednesday, and he was talking about he was talking about his meds, mm-hmm. and uh, he was on that for a lot for the last week or two. Yeah, and we were talking about because he had been posting negative reviews of his special and i was like positive push man come on now and he just couldn't he's just like i'm on these me-, you know yeah it was and me- uh, i was messing with him a little bit and uh i think that's like a good message for trolls and for people that are seeing trolls it's like one don't be a troll if you can avoid it just be cool if you want attention you can do it in a way that's positive but also if you're a comic or an artist or something don't pay attention to the trolls they're just trying to fucking get a piece they just want you know, it's like, uh, it's hard, man. People are suffering. So. Uh, well, you guys were great. And I, and I love you. I know I know you know that. And Brody loved you. So. Brody. He's Bro- so awesome. Brody Stevens. Brody. It was, he was periscoping like a couple weeks ago. And I like said, I can't remember. I made some jizz joke or something. I went, keep it clean. Keep it clean. So funny. I think about that. Hilarious. I put Bradley Cooper on that Oscar stage. You How got dare it. he snubbed me. But he like definitely will live on. I mean, listen, if you're going to go, have a bunch of catchphrases. <laughs> you got damn right. He is alive forever, dude. I mean, forever. His chest. I was just telling Josh Wolf he's now the last person. He's got the best chest in comedy. Yo. Yo, dude. Sandy Danto, you're on the Sandy. Festival of Friendship, the tribute to Stephen Brody Stevens. You're one of the last guests, buddy. Sandy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Welcome. How's it been going? It's actually been really kind of, it's been fun. It's been, it's been smooth. I don't know. Eric I mean, won't it, shut the fuck up. It's like, I'm just, just kidding. Full of Positive shit today. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, it's a podcast. You don't want just silence. And uh, I've actually, you know, I've been actually, I'm not going to sit there and lie. I, having to do this for this um, long of a time, there's times where my brain's kind of clicked out. Like I, it just yeah. shut out. So my brain already clicked out. Yeah, and we haven't been able to tell the difference. Yeah, <laughs> but we lo- love you, Sandy, well, and I wanted to, to make fair, sure my you brain got on. Is usually clicked out. <laughs> Sandy, what's up? Nothing. I'm just sitting in my car in the rain in San Francisco, trying to figure out where to get a twenty-five dollar massage. Oh, Brody would know the answer yes. to that. 
That's the thing. Yes, Lombardo and Desiderio. You got it. You've got to go to the Castro. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them you're 10% gay. Brody sent you. I watch gay porn for the credits. (laughs) I'm a good guy. I watch YouTube ads. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just told the story of when Brody VIP'd us at uh, Chelsea Lately, Sandy. Oh, that was great. That was the first of many times I went to go see him do crowd warm-up, and it was really, it was really pretty inspirational. He was so good at it. He's Chelsea so was the heyday of it, though, because he did get a little bit more aggressive and angry as time went on <laughs> doing it why aren't you with me you're a paid audience you're entitled just because you're getting money doesn't mean you can't also have positive energy where are you from <laughs> oh man at, when he was doing warm up at at midnight, he was so cynical by that point of doing yeah. it. I think that was the last time he did. Nope, he did Nikki. He, Gla- might... he got did Nikki Glazer and got fired for threatening a producer. <laughs> so oh no! Oh no! The real the story is the story is that he told the producer that they needed to get rid of an audience member. But he's going up to like this busy producer who doesn't really give a shit about audience, and he's yeah. like, "You got to get rid of him." And the producer's like, "We just got to get rid of you." Yeah, <laughs> he actually crushed. Yeah. Oh, I imagine he did. The, that audience warm-up was the perfect blend of what they were... The... <laughs> he crushed the space. Oh, that one's not on. We, we left it off the road. Go ahead and take over. He, um... Has anybody mentioned how when he was doing warm-up at Ad Midnight, he would go out to the line of people waiting oh, to get so into the studio and do warm-up there before they even got into the <laughs> studio? He... he, he... What's going on, Sandy Danto? It's Josh. Josh Wolf. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up, Josh? How are you, man? Um, I'm he, great. How are you? Good, dude. He he actually. I just I just met with um. I just I had lunch with uh, Brad Wallach and Tom Brunell, who ran Chelsea, but also ran you know um, Spade Show, and they said he Ooh. crushed the audience warm up. That because they he it was the perfect blend of he, he must have had the perfect cocktail of whatever he needed. But it was the perfect blend of old Brody and new Brody. And, and you know, you're right, man. On, on Chelsea Lately, the crowd work was, you know why he got fired, by the way? He got fired because he cared. Exactly. He it, cared too much. He yeah, cared too much. Earlier. He cared. You know, there was one Chelsea show. This blew me away. So we, the show's over. These are, this is the methadone clinic. These are paid audience members. And um, 15 minutes after the show, he had not let them go. He was berating them for not, <laughs> for not giving enough. These people just got off heroin two weeks ago. You know what I mean? They're there for the free candy and the $50. And, and Brody's like, y- you, if you're going to be here, you have to give as much as I do. He was on them. He was like, so if I ask you where you're from, you say... And he was going back over it. And I remember watching it like, this dude cares more than we do. Like, he cared so much. But to me, that's what always got him in trouble. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, watching how he started in Seattle, I, I got to tell you, man, like, um, I'm not too, I'm not jealous of a lot of performers. Um, because I can look at it and be like, yeah, I could figure that out. Or yeah, I could figure it out. I could tell a joke. You know, I, I was always so jealous of how open and free as a performer he was. It was, it was so, um, it's why when every, you know, sometimes there were five audience members in the crowd and 30 comics because we, we were all like, this is something none of us can do. This is, and not only is it none of us can do, it's a guy who took comedy out of the box. And, and look, this is my favorite joke of his. It's a guy who took a comedy out of the box and figured out how to make apple cider vinegar funny. Hilarious. It's, it's, a, guy, <laughs> it's a guy who could get on stage. If you wrote down Brody's act and handed it to somebody. They wouldn't get it. They'd be like, is this spoken word? Like, what are we doing? But for a guy to get on stage and talk about his GPA... Iodine drops. back hair, iodine drops, uh, it, it pitching, you know what I mean? And then crush an apple cider vinegar. What, what are we watching? And, and so for me, to, to be a part of a, yeah. like what I consider to be a true unicorn, you know, I, I was lucky enough to know Mitch a little bit, and I felt the same way about, you know, they're, they're, they're unicorns, man. And, and one of the, what makes them so magnetic is, is the pain. Yeah, and however they choose to express that, but they're so human with it. Yeah, and that human side really pulls you in. There was never any. Here's why Brody to me was the bravest performer I've ever seen. If he gets on stage for the first five minutes, he's positive nobody's going to understand what the fuck he's talking about. So you're getting on stage for five minutes at least, knowing everybody at the best isn't going to understand, but at the worst is going to be like. What the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> Why am I listening? And to know that and to still get on stage and to never break what you do and who you are and to never give in, I mean, it was amazing for me to watch. And, and um, you know, I'm really trying to stay super positive. You know, I've known the guy for a long time. And um, I was there the night he changed his name from Steve Brody to Brody Stevens. I heard that last night. I was just Wait, Josh, did you tell the story yet about how he bombed and then he's like, tomorrow night, you'll see it's yeah. going to be a different Brody. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it was, uh, he didn't even talk like that. Like, so I still, guys, it's just recently the last year I started calling him Brody. I've called him Steve because that's how I was introduced to him, you know? I will tell you a funny story. Because I'm, I, I'm sure there's been a lot of heaviness, and I, and I have been really trying not to do any public weeping. Let me tell you a funny story. Typical Brody. Nobody bombed the way Brody did. It, <laughs> it was almost better to see him bomb. As a comic, do you know what I mean? You felt bad for him, but to watch that dude bomb was... I loved watching him lay the mic down. It was a work of art, man. It was <laughs> so Stay one, with me. One night, we're at the Comedy Underground for an open mic. And the Comedy Underground is still to me the best comedy club that ever was the original comedy underground. It's where, and it's funny, you know, I started with Joey Diaz and Brody. Um, into, they kind of, it's well, so one night open mic five minutes and there was a, a park near Pioneer square where we always walked past. And in the park was always a homeless clown. It's just a dirty, 
dirty clown. He, it looked like 15 years ago, he went home after a gig and his wife was like, you're never walking in this house again. And he just fucking never changed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he just kept the same clothes on, yeah. finger streaks, dirty. <laughs> and so Brody befriends this guy. And one night brings him on stage at the Comedy Underground. And he goes, hey, everybody, I forget his name. This is Larry. Larry's a clown. Larry, Larry has always wanted to get on stage. So I'm going to use my five minutes to let Larry live his dream. Larry, go ahead. And he starts doing the, the worst clown jokes. I mean, terrible clown jokes. And people are just like, oh, my God, what is happening? And they start heckling a little bit. You know, Brody's trying to keep it positive. And he's like, no, everybody, come on, this is Larry. Larry's one time for Larry. And he slaps Larry in the back. He goes, come on, Larry, let's get him going. And the clown goes, you touch me again and I'll murder every fucking person in this room. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and you just see Brody's voice. Brody just stopped for a second. He goes, okay, Larry, everybody. Larry, Larry. So funny. <laughs> You know, oh my God. we drove to Gig Harbor from Seattle one time. It was me and Joe Diaz and a guy named Gavin Boyd. And we all kind of started out together. And so Gig Harbor is what, an hour and a half? And so Brody was driving. He had his car. He, and he was, I think, the only one with a car. And uh, he was like, we got to leave an hour and 45. And, jo and Joey was like, it takes an hour. And Brody was like, it's an hour and 45 minutes. And Joey's like, I can make it an hour. And Brody was like, fine. Proved to me, but knew, knowing there's no way he can. Joey's jumping curbs, driving the wrong way down a one-way street. You can only imagine how Brody is freaking the... F you know when he would Brody and you were like, it's half an act, it's half real? It's, oh, I definitely uh -huh. saw Do you know what I mean? Oh, I definitely saw it, yeah. So he's freaking out in the back, but part of it is play, but part of it is not. But we get to the gig in Gig Harbor in an hour. But we've jumped curbs and done shit people shouldn't do. Brody gets out of the car, slams the door, grabs the keys from Joey, and he goes, I do not live my life like this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, I know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he, he, uh, I know this for fact, you know, um, I want to, I, I want to, and I, and I just want you guys to know all you younger guys and Sandy and, um, I know this to be true, how important you guys were to him. It's important that you know that like you, you guys really lifted him up and you made him feel, um, you made him feel good and special. I, I, I like he, he, uh, it was important to him the way you guys looked at him. And I just want you to know that he, he saw it, man. It, 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 he saw it. You guys did a lot of great for him. And I'm sure it, in turn, he did a lot of stuff for you too. But, but I, it's important that everybody knows that. Like he, he really loved this comedy community. He, he did. loved comedy yeah. in a way that I don't, we all love comedy. This dude. Eat, sleep, shit, comedy. He was a true savant to mm -hmm. me. And he, it was almost like avant-garde what he did. It was, it, yeah, you, I don't. Would you call it stand up? I don't know. I think the millennials would call it meta or something like that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But they're dumb as fuck. That's true. So, uh, <laughs> but, but like, um, but like, you know, um, um, it's important. You know, he he appreciated everybody so much. Um, and part of that, 
because he didn't have a he didn't go home to anybody. No, nope. he didn't go home. He to would anybody. always he would always talk. One day I'd like to have a family and yeah. a wife and a house. yeah and a Prius. Yeah, <laughs> and a Prius. Yeah, and a Prius. I'm not Crystalia. <laughs> that, by the way, I love I love that he would always invoke Delia whenever he would say I'm not. It would always be Delia. And he'd I'll put a snake in his car. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the first night he used to only go on stage and do these terrible jokes, terrible, terrible jokes. He's been he was doing a couple of them recently. The old old terrible ones. Terrible jokes, and it like wasn't what? like what? Can you remember any of them? Um, there were, there was a joke. There was a lot of setup and no punchline, <laughs> which, 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 you, you know, um, the, the, but you remember he used to tell that joke about over watching Nemo and overshooting his nut rag. I, we, I heard, I heard a joke earlier that sounded similar. To that. Yeah, it was something like it, but it would have been just, what is it? Yeah, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Lilo and Stitch, yeah. But in early Brody, it would have just been a – there would have been no setup and punchline. He would have just been like um, – and I jerked off to uh, – I made a mess on my floor. I jerked off to Finding Nemo. <laughs> and it'd be like, mm, that's a little weird. Uh, okay. You know, but I remember the first night he snapped, snapped on stage. Not snap, snap, but snapped on stage. When he got the reaction that – and when I said nobody bombed like Brody, but also nobody killed like Brody, yeah. I, I, there are nights where I would see him, I'd be like, I could never do that. I could, cause I could never connect the way he connected. When all the cylinders were firing, Mitch Hedberg said something really weird to me once. He took a trip around the country in a van and, um, with a guy named Chart Hogan and he came back and he was like, man, I'm a 20%er, Josh Wolf. I go, what does that mean? He goes, well, when I walk into a room, 20% of the people are going to like me and 80% are not. Now I just got to figure out how to get all 20% together. And that was the same with Brody. Like if he had his 20%ers in that room, it didn't matter who you put on stage. He, he, he was going to be better than every, everybody else. But the first time he snapped, man, he was having trouble with these jokes. And um, then he told everybody he was like, that he couldn't spend a lot of time on his jokes the night before. Because he was like, I, he wanted everybody to know how difficult it is for a single man living by themselves to shave their back by themselves. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he lifted up his shirt and he showed everybody his trouble spots. And it was so crazy. I was remember watching it like, what am I watching right now? But I couldn't stop. It was so honest and so human. And we love we love you for coming on, Josh. I uh, I, I know you guys gotta go. And I, I, thank I, you it's for not, me. It's not, I don't want to rush you off. Okay. I just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up Britton Biddlecombe. Uh, Sandy, thank you for being on. Sorry, and I, you know I love you, buddy. Hey, thanks. Hey, Sandy. Love you too. Sandy, it's I'll... an honor. Yeah, buddy, you you did great things for him, man. Just know that you really did. You did, Sandy. Thank you, Josh. That that means a lot to me, and I'm. Going to get off this now and, and go cry for a little bit in the San Francisco rain. Don't be a you pussy. You got it. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Really appreciate it. Thank you so we much. We appreciate you stopping by. Those were great stories. Thank yeah, you very you much. It. Love you, Josh. Thank Love you. you. Uh, Brent, you want to come up here? And we're going to. This is, by the way, this is Gino from Speedweed. We actually got a sponsor for the Festival of Friendship, but we no longer have a sponsor because.
this will be the final festival of friendship. But Spon- Gino is sponsorship forever. It's a- there we go, sponsor <laughs> forever. Gino uh, was nice enough to come here today, help out. Uh, you know, be, you've been supportive, and uh, I really appreciate you as a friend. And I know Brody did too. I appreciate it. Uh, you guys uh, having me here, and uh, you know, being a part of the, the this family. Uh, as I sat here listening to to all the stories that went, before I walked in, I thought about what story am I I going to tell here? Uh, I want to tell the you know the positivity. I want to push that that positivity and. As I listened to the stories, I realized the people that I'm listening to before me are telling the same stories that I was going to tell. So I, there's not much more I could a- add. Uh, you know, uh, some quick things that hit my mind uh, is, uh, you know, the last time I, I spoke to him was Wednesday night uh, at the Comedy Store. We did uh, Tripoli's uh, podcast downstairs. And um, I wear a, a, a weed belt that I hand out joints. It uh, uh, has, has a whole bunch of joints in it. And every time I hand out a joint... I say, enjoy it. And uh, I was with Brody, and uh, even though he wasn't smoking uh, uh, recently, uh, he, we were uh, in the kitchen as uh, people were walking by that I was handing out joints. And I, and I said it in front of him, not even thinking I'm doing him while he's standing next to me because it's just so normal for me. And then uh, like he gave me like a, an, uh, a lifted eyebrow kind of when I said it. And I said, I guess I never told you. I say that every time I hand out a joint, and um, I, and I got to tell him a, a story that you know uh, I'm sure so many other people have told him before. But I said you are the most quoted of every comic there is. I, I can't even think of another, another comic in every conversation throughout the night so when you're not even there. So um, and again, uh, being at the comedy store over ten years. I can't even think of one other person who has anywhere near some, something like that. So that's something special. And, uh, you know, the other thing I was, story I wanted to tell was the one when we went out to, um, to, to the doghouse where he ordered, ordered the hangover, you know. Uh, so I such a great moment. It, it was, it was uh, you know, that was just an, a, an a elation that I had. And, uh, you know, me and you looked at each other going, oh, I can't believe we don't have have that on, on video. It was, it was, um, it was a really good time. And, uh, even though obviously, uh, with the new medication, he was down in the dumps, he was still there entertaining us and keeping us positive. So, um, you know, uh, I, I guess, uh, again, uh, um, I know I'm, you know, so fortunate to, to know, to know Brody and be a part of this family. And, um, he's one of the reasons I became a part of this family. He was the first comic I ever met in LA. Um, he used to do, um, a show with Court, uh, Court McGowan had a, had a morning show on, on Playboy Radio XM and, uh, Brody used to come on and do it. So, so, and my brother was the producer of that show. So when I was starting to come out to California, I would just take trips. I met Brody before I met anyone else at the store. So when I started hanging out at the store, and he was there. He like welcomed me with open arms and was like my, you know, compatriot back back there at Sacred Ground. That uh, he was your shield. Yeah, that uh, we would start talking for you know a half an hour together, and uh, um, you know, kind of, you know, brought brought me right into that family. And uh, you know, again, Brody was just a tremendous part of that for me, and and uh, I love the guy and. He loved you. I know that. And uh, we really appreciate you sponsoring the podcast. And 
I hope to be. I hope all things comedy and every. I hope we hope to work with you a lot. Oh, of course, you're a great guy. Um, and you know, Brody. Brody uh, was trying the CB. I guess he was going to try the CBDs, and it's that's where that we was were really at. funny to talk about because he yeah. didn't pronounce it right at all. It was CBTs to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that was a fun moment with you to get to hang out on these podcasts. I just yeah. want to tell you you're appreciated here and. Yeah, and, and and those were fun moments, but those those were so quick moments in the the length of time that everyone knows him, and and uh, it's and I really feel like that that's the special part part of Brody that that uh, we got you know the people that have been here got to experience those moments that weren't on mic that 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 weren't on stage also that that you knew that Brody was was the same Brody everywhere you go and and that love and positivity that that he was talking about on stage was really what he was given everyone that he even knew personally even when he was in in the dumps so thank you very yeah. much you know love you guys love you too okay so this guy right here he's the he is absolute monster. Do you want to call Steve too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to let you speak real quick, and that way you're not crying when Steve's on the phone. Because <laughs> I know, I, I know you hold all your tears in because you're just. Oh no, I know. I I, uh, I had a couple of days where I let it out. I'm glad you are because you you work very hard for all things comedy and the comedy store. Um, you're easily one of the most hardworking comics, and Brody respected that about you. Like the, the reason you're one of the most you're this the, you're the guest that's on probably more than anybody on the festival of friendship yeah and that was just because <laughs> just because you were walking around the studio and be like, Britain. just come in you'd be like Brenton, come in and talk to me just come say hi five minutes and then two hours later yeah but, i mean uh it was it was great hearing everyone's stories and and uh Everyone had similar stories, but they were all different and unique just to them, which was how Brody was. He could make you feel very special in your own way. And the thing that made him a great comic that people kind of touched on, but they didn't really get into was the fact that he had this energy to him to where he was either your favorite comedian or you absolutely hated him. Because I've been watching him for a decade at the store. I saw him when he first started doing those hour spots in the main room. It was to get ready to do La Jolla because he hadn't done 45 minutes before. So they, they let him just stretch at the end. And it just became his thing. And the thing about him was, I mean, it's very rare, which is why he's such a generational comic, to see somebody that will make you feel something no matter what, whether it's good or bad. Like plenty of people came in. They're all funny. They all can write jokes, and Brody could write jokes, but he could make you feel. He could make you have really strong emotions, and he could do it by just doing crowd work or or telling jokes or just being Brody, playing drums. He elicited all of these emotions out of you and made you every performance was so powerful. And, and Josh was right. When he was bombing, that was when he was at his best because then he really dug in and started mm-hmm. working. And that was my favorite set I've ever seen him do. Uh, it was in the original room, and it wasn't a closing set. It was in front of a packed house, sold-out room, and he had to go up after somebody who was famous. I, I forget who it was. It was Marin or somebody famous, and they, you know, everyone was there to see them. And he had that last spot on the early Saturday OR show, and the checks were out, so people weren't really paying attention. And he goes up, he does his first couple of jokes, and they're not working. And most comics in that situation would do one of two things. Either they would attack the audience and tell the audience that they're terrible, or they would just go, okay, I'm going to phone it in and I'm going to plow through this set, get the light, get off, say thank you, whatever. Who cares? But Brody wouldn't do either of those. What Brody would do is he would 
convince people that he was a good person and he would defend himself rather than attack the audience. He would defend himself. So he would, you know, he had his catchphrases like, uh, I'm a good guy. I'm on the marquee. You should like me. Give me a chuckle on Cadence alone. And he had this crowd and, and he's just, no, none of his jokes are working. So he's in the audience now and he's telling them like, you know, if you hear that person chuckle, chime in, everyone join in. I'm killing. I'm on the marquee. I'm doing well. I've got a 97 Toyota Avalon leather exterior. Like and he's working in his jokes too, which he was brilliant with that, where he could work in his jokes into his crowd work and into these like streaming consciousness moments that he had. And by the end of the set, they had all the neon lights on in the room and he's pointing at each one of the signs and shouting the name. And the whole crowd is going crazy. Like they're almost on their feet and he's going, Jimmy Walker, Michael Keaton, Paulie Shore, Argus Hamilton, that light's burned out, <laughs> Sam Kinison, Dice, David Letterman, and Steven Brody Stevens, yes. And it was amazing. Like the room went from completely dead to they're like lifting him up on their shoulders. That's, and that's, that's a, why yeah. he was a great comic was every show was like that yeah brad erickson told me something really brad erickson by the way i know he cared a lot about brody and i know he would have been a part of this if he wasn't uh, so busy at the comedy store but uh, he told me something great that george carlin said and i think that's what brody lived by is that like when you're on stage it's like driving a car and if you're going into a ditch he's like just go into the ditch don't mm -hmm. try to fight your way back on stage just go into the ditch if yep. you're going in the ditch and brody did brody would go right in that fucking ditch oh yeah yeah i worked uh, a new year's eve where a woman had to be grabbed by security and pulled out of the room and he followed her off stage <laughs> with the mic until the mic couldn't reach anymore and <laughs> followed her all the way out to the door and was still performing <laughs> he was performing to her she was like trying to get him and he was just performing for her and like half the audience got up to come out to see what was going on it was the funniest shit ever only brody could pull only that brody let's uh let's give your let's give your podcast partner a call here do you think he's you know, is there a bet on if he's going to answer or not? So what's the odds, Steve? What's the odds? Does uh, not pick up. What's the odds, Steve? Does not pick up, and what do I lose? Okay, so here we go. Hello, Steve Renazizi. You are the final guest on the final ever Festival of French. Oh man. What a day, huh? How are yeah. you guys feeling? Um, I feel I feel a bit drained. Um, yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, I started four, a little early. Yeah, four hours on a podcast. My ears feel like they've had, you know, I have something in. Them. I, I I was losing yeah. it at the last few minutes. I'm just saying that I'm losing it in the last. I'm sure, yeah, buddy. Um, it's been a long day. I well, first of all, good job on your on your end, sir, by keeping this thing going and uh, and keeping the festival of friendship um, alive and well. Um, and, um, I was there earlier. I'm sorry. I couldn't stay. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what could be said that probably has not been said. Um, I'm going to truly miss that man. And, uh, I'm going to miss his energy. I'm going to miss his spirit. I'm going to miss his friendship. And I'm sure that everyone else there feels the exact same way. It's a tremendous loss to our community. Um, and I hope that he knows how loved he is now. And, um, and I hope he's 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 at peace. And um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I've um, I spent a lot of time watching videos in the last couple of days. I, I actually I've, I hope that people I mean, I'm sure people listening and watching right now are all tremendous fans and they all know. But if you if you if you don't, if you're just 
stumbling upon this and you have no idea who we're talking about or why, um, go look at his videos and watch some clips online and on YouTube and you'll get to a sense of what this guy was and what he was about. Um, you know, we were talking in the parking lot of me and like how well documented his whole life is. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's painful now to look at because it's so fresh and new, but I feel like we're going to really have, uh, a, this is going to be a gift to us years later because we're going to be able to look at all these videos and all these clips and all these jokes and all these moments that he created. Um, as a gift almost for us and be able to enjoy them. And look, I know it's terrible, but I said, you know, Andy Kaufman passed away and there's some video clips and here and there, but all we got really left is the one guy doing the impression. Um, you know, we, uh, we, we have the real life Brody who left us all these videos now of, um, of, you know, his, his experiences. He lived his moments on Periscope. He was the Prince of Periscope. Did you ever and, think, did, um, Steve? Did you ever think you could pull like a Tony Clifton off, and you can go run around doing Brodies? No, I would never want to do that. God, I mean, it's like you have the best all, Brody someone, impression. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed doing it for so long. It was like there was a video clip sent to me this weekend about uh, I think it was Sheezer found it that um it was like a late night set at the comedy store, and Brody uh, had was on stage, and him and I were playing drums against each other, and I did such a good impression that we would go battle back and forth. And sometimes Don Barris found it easier to work with me than the real Brody because <laughs> my impression was pretty good. And also I just kind of went along and gave the answers that I knew Don wanted to hear. You know, their relationship was so great because they were such they were such antagonists of each other that it made it fun for, you know, for me to watch. So that's where the impression came from. Um, and, you know, I, look, I have stories for days. I I I. Um, I did warm up for him when he didn't want to do it or couldn't do it on best damn sports show. Um, you know, I, I just doing the have watching that experience and having that experience and, and knowing how hard that job was. That job was the hardest job I've ever had in my entire life. Trying to make degenerate high school kids laugh was terrible. And, and Brody did it with ease. And I'll tell you right now, it is, it is, I dare anyone to try to go out there and just step into a warm up role. It is not an easy job to do. And, you know, just, I don't know. I feel like he wore so many hats and, and was beloved by so many different groups of people that it's like, he's just, he was, he's the kid that could sit at any table at, at the lunchroom and just sit down and, you know, and chat it up with, with, you know, with us and with, you know, all the, the cool kids, and, you know, and baseball players. And, you know, he just, he, he crossed over many, many boundaries. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like right now it's so, I don't know how you guys feel, but it's so tough to, I don't feel like it's real yet. Yeah. I just feel like, like I feel I, like I'm getting in waves. Like I feel like I'm, I'm very sad when I'm home by myself. And then when I'm around people, I feel a little bit better just because I think I cope better when I'm around people. So my I, therapist asked me, uh, do you have any, like, do you have any regrets for him about him and i you know i don't think i have any look look i have the regret i have is that i hope that he i knew i wish i got to tell him i love him one more time whether whatever he did with that information or not is up to him but i certainly don't have any regrets for him because i feel like he lived what would be a pure life and i feel like he was he was a hundred percent himself he was authentic he was true he was um a positive person 
he was a person that helped you was a was a was a an, a helpful influence in your life Goddamn and right. i feel like he was um a, he was a, a spirit that like left it all out there he let me he did everything there was never anything time where i'm like oh i wish brody would you know would do this or do that it was like if, if brody made a decision to do something it's because he wanted to do it and it was the right choice for him and i i, I don't think he had any regrets and i certainly wouldn't make any for him so i mean that's well put steve I, yeah. I want to tell you this. I did. Uh, I didn't look through this pack of baseball cards earlier when we did the uh, baseball card game. But you know, what? oh, you guys played the game. Yeah, oh, you know, it's awesome. You know what was in it is a rated rookie Paul O'Neill and a rated rookie really? Fred McGriff, which is pretty cool. Wow, Fred McGriff on the uh, on the Braves, right? Was he, he was on the he, he, he was a rookie with the Toronto Blue Jays, but Blue Jays. Yep. The connection is born in Tampa, Florida. So there you go. Enjoy it. Enjoy yep. it, buddy. Thanks for calling. Um, Thanks for letting us. No call worries. You, Thank you, guys. Sorry I couldn't talk before, but you know I, I love you guys and uh, and let the festival friendship live on forever. Yeah, buddy. Love you. Thank you for calling. Love you too, guys. All right. So I've got one. I'm gonna I'm gonna end this. I want Brody's voice to end the podcast. Can we do one? What's that? Uh, can we call Earl? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You no. No. Um, got one other person that you might want to call too. Okay. okay. Uh, let's. Uh, like, give me the numbers. So, Oh no! Um, can you connect to your phone? Do you want to do that sure. instead? Because I, I don't want to. Sorry. And then uh, Mike wants to say something too before we close I, after I, the calls. I would love to do that. Does this work? Can you hear it? No. Oh, there we go. Can you hear it. He's in London, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll put you to the fucking wall. That's all I can remember from F is for Family. Hey, this is... Nope. That's all right. You know what? It, was a, it was a nice try. I fucking meant right now. It was a nice try. Let's go ahead and get this person. This is Big Daddy Earl Skakel. Just wants to Skype. Can we Skype him in? How do I do that? Hello. Big Daddy Skakel. What's up? We're on the Festival of Friendship for Stephen Brody Stevens tribute. How you doing, buddy? You know, just uh, you know, still sad like everyone else, but uh, of it's a little better every day, I guess. It's great to see uh, a four-hour tribute. Not many people could uh, manage to uh, have that done about them. Mine would probably be about ten minutes. Who books it? Yeah, who books my <laughs> tribute? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, when I saw your number, when I, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry that I had a lot going on, so I couldn't really get to text messages. But Mary handed me your number, and I was like, I, I definitely got to call you. And I just, uh, you know, you know, you're loved. How, how much longer are you guys going on? Just about, we're going to do about two more minutes. We're going to get off with you, and then we have one more call to take care of. Oh, okay. And then I'm going to close out the show with a voice message that I have from Brody. That's cool. That's cool. So how does it work? Do I just... Talk right now. Get it. Get get what you need to get out and tell people about Brody. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I started comedy about 20 years ago, and 
of course, uh, I wanted to uh, start at the comedy store like every other comic in the world. And uh, I didn't really know the process there. So uh, I went up there on a Sunday night and uh, drove directly into the parking lot and was about 30 seconds later kicked out of the parking lot because I didn't realize you had to be a paid regular to uh, park in there. So uh, I nervously and sheepishly uh, backed out, found a meter on Sunset, and uh, walked uh, through the back, up the back stairs of the original room, and uh, I saw this tall dude hosting, kind of balding, uh, almost a a painted-on five o'clock shadow, and he had the most unique uh, delivery I've ever heard from that day to today. And uh, he brought up this guy, and uh, clearly an open micer, and, and this kid wasn't very funny, and he was bombing pretty badly. And uh, this is back in, uh, you know, people see the comedy store now, and they see, like, all three rooms sold out on any night. You know, back then, you were lucky if you had 20 customers in the whole building uh, in one room, and the other two rooms were not even open. Uh, so the kid does about five minutes and not one laugh and uh the host takes the mic and uh the kid knew he'd bombed so he's sheepishly walking off the stage and uh, the host's like uh, where are you from guy and uh the open micer kind of very quietly said uh la jolla and the host was like well that drive just got a lot longer <laughs> and i thought wow this i thought wow this host is a dick and uh, I just walked out knowing that I probably wasn't ready for the comedy store at that time. Uh, and that host was Brody Stevens. And uh, I look back now and I get it because I didn't know Brody. So I didn't know that was like his shtick. And uh, I went up there the next week. Uh, it might have been two weeks. And uh, he was hosting again. I thought, all right, I'll give him one more chance. Uh, and uh, John Little, I'll never forget uh, Comedy store paid regular was on stage and people were talking uh, in the audience. It's a pretty rowdy group in there, mostly comics. And John just walked off the stage, probably a minute into a set. And Brody's like, "You got to be professional and finish." And John uh, said, "I'll be professional when you pay me." And, uh, Brody just looked down and goes, "Enjoy it." <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wow, this guy really is a dick. Uh, <laughs> once again, not knowing him, but, uh, you know, you know, 20 years later, I, I, I completely get it. And uh, that was just Brody's way of uh, being different. And, uh, you know, we became good friends. And, you know, we bonded at a place called the Knitting Factory, which was on a, in, uh, is that next in to Hollywood stud, on is Sunday that next night. To Studs Theater? No, no, it's uh, it's not even there anymore. I think it's in LA Fitness. But long story short, uh, you know, it was a it was a tough room, and you know, most people would bomb, but you would go there for the atmosphere. And there's some like big comics who would go there to try out their TV sets for whatever reason. You know, like a Nick Swartzen and Anthony Clark and Ian Bag, and no one would really do well. And then Brody would come in and do 45 minutes of chair drumming. And uh, crowd work to comics, which you know usually uh, doesn't end well, but they all loved them. And then he would 
finish his set with doing like five minutes of calf raises on the edge <laughs> of the stage. And, uh, you know, he was, he was the most, you know, we're all, as comics, we're all offshoots of other comics from the past, you know, like, like myself, I would say I'm a derivative of, say, Stephen Wright and Robert Schimmel, you know, a little bit Archie Bunker, but Brody was like, there's no one who was like him before him, during him, and, and certainly in the years to follow. Like, he was completely original. Fuck uh, yeah. Like, there's no one who does what he does. Like, and, like, only Brody could talk about a Starbucks in the Valley for 10 minutes, and it'd be funny. Uh, so I love him, and, uh, you know, I wish he would have, you know, reached out when he was uh, down in the dumps. But, uh, you know, hopefully he's in a better place. And uh, I thank you and Mary and all the comics who got down there today uh, for giving us this opportunity to talk about him. We, we love you, Earl. You, you've always been great to Brody, and I know he loved you very much. So thank you very much for calling, bud. Yeah, love you guys. And uh, just uh, try to remember Brody for being uh, probably the last true original comic you'll ever see. Thank you, Earl. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna go to Skype we got now. One more guests we're gonna bring on Skype. Okay, Mary, we gotta. We gotta. Okay. Um, okay, here we go. Is he there? Whoa! Hello. There he is. Hey, Bill. Hey. Welcome What's to the Festival of Friendship, the Stephen Brody Stevens tribute. Hello, I am I am in a hotel in Liverpool that has no fucking heat, so they had to bring a space <laughs> heater up. <laughs> yeah, if I fall asleep with this thing on, you do another fucking benefit here. Another sad tribute to me. <laughs> well, thank you for thank you for uh, calling in, Bill. We appreciate it. It's been a really it's been a really good day here. A uh, lot of emotions and. It was nice. It was nice to hear everybody say nice things about Brody. Yeah, it's brutal. It hasn't hit me yet because I haven't gone down to the store. You know, I've been out here in um, on the road. So I was just talking to uh, Andrew Themelis, who, you know, produces my podcast. We were both talking about that. How it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't seem real. I will say this it, it, for something about Brody. I don't think I have ever laughed so much with somebody uh, passing away. In that, just reading his jokes and the stories, he was just so goddamn funny. Even in his death, he was, you know, still killing. Um, yeah, he really, I was trying to explain in my podcast, it's just, he truly was, you know, that's not gonna be another one. I don't, I don't see anybody coming along and somebody being like, you know what? You remind me of Brody Stevens. I just don't see anybody no. ever saying that. Um, it it just sucks, man. It's just it it really is a a and the end of one of the major eras in the history of the comedy store. I mean, that guy is he's right up there with anybody who's ever done it. And um, I don't know when I think of all the stories I heard of all the all the genius stuff that gets for whatever reason created late night at the comedy store. There's something about that. I don't know what what time would you guys say this. At some point in one to three, the night, one to three. Yeah, there's that time where it just becomes 
That's my it favorite doesn't time. Matter, it doesn't matter what year it is. It just becomes <laughs> what it always was. And it's funny, especially in 2019, where, you know, everybody's trying to pretend that they care about everything for whatever reason, <laughs> particularly white people are trying to, uh, to the point they're digging up dead people at this point. Being like, you know, Davy Crockett was actually a piece of shit. You know, it's like the new thing people are doing. Um, I, I um, you know, when I go on that late, you know, I, I shit comes out of my mouth like you just can't believe. It's really a magical time and there's very few people that are special enough that can thrive at that time. And like he is like part of that history. So I am happy that about that. Thank you for everything you did for uh, Brody too, Bill. Uh, having him with all things comedy and like uh, giving him this podcast really helped him. It was awesome to watch him just work his stuff out by himself in here in this room with Emma. Yeah, I mean, we we didn't give it to him. We're like, so ATC is just like an open place for people to come in and do what they do. So he was already doing it. We we were just we were happy that he came down and uh, and and wanted to work with us. To be honest with you, and. Um, I don't know. I, I feel there's a uh, this somebody's going to do an insane documentary about this guy. Uh, well, I was telling Mike. Really, uh, I was telling Mike we should just get everyone to mail in all his videos to us and make him a documentary. There's thousands. There's millions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he have yeah. If somebody could somehow act and capture him in a movie. I feel, <laughs> I feel like that's an Oscar winning movie because it really is, man. Like I was. As I mentioned, the, the, I got to plug in my my damn computer here so it doesn't it doesn't uh, die on me here. Uh, bad choice of words. Um, so I I feel like they, I don't know. Like that that guy was just he was just so goddamn funny. Like I, when I saw him, uh, that clip that Jeremiah put up, and they were asking for the <laughs> sound bites that he would use, and of course he used yes, and you got it. When he just said, I was talking to DeRosa. When he just said apple cider vinegar, and all he said was apple cider vinegar, and I just started crying, laughing, like who the fuck can make apple cider vinegar funny? Forget about you don't need a setup or a punch. All you do is say that uh, that product, and you just start laughing. And um, I remember when me and Nia went to go see him didn't go see him we went down to the store and he went on and one night he did like 10 minutes just talking about this dream apartment that he wanted and i just all he was doing was describing it it's like he might as well just been reading the zillow advertisement of it but the way he was describing it when it was like almost like mocking the way zillow tries to make everything seem like it's a palace and it's just like a fucking one bedroom apartment but when he said the line, uh, stepping down into the living room, like my wife almost fell out of her chair. And and one of the frustrating things has been trying to talk to people who didn't know him and word for word saying his jokes and I can't make them funny. It's like he just was truly, uh, I don't know, in a musical, if you looked at it musically, uh, if you look at comedy in musical sense, like I, if you were in a band, you wouldn't know where one was. Like, what time signature is this in? Where does it begin? Where does it end? It just—it was just this, this mass creation that he would do when he would go on stage. It was, uh, and I'm getting even more of a kick out of the amount of people watching it who don't get it. That's what I love. 
And that's, to me, why he, in the truest sense of everything, is a comics comic, more so than a comics comic that, you know, sells tickets. I mean, a lot of times, I think a comics comic is someone who starts selling tickets, but the other comics don't resent them. They actually still like them. It's sort of what a comics comic is, I think. But he really was a comics comic, and like he was, he was for us. That guy was for us, and that was he was for hardcore comedy fans, wait staff, anybody who had seen hours and hours and hours and years and years and years of stand up to understand how brilliant that guy was. Yeah, he really was. Thank you for uh, calling in, Bill. That's amazing that you did that for Brody. Uh, his fans, oh, I'm sure. I'm I sure feel his... like shit that I'm not out there to do something, but I, I know. I thought that you guys were doing the memorial uh, this past Sunday, but I guess it's March 11th, right? Yeah, the March 11th is when they're going to close the comedy store just for the comics and the friends. Uh, just I'm, comics I'm and family. Without a fucking doubt, going to be there. That's awesome, Bill. Thank you for all, all the support with this. And uh, it's really, this fans really enjoyed having you call in, I'm sure. So thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've definitely looked better. This is not good lighting for me. As a, <laughs> it's okay. You got, you got, you got, you got like better. You got lights be- right above me. You got better, a better like lighting. My <laughs> <laughs> thank you very um, much, Bill. Yeah, no worries. Thank you guys, and thank you for doing this and 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 um, giving this guy the send off he deserves. I mean, uh, Mike was just telling me that like over a hundred people came in man and I, I who the fuck else would get 100 i'd like to think i could get 12 maybe 15 <laughs> if it wasn't the rainy months in uh la but the fact that 100 people came out like it just shows you how much that guy uh touched everybody i hope that he knew that um, I, I i think he did i, I really do too like i i, he, okay. I think he really did like I always talk right. to him about the people that would. He would always say, "What do you think? I'm the am I the top top fifteen comic at the comedy store?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, you're top 15 He'd be like, "Am I the top ten? And I was like, "Let's not push it, Brody." <laughs> but he knew he knew that he was very loved. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. You know what? I, I'm actually kind of sad is the, most of my communication with him was just imitating him because he was so contagious. I felt myself. Uh, just talking like anytime I saw him, I'd just be like, you got it. Yes. <laughs> just would start talking like him. And I don't think I ever took the time to tell him how funny I thought he w- was. I just was like, but he's one of the few guys, the amount of times that I was like, you know, when you get at the store and you just get sucked in, you're like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And the amount of times where I was just like, you're, you're walking down the hall you are not going to stop moving. You're not going to talk to people. You're going to just say goodnight. You're going to get in your fucking car and you're going to go home because, you know, you just hours go by there. And the amount of times I walked by the OR and I heard his voice and it, I, you just had to stop. And you, and I would always walk in and there would just be people in the crowd getting him. But the whole back of the room would just be comedians like just like rocking back and forth <laughs> laughing and I would come in smiling and trying to catch up and see where he was at. Um, yeah, it was really like, I mean, uh, he he was sort of his own, like, an- I put him in the school of an Andy Kaufman or something like that. Like, he Definitely. just was, yeah, he, he was he was something else. So I would, even um, say, I would even say Mitch Hedberg just for the fact that Mitch Hedberg wasn't all the way understood until he died. Like, a lot of people didn't catch on to mitch Hedberg. yeah I, I think he was he was he, he was left of that because mitch would kill yeah, yeah with with anybody could get that guy is 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 different 
as he was. That was his genius. Where this guy is like, it was so fu- he was so fucking different, but accessible. Um, Brody was, and just night after night going up there, knowing you were one of the top ten guys out there. Let's uh, not, let's not know, go too far. The, <laughs> no, I say I would. I would top fifteen. Yeah, top 15, like a, like eleven. Fucking, uh, <laughs> hilarious. All right, we'll say fourteen and a half. All right, we can work on that. Well, you go up night after night and be frustrated. I know how frustrated you get when I'm just trying to work a bit and people don't fucking. I've been doing this bit on fucking Michelle Obama and she's so goddamn precious. I mean, I just had I had to bomb with it for three months, and I'm sitting there pouting because you know a little five minute section of my act. Is, is having a little rough thing and like all of the all of his sets were just like were just like that and he just fucking plowed through it <laughs> uh one of my favorite things he said that time this guy fucking heckled him or something and he just started trashing the guy like basically how dare you heckle me i'm represented by caa he goes, I'm in the gated community. I buzz you in. I buzz you in. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, who the, how the fuck did he come up with that? It just, um, I don't know. But I mean, there's a part of me, I look at this positively, like how much he was battling his own brain. I mean, I, 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 I really do believe, not the most spiritual guy, but I do. I am happy that I feel, you know, he is at peace. And if there's anything after this, there's no fucking way. He's he's not he's not uh, he's not going to make it to the good place, you know. Yeah. So, all right, that's about as religious as I get. So, uh, <laughs> I get me out of here before this becomes emotional. I appreciate it, Bill. Thank you for calling in, man. Thanks, Bill. Nothing right. but love for you. You got it. Yes, Bill Burr came on my podcast. You got it. You guys, uh, I do. I feel like. Tony Hinchcliffe wants me to call him. Can we call Tony for like one minute? Is that too much? Don't call Tony. Um, this will be the last one, and then I'll close it out. I'm sorry that it's... I got one thing to say. Yeah, definitely, Mike. Uh, Hinchcliffe. While, while, while you're fussing with the phone, you want me to... Yeah, go ahead. You got it? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hello. Number one top rising comedian, Tony Hinchcliffe. You are on the Festival of Friendship tribute to Brody Stevens. Wow. This is such an honor. I was there earlier and I left because uh, I, I uh, freak out around too many comedians around uh, when it's around a serious subject matter. I can't handle the pressure. I get that, man. We can call you. That's all good. I love it. How's it been so far? You guys, this is like the Royal Rumble. This thing's like five or six hours long, huh? Yeah, I feel like I got beat up. <laughs> yeah well, well there you go it's a typical festival of friendship for there you, you there you go i needed to feel a little beat up uh yeah so bill burr just called in and you're following bill burr so you know press, oh, pressure beautiful. pressure's on hinchcliffe another day at the office this is very exciting was bill funny too he's yeah. probably like hilarious right he had probably had a whole prepared thing not really prepared just he was great it was just natural no yeah yeah no he's great I mean, you know, yeah, it, I'm glad that I got to, uh, I'm glad that I got to, got to get on it. Cause it was awkward. You know, I got there and, uh, it's one of those things where I got there and there was already like 40 people ahead of me. And I, I sort of just clamped up at the nervous energy that was around the whole thing. 
you know, it's crazy. And, you know, I've just sort of been, I've been, this thing's hit me hard. I mean, I start tearing up every time I see a Toyota Avalon. <laughs> you got it. Leather exterior. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I had a, uh, I had a gig that I had to do in the Valley today and oh. it was, a uh, it was street parking and I'm driving around like, and there was nothing and I'm freaking out because it was literally a half hour. I was driving around. I'm seeing all these ridiculous valley streets, and it's like I'm trying to not melt down. It's like I'm making a make a right on Satakoy, and I realize that's when I need to get a, like a Brody GPS. That's the move, right? Yeah, we were talking about it earlier. Get Brody Waze apps because you can go get faster into places. And he knew. Oh, the, that's beautiful. See, this is the, this is the this is the catch with going on six hours into a uh, podcast. <laughs> Everything's been beaten to death. All the good stuff's already been taken. Um. Yeah, but I mean, you know, this is one of those crazy things. He's, you know, Brody is, uh, Brody is beyond a legend. You know, one of mm-hmm. the interesting things that I figured out before uh, or since, um, since all of this, you know, one of the talks that I got to have when I got back from England at the comedy store in the past couple nights was, uh, you know, someone mentioned how Andy Kaufman-esque the whole thing is, you know, or how Andy Kaufman-esque Brody's always been. And they're like, yeah, they'll probably make, you know, movies and documentaries about this one day. And I thought, yeah. And I swear, I mean, I said, uh, you know, not only that, but if you ask any of the legends what it was like working back in the day with Andy Kaufman, it's sort of like, a, you know, a very, um, a very pretty much resounding, like, oh, he was sort of overrated. He wasn't that great you know, off stage as a person and like as a hanging out comedian, he was sort of just on stage and then he'd leave and blah, 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 blah. It made me realize how much more endearing Brody's legacy is, you know, because that place was filled today, that warehouse podcast studio filled with, you know, some of the biggest haters in comedy, Mm -hmm. you know, people that couldn't stand to watch another comedian, you know, people that only probably ever watch, Brody, Don, or Holtzman. You know, yep. in the end, when the smoke clears, there's only a couple people that are really that hilarious that to where you can watch them anytime. To where when you find out they're on stage, you have to run over there. And, you know, so it's like, you know, when you find out about Andy, you find out when I got to the comedy store that it wasn't all that, all that the legend seems to be. But with a guy like Brody, you know, it's a unanimous decision, it's undisputed. And I can't wait to see what ends up coming from this and how factual the documentaries or the movies or whatever is. Cause it's like, I think there should be I a think, lot of lies in them. Yeah. Like we should definitely, yeah. we should definitely blow Brody up a little more. Well, that's up to you, Eric. You know, you're the Bob Zamuda to his Andy Kaufman. So it's up to you. I think you should uh, start doing characters of him. You know, <laughs> you could, uh, you could put a, you could, darken your beard i'll finally get spots at the store yes (laughs) yeah no there's a chance that you could uh you could close the uh, just like brody used to close the main room you can close the uh the the belly room or just sacred ground at the end of the night when like the door guys are putting up the chairs and everything yeah well you pretty much already have that gig so (laughs) well tony you know yeah so you know what's cool though is that um you know, I mean, it's one of those things to where uh, he, he, he's definitely not gone. 
you know, his legacy and his, uh, the content that he's made and everything, like he's an enigma. He's so much bigger than a comedian. And, you know, some people say like, you know, one of the things I heard today outside was like, yeah, you know, it's just a shame he didn't have more of his stand up out there. <laughs> what? And uh, <laughs> they didn't like, go to Paris. Well, I mean, you know, like special wise and things oh, like okay, that. I see. But, but, but what I said to that was, you know, if Brody just did continuous jokes like other comedians do, then it, he wouldn't, it would, it never would have, he wouldn't be what he was, you know, a riffing risk taking, you know, he had to fill that time with something and he didn't, and he didn't have the jokes. And that's sort of the beauty in it is that if he was just rambling up there, sticking to an act the whole time, he never would have been Brody in the first place, you know? So it's sort of a beautiful thing for the people that got to know it and be around it. Exactly his style was built around him not having a ton of jokes, but him having uh, a good amount of unbelievably great jokes. I feel like they were just like, uh, they were just fillers to get to crowd work. Yeah, exactly. And it was definitely quality over quantity. And the, but I mean, all the best ones, every single time it makes me laugh, you know, the way we used to set them up, from the booths in the main room or especially way back when I was writing on, uh, on the burn on comedy central and he was doing crowd warm up, It'd be one of the, my favorite things to do would be to set him up like, Oh, it's been a rough week, huh, Brody? And he would talk about how his grandfather just got diagnosed with down syndrome. I mean, I'm sure all this stuff's been covered, but, but, uh, actually you know, the down syndrome, the down syndrome was not mentioned today. You, you actually got that one. That was yours. Down syndrome oh, was wow. not mentioned. That's crazy. And, uh, you know, and just the randomness of, you know, a young writer in the back with a clipboard saying, hey, uh, Brody, you know, the crowd's already seen him for 20 or 30 minutes. They already love him. You know, I remember one cool thing that happened, I guess I'll share that I haven't even talked about with anyone yet, is I remember uh, I remember one day one of our guests couldn't make it on the burn. And this is way back again, 2010, which doesn't seem that long ago, but nine years ago, the only other show that really had a panel was Chelsea Lately. And uh, one of the three panel people we found out the day of or the day before couldn't make it. And Brody actually had to step in as one of the guests on the show. And he knew the show. It was like season two. And uh, it was the second year doing crowd warm up with us. And, you know, we were all a close family. And we didn't have another crowd warm up guy. So Brody did crowd warm up for like 40 minutes during audience load in. And then he was a guest on the panel show. And he was crushing over the other two people on the panel because the crowd fucking loved him already. (laughs) So it was one of those funny things where you don't think that he would have buried the other two people if they had a fair shot. But because the crowd literally knew him and loved him, they didn't care what. Home field advantage. Yeah, big time, big time. And so, you know, it's one of those cool memories where... He used his uh, he used his repertoire to his advantage. Destroyed as a crowd warm up, and then he was a guest on the show. And he's talking about how he's going to be a guest on the show, and about how much energy he needs from them so that he does good. And 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 he fulfilled the prophecy. It was amazing. Well, you were uh, you were a good guy to him, and I uh, you're really one of his best friends, and he loved you. And uh, can you just you you have one of my favorite things when I when I would see you and Brody would be around, and you, you would see Brody, and you'd have your impression that you do. Can you do that before you get off the phone and let us have one? Yes, 
good guy. Tony gets it. I started him out. He's been being negative. Now he gets it. Working all the time. Super positive. He gets it. Used to be mean. Now he uses that to his advantage. Yes. <laughs> small doses. I grew him like a chia pet. <laughs> Love you, Tony. Thank you for calling in, man. Love you guys. Thanks for doing this for him and uh, for everything and for everyone. Brody's a legend, so I'm glad that uh, you guys got to do a true festival of friendship. I'm glad that I was part of it. Have a great day. Thanks, Tony. That was a lot of gas. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> this has been amazing. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thank you. Thank you for bringing everybody through today. This has yeah, been thank just you, Eric. a really awesome experience. Um, I just wanted to quickly elaborate on something that Bill was saying there. You were saying about how we gave to him, but really the way I look at it is that he really gave to us. Um, you know, ATC really started changing over the past couple of years and we started focusing on making more things. And Brody was just, he was one of the first guys to really lean in and latch onto that. And we loved every second of it. I mean, he was a fixture here. We'd mm -hmm. see him here every week, like clockwork. Um, once we started creating videos, he jumped right in with Valley Vibes. Um, he was a part of every single stand-up thing that we could throw his way. Uh, it's just, uh, and we're even just, just now talking about developing a whole new format with him. So we're, we're really going to miss him. And, uh, you know, he, it's, it's that attitude that, that makes all things comedy. It's really, it's, it's yeah. whatever the comics want to bring to it is what makes this company special. And, uh, Loda saying earlier when I had to run out of here as fast as I could was that he was our heart. And that that's, it's really true. I mean, he really, he really got it. Um, so yeah, we were talking about it. Like it, we were thinking, what can we do? How can we, we find ways to commemorate him? What we've decided to do is we're actually naming the studio, the, the Brody Stevens podcast studio. And I think we're going to come up with some other decor and things that we're going to add in here. That's just going to, let Brody live on in here. That's amazing. Forward. So you'll see it. Something for, for the comics. As Everyone well. will love that. Yeah, I think so. It'll give them a little bit of, when they're having a down day, they'll come in here and they'll see that and they'll just be like, you yeah. got it or something like that. It'll pump them up. He's the best guy. He's awesome. So thank you for having everybody through here today. It was great. I mean, it was a good representation of what we strive to be. I hope a, so. A, I really, part of this I, I didn't want to make it about me at all. I wanted to make sure that it was all about Brody and I hope I did a good job of doing that. Um, it can be, I can get lost. I got lost half the time up here because four hours talking to people with some great people coming through it too. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think I don't know if the fans even got to see everybody that was out there no, today. They, they saw maybe in. a fourth of them. We kind of described it right? to them. Yeah. But yeah, there was way more people than got on. Well, Brenton's going to post some stuff. I'm sure people yeah. can see more. So uh, you guys can stick around for this. I'm going to close the show out with Brody's voice message to me. But I'm going to tell you the story behind the voice message. And then I think it, I think when Brody says the last thing he says at this voice message, I think it closes out the Festival of Friendship perfe perfectly. I want to thank Mike and Brent Brenton and all the people at All Things Comedy, Mary Stevens, Aaron, Emma. You guys are all great. Uh, I'm going to miss being here on Wednesday with you. Um, I love you guys. Um, so Brody would get mad at me all the time about really weird shit. And then one night I was at the comedy store and I decided I was going to go to the bathroom and I was going to go to the urinal like I always do because I don't use a 
Me and I was going to go to the stall. I don't use urinals. And so uh, Brody got really angry with me. He was like, what are you doing? Why aren't you using the urinal? There's so many urinals right here. And he was just peeing in a urinal. And I was like, well, because I don't use urinals. And uh, he just got really angry that night. And I kept, I kept poking at him, let's be honest. I kept poking at him and having fun with him. And we were in the main room. And a lot of people were enjoying it. So I just kept going. And I probably went too far. <coughs> and uh, Brody got really mad. Like, you're a fucking weirdo. And like, you're a weirdo. You're a weirdo. You're a weirdo. And, got, and I, I was just like, okay, I'm a weirdo. Three days later, after doing like three negative periscopes at me and like really taking it down, taking me down a few notches, he sends me this voice message, and I think it's the best way to end the festival of friendship. I love you guys, and thank you very much. Uh, Eric, it's Brody. Uh, you probably won't even listen to this. It's 6:25. Um, I'm just calling. I'm just looking for some kind of uh, closure here. So, uh, if you want to apologize, and then we can leave it at that, or you can not apologize and cause stress, and then I'll have to take measures, meaning like I have to be in a good mood at the comedy store. So, I feel that you should probably apologize for pushing my buttons because I'm not going to be at the comedy store and be have any kind of like issues hanging over my head. I'm not going to have that. So this is my career. This is my life. So that's the way that goes. So I'm not going to apologize. I don't think I will, but I'm looking for something from you. And then we can have some closure and just leave it at that. But if it's not, then I'm going to have to, like, you know, do what I got to do. So, you know, if that means talking to Jamie Masada, if that means talking to Adam, I'll have to do it. Because I'm not going to be uncomfortable where I'm working. I'm not going to have those issues around me at my club where I'm working. It ain't going to happen. So that's about it. I'm looking for a clean break. It could even be a text. And that's it. All right. I'll talk to you. Well, I don't know. <laughs>